West Engine had a great idea, dude. Left-handed semiconductors, we can corner the fucking market. Everyone focuses on the right-handed ones. Take it exactly. away. Dude. This is genius. Oh, I know, right? Like, wow. I mean, it only represents a much smaller percentage of the population, but that population is neglected, and they need semiconductors. Dude, they, need, they need it. They need left-handed iPads, left-handed phones. They do. They do. You know, it, it, this this hasn't been a this has been a cruel world to them. Yes, Can you imagine if we took if we took all the left-handed semiconductors for a year, we would basically control like ten percent, well, maybe only five percent of the semiconductors in the world. You would but like still, basically a shut down Dodge, but I mean, probably. Yeah. Are they all left-handed? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, and all the English cars too. Like we would, dude, we would yes. have England yes. by the balls, yes. or what do they call them by the by the short and curlies? Maybe I don't know what they call them there. Bollocks. We'd have them by the bollocks. Yes. Dude, now I like Probably this idea more and more. And I guess there's a couple other countries. There's like Australia like, in the South Pacific too. or something. Australia yeah. would be fucked, dude. They would be ours. Yeah. All right. So what are, when are we gonna do it? Are we gonna do it this weekend or what? Well, we got it. We got it. Fuck, I'm busy on Sunday. Uh think, well, I mean we can do it in the morning on Saturday. What do you think? How fast is the job? Have you have you have you forwarded smash the details? He looks he looks like I have some more to forward him the details. Obviously, it's gonna require squirrel suiting in. I mean, is there any other How's way? How's the squirrel suit smash that you was ripped a couple days ago? Is it, is it better now? Or? Yeah, I brought it to a tailor. Like a, a, he got it fixed for me. Like a reputable tailor? Like, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. tailor. He's, no, nah, he's the one I always bring it to when I rip stuff. Uh, smash, are you talking about Tinker Tailor, Soldier Spy? It was a great movie. I really it enjoyed was. that movie. It was a spy movie, like way back when. Super cool. Like they, they sit in these cones of silence and shit. It was like, but they're just like rooms great freaking movie dude the the guy who you kind of honestly most suspect is actually the bad guy in the end like uh you kind of don't suspect him but you do suspect him you're like that that fucking dude is weird so he ends up being the dude he ends up just being full on i guess i shouldn't say because if you haven't seen the movie uh, a great movie great decoy bacon knows what i'm talking about fantastic movie fantastic spy movie uh sativa smurf knows it what's up sativa smurf we haven't seen you in a bit but uh, buddy uh justin being in the house what's up uh gray sun grown welcome folks jones and two grow welcome buddy uh dude we're all always kind of secretly uh, i want to say like every double entendre we make is basically also about ned flanders man like oh, oh wouldn't you say d like uh pretty much simpsons did it that's about it uh welcome folks uh by the way just like i'm about to do uh first of all i'm about to pop out the chat you don't have to do that that sounds uh, like a medical procedure uh perhaps you need it i don't know maybe you're uh, of the age when you need to, to go to the doctor and have a pop out chat but uh, in the meantime i'm popping out the chat and then i'm switching it to live chat so that i have a uh I can do it right now there we go you see i just clicked it you can see it but basically you could uh, imagine me doing it you could imagine me like clicking that button and just imagine how amazing it is because now i see richard d saying hello cheers richard d welcome my friend uh by the way the live chat is just better it's a little bit less uh, uh filtered and the, the chat comes in the proper order and whatever else anyway google's been really weird lately like they even censor my own comments from the chat it's really it's, it's super bizarre for super innocuous words too I, like the other day it was That's like uh, crap or something and my, yeah. my thing was censored out it was super bizarre so i was doing it the other day looking through hashtags bro and weed is straight hidden, like hashtag, oh, but like weed yeah. nation, weed four twenty aren't hidden. So it's like you like Mark Mark Uber was right. Like you kind of have to be careful with your fucking hashtags too. Now we're gonna have to figure this shit out. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we're not uh, careful about our hashtags here. We are reckless. We are reckless and dangerous with our hashtags. If you enjoy the danger. 
sit back and relax. I forgot to mention if you guys are 21 and over, sit back and relax. That's that's for you guys. Wes Engine, uh, do you want to take the reins again? Smash has been killing it, man. As an apprentice uh, storyteller, dude. But uh, I don't know yeah, if you man. want to sit in again. Or do you feel rusty? Do you feel like you... you uh, I am a little rusty. Smash, do you want to take it? I mean... Smash, do you want to do you want to try it in front of the master? You can, man. Maybe you get approval. He's, yeah, he's, he's shy. He's shy. Yeah, oh. Wes, you want to do it? You're, you're I, one of my favorites was listening back and hearing D do it. It was it was great hearing D do it. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one, actually. Yeah, D, you can always take it away. Brains, no, yes, no, no. Mm, like, yeah, don't. Oh, <laughs> in a far, far away place, there were brains. And the brain says, get the hell out. Nice. Get up. Nice. Get the hell out. Boys and girls, get, uh, get the fuck out. Get honestly. Cast up here. Pretty much. Yeah, not for you, man. Get up. Uh, West Engine, is it because we're unwelcoming or is it just because they need to come back when they're 21? Come on. Come back when you're 21. Come That's back it. when you're ready for the fun, man. So. Uh, boys and girls get the fuck out that includes you straggling in the back who's like I'm 19 and a half and I'm mature you're not mature get the fuck out uh, ladies and gentlemen now that it's just us uh, it's not our rules man we didn't set them but we have to enforce them now that it's just us ladies and gentlemen remember that this show is for entertainment and uh, what did I call it the other day uh, entertainment and educational purposes only ladies and gentlemen uh, don't take anything we say too seriously certainly don't replicate what we do that would be dangerous and stupid you know what I mean like getting plants or seeds wet and dirty very, very, very unrecommended, ladies and gentlemen. Crazy, crazy things could happen. Please don't do that. Uh, let me see here uh, while I'm uh, freaking babbling like a moron. Uh, welcome, Mike Stonic Skier. Welcome, uh, Billy Martin. Cheers, my friends. Locke in the house. Welcome, Locke. Cheers, buddy. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, check out our podcast. Oh, by the way, uh, Smashed or whoever's sharing this right now, thank you for sharing it. You guys have a few more days uh, to post uh, at the Fumi's Photo Contest over on Portland Cannabis Station Society. First of all, you know, go and uh, follow Portland Cannabis Station Society. Perhaps you'd like to vote vote on some of these uh, pretty pictures that people have submitted. Uh, Smash, if you can scroll down ever so slightly, there's a beautiful picture, actually a series of pictures from the Seni special branch there, uh, last month's runner-up. Uh, now that I have the, the, the what is it called, the, uh, the freaking Discord, I need to be better, honestly, about uh, posting the previous month's winners so that there's like a, a, like a, a searchable list. Sorry, folks, I've been freaking really uh, spacing on that. Anyway, uh, folks, all these photos basically are almost all the ones that don't have like uh, tonight, there's such and such, like that one right there that says chronic table, that was my post. But the rest of these are all submitted posts by I Don't Grow, by Do Doobie Scooby, by a bunch of people who submitted photos. Uh, you could be one of them, but also, like I say, you don't have to submit. Go over there and just uh, uh, look at the posts, like the ones you enjoy. You can you can vote for all of the ones you enjoy. Honestly, you don't have to just pick one. And the one, uh, usually two, honestly, I usually have a winner and then a runner-up. Uh, the ones that basically have the, the most votes, they win for the month. They're basically people's choice. Uh, photo contest. So folks, you're welcome to go and uh, participate. You're welcome to go participate just as a voter, as a judge. Basically, all you guys that go and take a look, you're all judges. There's no special judges with special you know, voting rules or anything else. Like You're all a judge just like any of us. So go and take a look, uh, vote for your favorites. That includes, if you're a contestant, vote for your favorites as well. And like I said, you guys still have a few uh, shots. Uh, the votes are not cumulative. Like basically it's only the, the one post that has the most votes is the winner. So even if you do submit 20 times or whatever, only your most voted post would win. So it's not like you get 2000 votes or something like that. So ladies and gentlemen, I think you guys would, uh, all, all of you honestly would do great at, uh, uh, submitting some photos. You'd be surprised that like, sometimes, uh, a lot of times, honestly, photos that were not made by some fancy ass camera. In fact, I don't even remember 
Uh, Johnny Summertime has posted some beautiful, beautiful photos that he has with a, you know professional gear and stuff like that. Uh, but um, uh, most of the winners, I think, have actually just posted with uh, phones. I don't, I don't even know if they've had any. You know, Marduber and I were talking about like the accessory lenses and shit the other day. Like, honestly, a good picture is a good picture, and these days phones are so good, especially uh, camera phones. Like this is what I was babbling about are so good that a lot of times you don't really need anything else. You need a good eye and maybe some, you know, creativity and everything else. And you can take a wonderful, wonderful photo. So if you guys think like, oh my God, I don't have this or I don't have that or something else, be creative. Honestly, that's, that's the biggest point of the photo contest is actually for you guys to develop your creativity and just become better uh, photographers. That's what happened to me when Subcool ran his photo contest. It just became honestly a better grower and photographer because the two things kind of feed off each other. You you take better pictures because you're looking at what you're uh, growing. And then you end up before you know it, in, you know, a couple, three months go by, you end up growing better because you're growing for your camera. You know what I mean? And so you end up growing instead of for a jar or whatever else. You're like, oh, I'm just going to trim that off. And you're like, no, I can't trim that off because I'm going to take a picture of it. You know what I mean? Like it, subtle, subtle changes occur and your gardening level We'll just freaking take a, 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 I can't, I can't remember the expression right now, but anyway, it'll freaking shoot up. You know what I mean? Like a whale jumping out of the water or something. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, uh, welcome to post. Uh, let's see here. If you guys would like to, did I just, I might have just muted myself. I can't remember. I might have. Anyway, if you can hear me, if you can't hear me, do a thumbs down. Uh, but if you can, I'm just going to assume that everyone's okay. Uh, guys, go check out our podcast, Chronic Table, on your favorite podcasting platforms of choice. Spot, uh, Spotify has been killing it, ladies and gentlemen. So thanks for listening over there. iTunes, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, you name it, Stitcher, and so on. So if you guys would like to listen to us and you're not aware that we actually have a podcast, go take a look. Uh, Chronic Table is the name. Uh, I just uploaded something today that was... Uh, Squirrel searches for beavers from the other day. So there's a couple. I have a, a couple other one, uh, good shows uh, teed up. I think in the next couple, uh, next couple of shows. Uh, next one this week, and then uh, uh, next show will be kind of fun. So, ladies and gentlemen, go take a look. Uh, perhaps you like to do some manual labor or something. Maybe you're working in the garden. Probably not in winter, but I don't know, maybe you're in Australia and you're working in the garden. You'd like to listen to the podcast and uh, listen to us, Wes Engine and Smash and D and all of us basically babble about uh, gardening. While you do so, please do so. Please leave a review. Be really grateful. Uh, briefly, briefly, folks, because these introductions, they do drag on, but I'd like to just uh, introduce you. If you are unfamiliar with my website, please go take a look. Uh, throughout the website or throughout the show, I'm going to try to... Uh, oh, thank you, Smashed. Uh, throughout the show, I'm going to be trying to uh, uh, show that a little bit because sometimes I forget to you know, show the website a little bit more often, but go take a look. That's my website. There are many like it, but this one is mine. Uh, you can find seeds, you can find photographs, you can find hopefully some more stuff in the future and uh, rock solid guarantee. If you guys ever have a, a, a frowny face, basically from having bought some uh, seeds from me, please let me know. And I will do my absolute best to ensure that you have a happy face. If you guys would like some uh, coupon codes, uh, probably you do, because who doesn't like to save a little bit of money? We have a couple. There's uh, Bikinis for Siberia is one of them. That's a real coupon code, 14% off. Uh, Brains, B-R-A-I-N-Z, is another one for 14% off. Let me think here. Uh, uh, what's the other one? Hocus Pocus, you save 1% less at 13% off. And uh, I need to add, this is now I'm forgetting. I forgot to add a couple from last week. Potent is going to be unhappy that I didn't add Clam Slam, <laughs> but I'm going to have to add Clam Slam just for him. Uh, but uh, anyway, ladies and gentlemen, uh, go take a look. Go take a look at I See a Witch, Morgana and her two friends. Uh, 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 I think Smash is showing right now, or D is showing. Uh, these Witches 3, perhaps you'd like a bunch of Morgana. This is a perfect month for it, ladies and gentlemen. Spooky October, maybe you'd like some uh, spooky but uh, delicious and purpling uh, Morgana in your life. Go take a look, ladies and gentlemen. Or as always, the West Engine Special. 
uh, yeah. West Engine. This is a crazy deal, my friend. This is you were you were Matt. You were you were you were you're losing your mind. I think when you came up with this, you were saying yeah, three man. packs, man, for seventy five bucks a piece. What were you thinking? Well, who knows? Who knows what he was thinking, man? Craziness, craziness. Ladies crazy and gentlemen, go take fun. a look at the West Engine Swindle coupon codes. By the way, do apply for these uh, bulk packs. And also, by the way, every single ten pack does come with a freebie of Silago the Bat. It's the only way to get Silago uh, the Bat, which is the Super, super uh, strawberry cross that I have right now. Super vigorous cross. I think it's going to be a little bit, honestly, before we see another attempt at the bear, which is the sweeter cross. Uh, but having a little bit of problems with that plan, I'm like, dude, it's just, it's maybe not worth it, right? This run, it's been taking me a little bit of time. So I think I might work on the bear a little bit in the future. So if you guys want one of the, honestly, more somewhat cushy crosses as opposed to the, the Ruby Jack in crosses uh, of strawberry. Uh, that that Silago uh, the Bat is a really good candidate. And the only way to get it is a freaking freebie. So with that said, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for hanging. Uh, D, what's going on, my friend? What's the brain situation? I assume, as always, it's fresh. Hopefully it's fresh. You know, day old oh, brains, yeah. man. Brains. Brains. What's going on, everybody? Panel, chat, everybody. cheers. I'm just chilling. Uh, busy day today, um, but no, I'm chilling. I got some Morgana. I got some little bit of uh, Gorilla Gas. And I also got some BC Big Bud that I was smoking earlier. Uh, start of the show. So cheers, everybody. You did. Cool, dude. Right on. Uh, Smash, what's good, dude? Welcome. Hold on. Oh, I'm, I'm not muted. Nothing. Just hanging out. Um, a couple plants giving me a hard time. I don't know if they don't like the watering schedule. They're probably communists. Yeah, just a little off. They don't. They seem like every once in a while I'll go down there and they're just a little droopy. And I let them sit for a day or two. They come back. Then I go back down there like a day later and a little droopy. I don't know if they're hitting DLI. I got. I got to pay attention a little bit more. But. Yeah, full tent, full of feminized seeds right now. I have kryptonite, gorilla cookie, gorilla cookie wreck, um, blueberry kush crossed with bubble kush, and then some white weddings. I tried to pop some irie gear, but it didn't. It didn't go anywhere. Like they, hmm. they the seeds sprouted. Um, they just didn't. They didn't come up. So I don't know. Yeah, whatever. But yeah, um, Smash Cannabis 2.0 Instagram if you want to hit me up or ask me a question. Um, yeah. Shit, man. I'm happy to see Wes back and we got love for the plants. Chilling with us tonight, so we should have a good night. Speaking of which, what's going on, uh, Wes? Uh, big ups, buddy. Cheers. Big up, Senior Lord. Big up, D. Big up, Smash. Big up for the love of plants. Big up the whole chat. Hope everybody's well. Welcome to the most interactive show on cannabis. I've been a minute since I've been here, you know, having to you know, take care of business, deal with family a little bit more around here. So, you know. uh, I was going to say, you could have told us a story. You could have said you had to go train an entire. Uh, and I was training an entire fleet. It was actually ninjas. It ninjas? Was, yes. Right yes. It was kung fu. It was pretty uh, crazy. I've been out of, are they now kung fu? I've been fighting, out of monastery. Well, they weren't till I got there, but now they're fighting constantly. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, I, I caused the rift. Uh, you told them all that they were better than each other, yeah. like behind the yeah. scenes. You, you pulled them aside. You're like, dude, you're the best. I'm like, like you, you train guys. Aside, you're like, dude, secretly are the, you're the, are, the are the shit. And then I was like, you dragon style guys. 
I want you guys to know you are the no shit. Good, Don't take anything from that crane guy. And, and you're just laughing all the way to the bank now because you're basically the fight consultant for both sides, aren't you? Exactly. Cool. He's going to be so happy. He's going to be like, yep, you're the consultant, man. You're the, right. you're the, that's the way, dude. Like, you, you never make money digging for the gold. You make money selling the shovels. That's right. That's, you make that's right. The shovels and the picks. That's where the money's at. No, uh, and then the, the specialty tools that cost way more, like the, the trommels and shit, if you're getting big, dude, those things are fucking a full semi-truck just to grade dirt. Uh, dude, I want a semi truck that raids dirt. I just drove by someone's house today, and I saw like a. I started laughing at first, and the more I thought about it, I was like, "Dude, this guy's smart as a fox." <laughs> he had a military surplus, like I don't even remember the model, but like a full on truck with the 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 covered wagon and everything else. And I was like, like a deuce and a half, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, actually, they don't get that bad of gas mileage. Like you'd assume that it's like well, three miles the gallon, but it's like. 11 miles to gallon, which is horrible, but it's not. I mean, there's plenty of trucks that are diesel, not no yeah. computers. So, like, if we were to get EMP'd or something crazy like that, or electronics stopped working, the older cars are what we're going to have to go back to because so in other words, if there's an EMP, that guy's going to be laughing all the way to the bank and he's going to be, like, be driving all the toilet paper in, in the back of his truck, like selling it one roll at a time for 50 bucks. Yeah, one or not, man. Listen, you know, so. Most of the old cars needed gas, spark, air. That's about it. Some oil in the engine. Right. I was just going to say, sometimes you had to pour, pour oil like right into the engine. Like to see you tune a carburetor. <laughs> I hate tuning carbs. I hate going up like altitudes and stuff and you have to change your carbs. I'm all, I'm all fuel injected now. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna have to ask you how that works, Smash. If it uh, puts a pep in your step, or I don't know, uh, do you, do you have to go on a diet every once in a while from the food injection? We're gonna have to figure it out. Uh, love for the plant, welcome, buddy. First time on the show that we can actually hear you this time. Welcome. Hey, what's up? Uh, look Thanks at that voice. Me, That's welcome, buddy. Uh, what's what's yeah. new? How's the garden? Uh, I don't know what strains you're kicking. What's uh, what's good? Garden is good. Uh, doing some pheno hunting. Uh, yeah, I have things in better shape right now than I have in probably a year or so have a few different pheno hunts going and got some chocolate thunder which is uh that's by top dog that is chocolate tie with uh crossed with kim d by original haze i met him he does some good work top dog yeah you know it's interesting so uh, i had three females out of the pack and two of the three females um her meat on me oh well when did they hermit and what did they do uh they hermit on day 38 uh and what did they just throw like, nanners or what yeah threw nanners on top of it. you know what's interesting is most of the time when i'm pheno hunting i get more nanners on the bottom mm. and so i really do you know put a lot of effort into keeping that bottom trimmed up um but boy they were just they they were popping nanners on the very top and, uh, you know, it's in, and it's in a tent with nine other plants and they're rocking it out. You know, everything's perfect. So that pretty much rules out any lightly. No, it's, it's, it's the same thing. Isn't like chem dog really known by any, so any chem? That's why, you know, when it first happened, it's interesting because with most genetics, you know, you get two out of three females and like you automatically go to upset mode. Um, but knowing that this was a chem, chem D cross. I didn't go there. I wasn't mad at all. I was just like, 
you know, it is what it is. So uh, actually in one, one of the two plants that I took down, um, which by the way, I guess I could have let them go, but I didn't want to take a chance on fucking with the other nine. Um, but, you know, one of the two plants had pretty decent terps, you know, at day 38, 37, whatever it was. Um, so it was interesting, but it, no, no worries. And, you know, it'll be, I can't wait to see what I get out of the one. So very interesting genetics. And then of course I got some Irish oh. genetics going at his double dose, which is dosi do by rise. Um, and then I'm I have some turbo diesel. Say what smash. I'm mad that it's geared and it go anywhere, man. I was, I popped a Raphael and a Michelangelo. They both sprouted in the soil and then. I kept the soil nice and moist. A couple of days later, I just went in there and dug them up, and uh, they were not going anywhere. They just stayed the same size. Yeah. I mean, when that happens, that normally, I just—it's rarely happened to me in the past. But when it has happened, so. I've just emailed the, the the breeder. It's happened like twice, and one breeder was a—I have to be honest—a dickhead, and I never worked with them again, actually, because of that. Uh, but one breeder just totally was like, "Oh my fucking god, I'm gonna send you another one." And I think they sent me like. 20 packs and in 20, not 20 packs, but like 20 seeds or something. It was totally like most breeders would be like, Oh shit, really? And they would send you a new one, you know, like a new pack. Yeah. I kind of traded someone way back when, like I traded them one of my, what was it? I had 87 lime pop crossed with, uh, so I don't know. It was a lemon lime cross. And it had some of like the really, like, I know it had lime pop in it and shit. I mean, so, I know that that's kind of weird when you get like secondhand because then, I mean, you can't really guarantee much of anything, but like, I would say most of the breeders that I've ever kind of liked, I would say like, if you emailed them and told them that a pack of theirs did something wrong, they'd be like, ah, oh, you know what? I'm going to see, even if like, maybe if you didn't get it from, uh, I don't know, wherever he sells the fucking seeds, but uh, yeah. wherever you got it from them, even then, like if it's traded or something, I would imagine the breeder would still send you something. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't know. I'm not going to speak for anybody, but like, I, I bet you if Subcool ever had anything like, oh, you got it from Attitude Seed Bank. That's not my problem, but he would still probably send you something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I think my dogs are going up here back. I don't know. I don't, I, opinions will probably totally differ on that because I know there are tons of breeders who basically won't even like give you like uh, uh, rights to kind of uh, breed your stuff in the future. Just all kinds of weird stuff. People are trying to make all kinds of weird rules about the seed. So every breeder is going to have different rules, but I think a lot of the people we kind of talk about. I would like totally to see more people hang out breeders that like don't like right. don't endorse their product and don't back their product and right. don't and don't send you seeds. Those should be the guys we're putting up on the uh, on the forum. Just yeah, they're they're stripped out of like. I feel like I'm taking crazy pills sometimes when I see these prices and then I see the incredibly low service because like yeah. people have to know by now that seeds exist in a quantum state. They're not exactly a high margin thing because the, the whole infrastructure around them costs so much, but like each individual tulip. seed is pretty high margin. So if like you have to tulip, replace uh, a seed or five seeds, dude, it costs you like 10 bucks in shipping. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like depending on, <clears throat> all right, let's get technical. Like, let's say you're breeding with Mac one, Fumi, and you took Morgana and hit it to the Mac. And only got a few seeds, and that's your limited edition run. But most of these plants will give you one branch, will give you 100, 200, 300 seeds. And it's not even a big bud, you know what I mean? It's just one branch. Mm. So, like, if they're making seeds, like, 
They should have a. They should have an abundance. They should always have know? some in reserve. They should always have some for that kind of customer service mentality. You know, like if you were getting discount seeds, I would look at a different way. You know, like if you were getting something for, you know, Unless bargain sale or whatever. But like you're selling out. Like uh, any, I know any premium brand, I want to say has should have premium service, and if they don't, then there's something wrong with that brand. You know. Yeah. Because again, but, like seeds, I doubt in the in ten years from now, I doubt seeds are going to cost this much. I mean, it's possible uh, they were they will, but I doubt honestly that you're going to get seeds uh, four hundred bucks for a ten pack. Are you? No, I think always, I, I think, think there will always be a market. Yeah, I think there will always be a market for it. It depends. It's going to be the higher end stuff, the the more elite stuff, the seed collectors. There's yeah, collectors, man. They're like trading cards. To some, yeah. I suppose, um, but. I don't know. It's a tough one because uh, I don't know, man. Like it just—it seems to be that there's going to be so much uh, uh, marker-assisted breeding, even among small breeders. You know what I mean? Even even among like really small breeders, technology is going to set people apart massively in the next few in five to ten years. Um, oh yeah. Once people can do tissue culture, their whole you know people like breeders yeah, but, are breeding really well in Colombia and wherever yeah, else. But, but, you know? How you still have to pick the you still have to pick the right direction and go that direction like to to get the next hot thing that's going to be the thing that There's, stands out in the market. It's going to be a bit of luck too. It's not just going to be yeah. Oh well, I got the marker assisted breeding kit. I'm going to have the best shit now. You still got to know what you're doing with it, and you still have direction. Like advertisement and hype are what drive our market right now. Well, I, like, I agree with that. There's a lot of really good showmen out there in the, in the uh, cannabis world right now that do a good song and dance and um, their products are, are really inferior. Well, that's like, I uh, took a chance on that brains, uh, uh, not brain. I said brain D brain. Uh, Spain, Spain breeder. And 70,000 Instagram followers. You're like, all right, well, I'll give it a shot. Fucking come to find out it's nothing like it was supposed to you know what i mean like the seeds were just dirt like i, I kind of want to grow you, another one to see if it's the same i, I bet you some of his stuff i bet you in his stable he has some thoroughbreds but i bet you he also has a lot of fillers too he's, he's maybe not you know as, you can't uh, have everything good i mean i i, I can't imagine like it doesn't matter who the breeder is it doesn't matter who, like, if it's exotic mike or anybody else you can't have all heaters you know, but, you're gonna have some yeah. duds not necessarily oh, yeah. duds because you'll take those those out of the the freaking you know the, the lineup the you'll have some that are just take. whatever and your, your duds probably just need to be renamed mm -hmm. so honestly, <laughs> unless like, if you were to take duds, then you need to make bird seeds and then you need to burp. yeah exactly so if you were to take let's say you take the uk cheese and crossed it with a black dom how long do you think the prodigy would flower for? A UK cheese and a black dom. Well, the black dom is one of those long finishes, right? I mean, you never really know because all those Punnett squares and stuff, that's all just theoretical. It's just some shit that we made up on paper, like the actual combinations. That stuff like genetics is brand new as a science. So honestly, that stuff just, you can even see this when you make crosses. You could do two almost identical crosses with like, let's say the same father, but two different mothers. You could do this actually, for example, when you're doing like I did with uh, Ruby Jack, I actually literally had two different mothers and the same father. On the Punnett That's square, great. they should be almost identical, but the kids are completely fucking different. They're completely fucking different. And it's just li literally like the tiniest little variation. And you'll see this in real life where you see, let's say uh, somebody in your family or somebody that you know very well two sisters or two brothers and their families and they'll be a bunch of super fucking different. Yeah. You say Bolt's got a bunch of brothers and sisters. None of them can run the fuck like him, but they probably yeah. all can run faster than all of us. That's probably true. Oh yeah. yeah. And that was the only plant that got, well, 
Yeah, that was the only plant that got really sick in the garden last like run. Um, this time, nothing looks bad. Nothing I mean, looks bad. That was a bad answer, maybe. But at the same time, I guess what I was trying to explain is like all that stuff is theoretical. Like you might well get something that is right in the middle, you know, and that's the idea that you want to breed two things that are somewhat unlike and breed them together. And you will get something that's, you know, somewhere in the middle, you know, for a lot of breeders, I think that's something uh, kind of ideal or they'll intentionally breed. This is actually quite common. They'll intentionally breed something that they think will be a little bit weaker on one side. So for example, maybe a weak father that only passes on structure, disease resistance, whatever else, but very little else or a very strong father, you know, who had a space and Jack the Ripper, real strong fathers, everything that they bred them to, you can tell it's subcool stuff. You know what I mean? Uh, Other breeders are the same. Uh, we were just talking about uh, Irie. He's got that arise. Everything that breeds basically looks like that arise, right? So what am I trying to say? Uh, uh, you might well get what you were looking for, which is basically like an eight to nine week strain, or you might honestly breed something that is still excellent, but is all still long flowering. You know, like that shit happens. Like, let's say that black dominant was super you know dominant. What I find, uh, I'm going to get a lot of enemies right here with this one because he's super popular. I don't know. But like, is it, is it not boring? Is it not boring to like have all your plants related to one thing? Are you not going to end up having like. I so Delman said he paid 1.5K for Black Lime Reserve on a charity auction. So 1,500. Did he just get accidentally timed out? I think. Yeah. And where Sari's um, major general um, at Stony Creek accident timed you out, I'm pretty sure it was a pocket timeout because I read your comment. Oh, it was a just says, yeah, yeah, it just says, I read the comment and stuff. Like it shouldn't have been a timeout. So yeah, you just sorry, man. Yeah, Stony says, <laughs> Stoney says sorry. <laughs> it happens. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. From Jackson. Well, I mean, I guess that's charity. You know what I mean? Like, and that was probably unreleased. I, in fact, I, I feel I didn't. I don't think I watched that, but I would be able to, like caught, caught like five minutes, and I literally caught that second that segment. Yeah. I might be wrong, but I think it was like an unreleased black lime because, as far as I remember, the black lime has never actually been released. It's it's been released in hybrids, and maybe now in some F twos, but I don't think it was ever released by itself. No, I don't think so. I I, I thought it had been, but. I mean, I could be fucking way wrong, but I, I don't think that I think that's one of the reasons why it's so limited. desirable is that it's basically never oh, really right. been released. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, for example, that's... I had the Kaffir lime that was with Jack the Ripper and Subcool famously couldn't get the black lime reserve again. Like they wouldn't give him either the Pinot or the black lime. Uh, yeah, the black lime reserve. And I guess they lost it in the fire and everything else. Right. So uh, what was I going to say? I might be wrong, but I think for the longest time, well, in fact, there, there was a conflict there with the black lime because it was kind of halfway owned between uh uh, mean, I don't know the whole story. So don't freaking sue me on this. But uh, halfway between Mean Gene and uh, Aficionado, I want to say. So they're like, there's so, always been some shenanigans. Like getting a pack of it, it's something I feel I want to say. For some reason, it seems like all the lime strains kind of get to, like like put away because for a long time the eighty eighty seven lime pop I had was a strain that everyone was like, oh, I would I want it. No one could get it. You know what I mean? And I've happen to have a couple seeds of a cross from a long time ago um it seems like they keep these lime Lime shit last week that got me stone humidor it got me i had i had a completely clean palette i was completely on stone and i rolled up one one lime uh one uh uh lime river rose uh joint and i was lit nice yeah mission accomplished uh, good work 
Uh, you too could have a pack of Lime River Rose, just like Wes Engine over on Fumadoro.com. Uh, but I got to say this, uh, Clagamus Coot came up with the best uh, uh, strain name the other day, Canadian Butt Hairs. <laughs> Tell me that you guys would not buy the shit out of the Canadian Butt Hairs. Like it would sell out the first day. doesn't matter what the cross is. You'd be like, all right, we're sold. Canadian Butt Hairs. He was saying it's like the orange hair, like green with orange hairs, basically. It's going to be Canadian Butt Hairs. I want some of the original orange crush. You guys remember that shit? That was before I even grew. Mm. I was getting I it. I smoked it. I think I've smoked it. Okay, I've smoked something that someone said was orange crush. Like, I yeah, smoked. yeah. Back when I was like 13, 14, right when I started to grow 15, 16, you would see this stuff, orange crush, and like it was bright orange hairs on it. It wasn't all like dark, stomatas, stomatas. It was all like they were bright orange still. And it, it was always called orange crush. I don't actually have anything useful to say about that. I was actually going to go back to the Black Lamb Reserve, which now I realize is actually rude and new. D, what were we going to say? Well, I guess now I'll just be rude. I was just thinking about, um, uh, you know, with the Black Lime, like I, I've thought about that too, honestly. What what makes it so special? Because uh, lime is not that rare in cannabis. Like if you've been growing, you know, speaking of subcool stuff, there's a ton of, ton of lime stuff. There was the Grape Lime Ricky. There's a bunch of other stuff, right? He had a ton of his own lime strains, right? Uh, but none of them were quite like that. And the same thing, yeah. uh, there's tons of limey strain. Even the Queen Anne's Revenge. I have a really limey Queen Anne's Revenge. I think most stuff. of those limes, though, are more lemony. There's a lot more lemon in them. And, that too, yeah. And I think the, I think the uh, lime reserve was like supposedly like a real limey lime. Well, someone had a, a Sprite. They, call it, they had like a it smelled like a straight sprite cut. Um, I forgot what the fuck the strain was called, but like I don't know. It seems that people love that that pinene and the like limonene and stuff because it's all it 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 equates to usually an uppy uppity or high. When and you know have, what that lime honestly was that one actually that might be the key because that mean gene lime is actually quite heavy. So whenever you bring it into something, it actually uh, makes the, the the high heavier. And actually, now that you mention it, limey, lemony stuff is usually somewhat uplifting. So maybe, frankly, that's the unusual thing about it, is that it's an indica-leaning uh, lime. Uh, yeah, same thing with, like, blueberry kush. I think there's, like, a like a stativa and an indica variation of it. You know what I mean? Like, more, like, I hate saying that, but just for, like, paper when you read it out and stuff. Yep. Uh, everything's overhyped. What's going on, man? He's talking about Lime Larry. Uh, what about? I just literally forgot what I was going to say. Go ahead. Brendan Russ is Lime Limerilla or Lime Limezilla or something. He's like working that. with that uh, Black Lime Reserve, I think, against the Gorilla Glue. I think that's what it is. Was it yeah. the uh, Lime River Rose or Black Lime Reserve One or or F Two? I don't remember. I don't remember one of the two. I think he's actually like. On F three or something now, so maybe yeah. It further people people like it, I guess. If you look it for limey, but Gorilla Glue is like a tried and true. I would say, right. uh, if anyone's had a Gorilla Glue in their garden, they know like it's a tried and true strain. It gets you fucking lit. It always has some good terps. Like I love I love real GG. I I I'm not gonna lie. That's like I'm a GM. Like that's probably like my favorite hype cut. Like GMO, okay, Mac. Or all right, but if I were to buy like seeds, it's probably going to be Gorilla Glue seeds. Hmm. From whom? From the uh, the, the Glue or what? Or from somebody else? I mean. 
Yeah. Well, that's me. the thing. I've, I've seen a lot of those and that's, that's where I kind of step back. I'm like, um, man, I don't know. I've seen a lot of GG4 crosses. Actually, I've had some, maybe I'll step back from this because I actually had a couple of crosses that were nice, but they weren't anything like GG4, I have to be honest. Like the one that I liked the most was called Flytrap, which I thought was a great name, honestly. And it was Jinx? from uh, Humboldt, no, Humboldt Seed uh, Org. So I think they're not even, I don't even think they exist anymore, but I actually had really good results from them. So it's one of those things where you can, like other people can have problems, but you can have uh, good results. I had nothing but good things to say about them. Uh, it was an Amber Sour Diesel by GG4 Cross, and I had a bunch of seeds. Actually, I still have some seeds from them. And I had a lot of lovely plants from that. I had this one that was ultra cheesy, uh, really just stupidly sedative. Like at the time I could barely smoke it. Like I basically smoke it at night because otherwise it's basically fall asleep at the table. Uh, it was really, really cheesy and gassy, but no GG4. Uh, my favorite was, I actually kept like three of those. That was one of those packs that I kept a bunch of phenotypes from it. I had one that was very kind of rosy, but it was a little bit on the smaller side, kind of a, a little bit low yielding. And the one that I liked a lot was like prune gas. It was basically like a prune OG or something. It even had golf ball nugs. And it was literally like prune gas. It was so unusual. And anytime someone would smoke it, they were like, fuck is this like prunes or something? Like maybe plums or prunes, one of the two. And it was just it was like so unusual. I love going it- out and being like, all right, so this is the same plant in these two containers. Um, it's just different phenotypes, different pods. You know what I mean? Um, right. This one... This is number one, and this is the gassy one. Like I've been keeping this strictly kind of for myself, and this is more of the green tea one. I've actually been smoking more of this to keep this around longer. Because <laughs> some I people really don't like that phenotypic variation, right? We hear about that all the time, and how the market in the future will basically stabilize all this stuff into essentially genetic clones. Uh, you know, like essentially when they feminize it, whatever else, and take it to like F8 or something, it'll be like corn, maybe, and it'll be indistinguishable. And to me, that would be fine if you're like an industrial. Even maybe like a like a, a warehouse grow or something, you know what I mean? But if you even had like the grows that we kind of think of where there's like a room that you can see the other side of the wall, I feel like that level of phenotypic uh, uh, right, right. stability is boring. Like, no, honestly, I feel like, I don't know, I feel like if, you're, if you are like a craft grower or if you're especially a hobbyist or something, you want some variation. Yeah. You want to have your hunting. Yeah, yeah, you're pheno hunting. So the only place you want stabilized like stuff like that is is on the market. Where you can yeah, where you're going to pick it up and you you go to pick it up and you want it to be the same thing every time, like yeah, uh, absolutely. Like they want to be able to put all the nugs into the same like jars and not have to separate it. You know what I mean? Sometimes with our strains, if we don't separate it, there'll be two different nugs in there or three different nugs from three different plants. You know what I mean? And the only reason we wouldn't separate is because we didn't find anything very special about the plant, but. Most of the time, we as growers section out our phenotypes, even in our caring. You know what I mean? Just because we like it and, and we want to know, like, oh, this was number one, this was number two, this was number three. And you're lucky if, like, yeah, I've had ones that smell really good together. Like, they all kind of smell like close and they look kind of close. Like, but I like the ones that are kind of give you a different. And then you can pheno hunt your favorite and then fill your garden with it. Right. And I just think it's so much more fun too. You know, as the market gets more mature, I was just talking to somebody yesterday about how uh, like her uncle and her aunt grow. And then last Thanksgiving or whatever, one of the grandmas, literally one of the grandmas apparently uh, uh, 
I can't even remember what it was. They brought like Rice Krispie treats or something, like uh, infused Rice Krispie treats, and everyone fucking giggled and snickered and stuff. But they all had it, and they all basically the, apparently the Rice Krispie treats were way too strong. Now that I think about it, it probably wasn't that. It was probably brownies or something because I guess the, she used like butter. I guess you could use butter with rice and whatever she used. It doesn't really matter. Uh, it was way too strong. And the whole family apparently got way too lit in front of the TV, but they were all basically giggling in front of the, like the, basically they were watching football and just giggling. And I was just thinking to myself, like if it's that normal that pe- people like the whole family basically sits there giggling in front of the freaking TV, watching football and Thanksgiving, like everyone's going to be growing this before long. And everyone's going to want to like, they're going to want to have their variety. I want to say, you know, maybe not, maybe they want to grow the, runs yeah. or some shit but i want to say that a lot of people are going to have like smashed haze you know what i mean and love for the plants kush and west engines freaking uh whatever uh morgana that's you know like on <laughs> that's it exactly he's gonna do the skunk man he's gonna be the the dead animal I was joking so, about this with somebody the other day like holy shit you ever smoked that they're like oh man never but west engines like yeah man give me the freaking dead, dead bodies the, the best thing just all, coming up right now so they're just so, a little yet but this is a theory, and you guys correct me or let me know your thoughts. So you kind of get stuck on strains at the time and point where you came into growing. Like I came in indoor growing about five, six years ago, and cookies and wedding pies were just coming out, and Turp Town I, I got a couple of years ago, and it was the first cakey strain. And I've kind of always liked that cakey. And I, dude, I'm like, I like sugar. Like, I like cakey strains. But those were the ones that you first kind of found them in, I think. But you notice the older heads that came in, well, the OGs, we'll call them, because they smoke OG. They smoke fucking straight Amherst diesel, sour D. That You know what I mean? Like... There's, there's definitely nostalgia for the age you came in, but I think like uh, it depends on the level of smoker you are. I think people like us keep up with the trends too. My camera's froze up. I gotta fix that. Right on. No worries. Yo, you. I can't lie. Like, I'm a big, big fan of like wedding cake, wedding pie, birthday cake, ice cream cake, ice I cream. Like it. I love yeah, ice. You just cream. might like it. I mean, like that ice cream cake. They are, actually, they, yeah. some of those have different uh, families, so they are actually a little bit different. Some of those are very close relatives, and some of them are not. Like, I think the ice cream yeah. is actually surprisingly different. Yeah, and so that's a little bit different experience. Yeah, we could actually look it up. It's still one of those absolute, like, freaking, yeah. it's like the Habsburgs. You know what I mean? It's like a royal family of the Britons, whatever, all in, inbred. But even still, it tastes good. Uh, what was I going to say? Yeah, right. You can't like give them a paper cut or they'll bleed to death basically at the age of 15. Jesus Christ, those freaking families. Um, what was I gonna say? Uh I don't, I don't know that people do get stuck on that. I was thinking about myself, I was thinking about a few people that I've known that grow. Like I I certainly like I when I started growing, I was basically still smoking personally, a ton of really indica. Welcome back, Bugsy, a ton of heavy indica stuff. Like I'd be growing probably only cushions, only OG. Now I actually I need a Kush. I need an OG. You know what I mean? Like the cushiest thing I have is that bedrock boogie. So um, probably. Yeah, I would say the cushiest thing. And uh, so, yeah, I definitely get, didn't get stuck on that. Um, either the smoking or the growing. I don't know. Uh, like, I don't know. There's always a nostalgia, but I really, maybe it's because it was the first strain that gave me that terpene that I was like, ooh, maybe I gotta, I gotta go after this. I mean, two, you've said that the, the, 
that kind of stuff kind of scratches your itch. And that's the funny thing. We make fun of it all we want, but there's a ton of people that buy that stuff. And actually that's ostensibly apparently good medicine for them, or they probably wouldn't buy it over and over and over again. You know, people aren't that dumb. They'll, they'll stop buying something that doesn't work, you know? So, uh, Zoe, Zoe and, uh, the slammer, I think they are, that they always will be trash talking cookies or something. They'll be like, I love cookies. I love it. They'll, They'll be in chat and say, I love fucking cookies. But some yeah, people, it's a good medicine. Everything, hey. I think everything overhyped gave me shit one time for fucking slamming on cookies. And the thing is, there, there is some good, it, it, it is good. Uh, I mean, cookies is, cookies is different because it's a non-mercine dominant strain in a mercine dominant world. So it so it does have a place and it is different. It's just the fucking fucking German and fucking shit like that. But it's like, I am attracted to the downers. I don't mind a good sativa um, if I'm out, like hanging out or something, like going for a walk. But most of the time, I'm smoking something that's gonna bring me downish, like to help my ADHD. And that's again that cookies is is uh, right for that. You know, it kind of hits a sweet spot. It's it's not a big surprise that it is this big mass market success. Because it's really flavorful. It looks absolutely gorgeous. All those cookies crosses. It's weird how true it breeds, right? Like that Girl Scout cookies, it breeds so freaking true for the fat, juicy, gorgeous, shiny nugs. I mean, they're just bonkers how good they look. Uh, all the cookies crosses. You can grow them badly and they still look really good. You can grow them really badly and they still come out super dominant with caryophylline and everything else. They got like cinnamon notes and shit. And then you, you hunt out. Like I had that one with the, I just saw... Um, they have pancakes. Evidently, cookies is a strain called pancakes. And I was like, no fucking shit. They have pancakes. I've said before, I had that uh, uh, platinum Yeti. And that again, from Humboldt Seed Org, now that I think about it. But anyway, that was uh, platinum Girl Scout cookies by uh, Headband OG, or by Yeti OG. And it was pure. The one phenotype, my favorite phenotype, was pure butter on top of IHOP pancakes. Like, not subtle in any way. <laughs> butter on top of pancakes. Loud, 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 loud. I miss that cut to this day. I talk about it just about every freaking show. Um, I guess I'm babbling, but I guess I want to say like, it's super freaking flavorful. And the other thing I wanted to say is that uh, the kind of the funny thing about that cookies is that it's, it's got some of that OG relaxation and everything else, but it doesn't knock your shit out like OG does. And so in that sense, it's like a weed that you could still do stuff. And so you could still play video games or go to a party whatever else just kind of sit around and talk to people whereas og knocks people into the couch a lot of times right or cushions knock people into the couch so i want to say it kind of it exists in that really like middle ground where you could like i don't even know just be capitalist and go shopping and smoke weed or something so this right here aj's cookies the reaper seeds ripper is the company that I bought those seeds from that. I was like, what the fuck? Dude, can we pause for a moment and just say what a terrible fucking name that is? I know. Ripper Genetics or Ripper Seeds. <laughs> I know, right? That should have been your first fucking clue. <laughs> well, I don't know the guy on. from a hole in the wall, but just based on that fucking yeah, name. Like, the name's like, I'm going to rob you. <laughs> right? <laughs> Straight up. <laughs> Maybe he's the nicest guy in the world. Like, I don't know. Maybe he is, but like oh, I yeah. never met I never met a, a ripper that I like because that ripper comes and steals your crop. Like, come on. Uh, Jacob Jones is uh, asking an interesting question that I have to think about for a second. This is this is them, allegedly. 
So what? Seventeen Spanibus Cubs. Blah 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 blah. blah. Man, I could play the last seventeen Spanibus Cubs on my shit. Who's fucking that? <laughs> but do you have eighty thousand followers? Oh, I will once I have seventeen Spanibus right? Cubs on my you know, fucking thing. <laughs> I actually kind of like they attracted me with their artwork too. Yeah. I really like, like, I bought OMG because I really like that artwork. Um, and I bought the old school, which was supposed to be, what's it called? I can't find it in here. It was supposed to be the UK cheese cross with Black Domino. But it, I definitely was, just kept going and going and going. And it didn't do good in my garden. So apparently Ripper means good in old in uh, Australian. So What? Ripper. All right, coffee pot. He's he's oh, from. Right. That's a ripper. <laughs> yeah, he's from uh, Spain. So <laughs> he might actually be real. Maybe the company or the the middleman fucked me over. You know what I mean? Mm. But I emailed them and they didn't say. It's been a dud strain. You never know. You know what I mean? Hey, like, I it's, it's, real, it could real. be a dud seed or no, the bathroom. But don't <laughs> right. answer. But but like you said. 17 spanibus cups and 70k on instagram you're not gonna have any like any customer service i didn't even get an email back saying go fuck yourself really that's pretty rough yeah i don't know about that i mean literally is that successful is that not that hard to hire like that's the thing you know if you if you if you're too big to do your own customer service like a lot of people would do their own probably but if you're too big because you've just become successful you can hire somebody and you can actually hire like it's easy you can look at the fucking phone book to hire customer service companies so i can't imagine like you couldn't just have somebody take care of his shit for him urban rainbow vouches for ripper seeds the major general says zombie from ripper is yes that's what i was going to say like I don't know. Don't buy old school from Seedsman. Let me just go buy it through them. If you're gonna go through anyone, I guess. So I, hold on, I'll even show you. I have the pack still because I think. It, hear me. You said something that resonated with me, and I agree. You know, hiring people. Um, I won't say it's easy, but I am seeing some smaller companies right now struggle with making that leap. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I th- I think they. Str- they, um, you know, they lack trust, you know, right. because they did it themselves for so long. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm actually seeing it hold them back because, you know, if you don't reply to someone and it could be as simple as just asking a question about the parents of the strain, mm-hmm. I've been ignored twice on that simple question right there. Interesting. And, that um, I don't think it's, I don't think that there's any ill intent. There's, they just can't make that leap to hire someone to help them. And um, it's just holding them back. I, I wish they could see that. Okay, Ghostman. I spotlighted you. So this one I actually bought more of because I was so interested in. Um, it's the old school, which was supposed to be the UK cheese crossed with Black Domino. I was very interested in that. So I even purchased a couple more. This one's their OMG. Oh, my camera's here. Which was a GMO cross to Cushman's supposed to be, but I haven't really gave these a chance because the pack I had before this was trash. Like it got sick in the garden. I was, I, 
like it says on the back, like flowering 60 to 65 days. I was at 115. Hundred <laughs> and it still wanted to go. I just didn't want to deal with it anymore. And it like I was like, all right, you're coming. You're done. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> but this one, I'm I'll give it a try. I guess if people are browsing, I'll try one more time. Try the OMG this time. But I do have these ones. If someone wants to try them, maybe something fucked up in my garden. I don't know. Like, because there people are saying uh, you can trade them. Uh, we have, uh, if you guys haven't checked out our new Discord, there is a Discord, ladies and gentlemen, uh, over on uh, Fumidor. I'll post a link here in the chat in a moment here. Or if you guys want, you can always uh, DM uh, Smash or me or somebody uh, for a yeah. link. I'm sure we can send you a link. Uh, go check it out. There's actually a little seed swap. I just started it. I don't know if it's going to go anywhere, but I was thinking, oh, it'd be fun to swap seeds every once in a while. If you got a pack of seeds, you don't want to do anything with or whatever you just don't have time for or something like uh maybe it's a half pack you know how hard is it to sell a half pack you know what i mean but yeah. you could probably swap a half pack for somebody like you'd be like dude i would love to grow that and you'd love to grow maybe something of theirs i don't know maybe i'm maybe that's wishful thinking but if you guys would like to to check that out that and more fun conversations uh, over on uh discord at fumidoro here let me freaking find the link for it um can't remember what i was gonna say otherwise than that i have a, i have all right well I actually have a little section on our discord um like the dab bar where i can go live our video and stuff and i believe other people can join and shit and we can all dab yeah. together so maybe mm -hmm. i will plan a time that we can all go on and dab like for the people that mm -hmm. don't that smoke alone all the time like that's like the biggest thing with me is i smoke all the time by myself mm -hmm. so it, it would it's always cool that's why i kind of go live on it instagram and stuff just to have people to hang out and talk while i'm smoking or doing garden chores and shit so yeah definitely come join the uh discord it's it's actually pretty fun um i'm yeah, trying to figure it out a little bit better though you should check uh, it does that, take a bit go ahead okay. it's the same thing with lemon hopeful he has a discord and uh people are on there all the time just hanging out video chatting each other right yeah man Come right. check out Fedora on Discord. Right. Do it. Oh. You know you want it. What's that? Say was, uh, I know I know that zombie crush from Rip Feeds is really good, so don't be hating on that. <laughs> I know it's unfair to talk shit about. I've said this before, and then it hears me talking shit. I guess I wasn't trying to, but I guess I kind of did by proxy. Um and i try not to have anybody talk talk shit that can't. Shit. <laughs> yeah that's true i suppose that's true i don't know how do i put this if somebody doesn't have like a rock solid reputation i start to wonder why you know like is there was there just basically trolling involved or do they just have like not a rock solid reputation like they just not stand behind their seats and there are some big names that kind of don't stand behind their seats, you know? but there are some other big names that dude, you can dm them and they'll, they'll freaking fix the problem and there's probably a lot of people looking for free seats too. Like, Man, let's true. not forget that there's a lot of scummy people that do something underhanded to get a little fucking, you get something extra off of, off of some of these, off of some of these breeders. I'm sure not all people want to bought the seat. I, I don't. Sure that, but I, have I don't to be honest, like, for, well, I don't fault them for saying like something like I want to see original packaging or something. Oh yeah, but that's yeah. like the person that goes to BK and says something like, oh. Don't put ketchup on or something. <laughs> and they make they remake it there for them already. 
fresh, but then they still call the place and get a free meal. Yeah, they ask for a refund at the end of it. You fucking made me wait. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Actually, that's probably just an argumentative, difficult customer there. People who are just like, but that's what really is the ones who would email a reader saying, like, oh, I want more. I kind of don't feel like I got my money's worth. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, uh, I feel like, I don't know for sure that I've emailed that, but I want to say I've emailed a breeder before and said like, Hey man, you know, something was wrong. I don't remember what was wrong, but you know what I mean? Like, how do I put this? Uh, if you were polite, I want to say that a lot of stuff is within the purview of buying those seeds. You know, like if you're, I've said this before, if you're like, if you're dissatisfied, email me, I'll try to get it. You know, I'll try to make it right. Cause I, I think seeds exist at least at this moment, maybe forever, but at least in this moment in a quantum state where each individual seed has almost no value. But, you know, the pack of seeds has value. You know what I mean? So, like, if somebody has a problem, dude, it doesn't cost me hardly anything to replace it and make them a happy customer. Even if they are being unreasonable, probably costs me less to just replace the problem. And, you know, hopefully they will, they will, uh, uh, you know, I, mean, I, I suppose you could have a customer maybe that is just unpleasable. But at that point, you would just have to say, I'm sorry, I've done everything I can, da, 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 da. But I mean, like, until that point, I feel like it costs a breeder almost nothing to send them a replacement. I feel like, I think I was talking to the to subcool about this before. And I think maybe I, we were talking about something like this and it was something similar. It was like, and what, you know what I mean? It's a pack of seeds in the grand scheme yeah, of things. It's going to be better. And let's say, let's say it was a limited run and you don't have that thing anymore. We'll give something equal value. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like replace it with a note. Like, sorry, you you're out of the see. top of this. I mean, it is a living crop. It's like a farmed crop. You can't give somebody last year's tomatoes. They're gone. You know, they, they got eaten. They got spoiled. You're, there's no replacement for them. But I could give you this year's tomatoes. Or something. Yeah, equivalent. For sure. <laughs> there's breeders that we see that actually take care of their customers. And then the ones that we see that don't give a fuck. And most of us kind of stay away from the ones that don't give a fuck. We want to be able to message our breeder and be like, hey, uh, it's doing this. Is this normal? Or, you know, some dumb question or like, I don't, I don't like saying questions are dumb, but like we, like most of us don't really want to message the breeders to be like, Oh, there's a problem. You know, like we would, we would realize that we would go through a checklist and figure it out and make sure it's the genetics before we emailed them. You know, even then, I think maybe that's the wrong answer, too, because if I had a problem, I've said this before, at least with my policy. And I know that I kind of structured this based on what I saw, like TGA and stuff. You could email them and say, hey, bro, I'm having a problem with uh, whatever. I mean, like literally whatever, like the fucking seeds, like you might have problems with planting them. You know what I mean? So if you had a problem with that, hopefully they'll get back to you. They might not give you back a novel. You know, they might cool or somebody may never. Yeah, they never, yeah, they never didn't pop. But I mean, you know, like problem. if you did, or even if you wanted advice, you could email them. It would always take a few days because the guy had like 57 fucking, you know, unread emails at any given moment. But uh, he would get back to you and say like, da, da, da. in fact, I think I actually asked for some advice on one of the first testers. I want to say I asked, I don't remember for the life of me what it was, but it was something. And three, four days later, he got back to me. He was like, oh, such and such, add more water, add da, 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 trim more. And he was right. Whatever it was, it was right. It helped. Uh, I, I would expect that from most breeders. And I, like I say, if the breeder is big enough, like, I don't know, Exotic Microson, I would assume there's somebody on staff that you could email, if not even him. I wouldn't be surprised if you could just email him, him every once in a while and get a response like, oh, yeah, you know, that strain, you should blah, blah, blah. Just some basic advice. Like, I think that's actually pretty reasonable, honestly. You know, because like I said, it's, again, these seeds, like, they're not an Apple computer that is based on, like, 
engineering and chipsets and you can replace the parts if something breaks and whatever like they're, they're kind of a and down to the nanosecond yeah exactly you know what i mean 100 <laughs> percent uh yeah i mean they're, they're i don't or, i don't mind strains product. that grow long for summer grows i don't mind strains that take a long time to grow for my summer grow because i got lots of time to grow here you know i i a lot of times i grow from february all the way to december so it's like things. Oh, because you're down there in Arizona, man. You're kind yeah. of holy cow. Yeah. yeah. What's your hours of light like? What's the fluctuation? What's the longest days? What's the shortest days? Well, it's I they don't fluctuate as much as you guys do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's 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 less of a fluctuation than it's like twelve you guys hours. Do. 12 or 13 or doesn't, doesn't we get, get up to well no like right now we're sundown at 6 a.m and sun up at 5 5 45 about oh, it's really? 12 and 12 right now hmm. oh, my, son, my son's not up till shit 7 30 yeah. i actually gotta go out there and cut a morgana down See, we're on the same time as you guys right now, but we're in Arizona, so it takes longer for the yeah. the sun. It's earlier for us at sun up. I get what I, I don't know what I'm meaning by that. I'm stoned. Oh, I was going to show this stuff to you guys. So, I don't think Miracle and like Animal Cookies is worth two hundred dollars of that. You know what I mean? Like Capulator stuff like i wouldn't pay but canarada <laughs> sticks with 80 bucks the you know I mean? pug stuck with 80 to 100 bucks you know what i mean like I, that was my price range for pax disease of 80 to 100 dollars. and if it was over that i probably would just not buy it i think the most that i ever spent is 250 hmm. And I was going to say, like, just because it was more expensive didn't mean it was better, but I've actually had some really nice expensive packs. <laughs> I need jars. <laughs> I need I popped, jars, uh, two bugs. I popped I'm, something I'm from old. Exotic Mike that was like 200 bucks. I can't remember. Strawberry Cross. It was lovely. I just pop a couple seeds at a time, and I basically look for a female and grow that one female, and it, it's always unfailingly delicious. Oh, actually, bugs, can we ask you... A weight on one of your plants, like how much did you end up taking down? You know what? I didn't fucking do no precise measurements, but just oh. by my my experience with the eyeball, I bet my big plant, the one that was in my Instagram that was growing so tall, it probably two and a half pounds. Oh yeah. That's for showing off jars. This is I only line. have a little bit left, guys. And I have auto flowers giant. Everything's all. My indica's still growing out there. Everything's dwindling, guys. Sad. Oh, no. Oh, look at this guy. I've yet to harvest my indica plants. Nice jar. I love these ones. I've been trying to buy more of these ones. They're hard plastic. And I've been trying to buy more of these ones. But you might actually like these ones. Yeah, for plastic bag. Okay. That's pretty cool. Oh, that's a cool container. I like that. 
stainless steel canister with clear airtight lid. It's uh, yeah. 150 fluid ounces, 4.4 liters. Nice. Oh, yeah. and there's what you got here. there, Coot? Oh, nice. Look at that, Coot. Here, let's show that off. Oh, you're muted, Coot. I apparently left on my other screen because that's where it all popped up. It's a porcelain uh, uh, piece made out of marble. Marble uh, uh, powder, excuse me. Not porcelain, marble powder. Out of India. It's a Ganesh, remover of obstacles. So every time I talk to a stoner, I just cool. Hear, here you go. So uh, I, I somebody mentioned something in the chat room. And I wanted to bring this up to show you that names don't mean shit. Okay, the uh, famous breeder. I think he's the guy that lived in a cave. B, uh, Bloom, or excuse me, B O G Bushio grower. Mm. Okay, so I just want to stipulate that he was the best grower in the fucking world. I mean, uh, sadhus and, and and sages out of India and Tibet would travel to his door because to talk to him because he knew so much. Okay, how about that? But I was given a, a strain by a guy who's a complete jack off, who told me, "Oh yeah, this is right from." Uh, B-O-G, it's uh, Blue Moon Rocks. Blue Moon Rocks, okay. And which I confirmed later on IC was, at one point, it had been one of somebody's stream. I mean, if I'm wrong on that, I apologize. Mm. But anyway, I went through five cuts because I kept going back to the guy. Are you sure this is from a famous breeder? Well, I think I must have got a mislabel here. Try this one. So over the next six, seven months, I did five different versions of Blue Moon Rocks. And I wanted to rename it. You can keep this shit. Uh, I mean, Blue Moon Cox or something. So the names don't mean shit, you know. Something gets mislabeled and, you know, this guy wants to look like he's really connected. Oh, this came right from uh, Pat the Pot Guy or something, you know, whatever. Yeah. That's like but the Canadian butt hairs, that was mine. Because this was oh. when names were first starting. You know, shit like Maui Wowie and let's see what else. Uh, I got things <laughs> Acapulco Gold. Oh, yeah, Acapulco. That's another canard. Oh, anyway. dog shit. Um, yeah, dog I think shit this is culture, uh, cultural so, appropriation, you taking the name Canadian Butthole for them saying that for the Oh, no, because no, yeah. this guy, <laughs> we, were doing, we were doing a big but transaction. Yeah, it was. In that time, not today, but by in those days, 10 pounds of tie sticks, you know, it was about 30 grand. So that seemed like a lot of money. So it's just like, you know, from which she gives you some valley and, and uh, Thailand. I said, I don't know, man. I got it from a guy in uh, San Diego was running them through the Air Force. And they were. They were running them on LD3 uh, container cargo planes out of Vietnam into the Air Force bases in the West Coast. And that's how they were smuggling them in. You don't have to worry about, uh, what do you call it? Uh, well, DEA was only four years old, like I said before. They were still picking out window treatments for their offices. So they weren't like, you know, part of, they weren't, they were out worried about cocaine coming in down in McAllen, Texas, you know? And uh, yeah, it was just weird. But anyway, so, well, can you tell me anything about it? I said, this stuff is Canadian butt hairs. It's green with red hair. That's all you need to know. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> tell them what they want to hear, man. You know, you got to get the money up to the, you know, the people that, that fronted you the shit. You know, you have time to you know, go into a whole high times article about, you know, this is the <laughs> previous, man. 
I wasn't a good stoner. Coot, how about the name? Uh, was Ty Six the Grovius, though? I got a question. That was the best I still to this day. And I'm, we're going back 40, 46 years. Without a doubt, the finest cannabis I've ever smoked. That's why Coot, I still grow it. How many strains, how many stories of strains have you heard came from a Grateful Dead concert? Everyone. At some point, it had something to do with the Grateful Like I said the other night, it's never Lollapalooza. Never. It's always got to be the Grateful Dead. Couldn't uh, it have been like an orchestra concert at some point or something? Or How was there yeah. never a strain from like a Miles Davis concert or something? Or oh, but that's, like that's, the biggest, that's the biggest thing. A lot of this cannabis before uh, uh, legal, like all that, musicians, a lot of jazz, a lot yeah, of the yeah. jazz musicians would travel around with it. And that's how a lot of the weed got around, was the jazz community. Right. Um, well, in 19, when, when cannabis was made illegal at the federal level in 1937 or 38, whatever it was, and the big money behind it was DuPont, the chemical company, DuPont family. Why? Because it would cut did into he go their, crazy and kill us, kill people. Well, one of their family members did. That was uh, just a few years ago, uh, a sports training center in uh, Connecticut. I don't know, but <clears throat> so the Dupont family was the one that was really behind getting cannabis made illegal, uh, because the oil from the seeds would, you know, for paints, which is still what's primarily used in China and other parts of Asia. Um, you know, because all paint, you know, that is it, it is based on oil. That's the carrying agent for the the, the uh, color agents, whatever you want to call it. And uh, so, and the other way that they sold it, that, uh, you know, black people smoke this stuff and they come sniffing around our white women. So the whole thing was a racist uh, exercise in racism in 37, 38, right before World War II. So the laws were... Uh, it's strictly to benefit the, the American chemical industry and also a way to uh, arrest uh, people of color and put them in prison. And it's not, it doesn't get any more complicated than that. So now they got a problem on their hands. In fact, I, just the other day here in Oregon, this was a, a joint uh, effort by DEA, FBI, Oregon State Police, blah, blah, blah. They figured that the black market now is this year is 200,000 plants. So let's just say outdoors that they only that they were really bad growers and they only got two pounds of plant. Okay. Think about that 400,000 pounds. They don't even, all right. So the thing is, I try to teach people and I'm like, listen, most of this stuff you get mailed in, the people that grew it don't even smoke. A lot, right. of the, a lot of the Cali packs are. Cartels, Asian mobs. That's where the illegal black market big grows are. They're not really like, unless you know a home grower that's pumping weight out. No, no, no. We're talking, no, this is cartel stuff. I mean, this is enslaved labor. The farms that they busted, they go in there and the people are sleeping on cots. They're fed like a chuck wagon from the 1880s, you know, just some soup thrown into a, a, a bowl. It's uh, completely, but anyway, that's what's that's what leads to Oregon because the weather's perfect in Southern Oregon. Growing cannabis in Southern Oregon, 
you're going to get a really good crop. Southern California, they're having a huge I'm problem. I'm sorry, uh, Southern Oregon. Yeah, hey, West Coast, I mean, yeah. Like, but 200,000 plants. You think about that. Oh. And it's funny because they get all this. A lot of people get this weed and they're like, oh, it's indoor, it's indoor. And I'm like, you know, just light depth just came down. Like, yeah, that is yeah. what's, what's on the market right now is all light depth weed. I, yeah, I, uh, I got into this in the last few years to grow my own. And that's what I do and fuck the rest. I don't care. I help my one family member and everyone else. I don't really. I told I told them earlier, Code. I'm really nice. Like when I go to a, an event, I hand my weed. Like I'll hand weed out. If you smell it, I don't want it back, more or less. Like if I hand you something and you and you take it to your nose and smell it, you can keep it anyways. <laughs> like it's already yeah. been in your nostril. I don't want it back. So, so like, they smelled it, you dealt it. <laughs> I hand out weed all the time. And like, you guys seen the little packs of seeds I had? I literally was like, do you want to learn to grow? Here's some seeds. So are you guys familiar with that website? It was the name of a movie, a documentary, the name of a book. I put my bird to bed. And then there's a companion uh, website for fantastic, oh, come here, fantastic uh, fungi. Or fantastic. Oh, no, fungi. I haven't even watched it. Just well, got anyway, over this over the last weekend or weekend before I'm last, telling you right now, they I'll had an online seminar amazing. with over fifty-seven speakers. People like Paul Stamets, Dr. Andrew Weil. I mean, really heavy duties in the mycology world, not just psilocybin, but in mushrooms in general, right? So, if you bought your tickets early, which I did, the going price or the list price was a hundred. $149 or $150, whatever. But if you paid a week early, they 33% off. So for a hundred dollars, I've got a hundred MP3s. Uh, excuse me, 57. I mean, there was 57 speakers. So 57 MP3s, and most of them are an hour. 57 transcripts of those MP3s. And then it, you can't download them, but you can go to the website and watch 57 videos of the actual interview. And uh, what's really cool about it, these are people that are going to be at Canacon. You know, they're not going to be at the WeedCon or we're so groovy out here. And, you know, um, these are real scientists. And some of the stuff that are, is being done with uh, mushrooms in terms of medicine physical, psychological, but there's so much more. Like, you know, we all know what a fruiting block is, right? Well, some guys are taking those and let them go complete after they harvest the, the mushroom. And they let it harden and they're able to cut it with bandsaws and make it into things like furniture. And so here you're taking this agricultural waste, you've grown the crop instead of now having to get rid of that waste, you can repurpose it. Isn't that the cool term, repurpose it? You can repurpose it and turn it into functional. Uh, oh, that guy's really cool right there. The guy with the big hair. And go back. Uh, that guy, uh, Southwest Mushrooms. He's really Yeah, right? Uh, He's fucking amazing. Yeah, isn't he? I, I, fuck, I fucking learned a lot from him when I first started yeah. how to do this shit. Yeah. He's good. He's good people. 
I want to actually meet him. I would love to actually see his. He does it, so he rents space. Everything's in grow tents, like you can totally see get some mushroom people on this show. I'm I'm fine with that. There's no uh, I can prohibition. I'll email them. I'll, I'll definitely in Oregon. Email. Uh, you know, I assume you guys are all in Oregon, right? Because it's the Portland Cannabis Tasting Society. In Oregon, it's legal to talk about these things, or at least it's decriminalized anymore. So, well, well most of these are or, or uh, most of these are gourmet. You can talk gourmet. about Mr. Mushrooms all day long, all yep. day, every day. Well, Takis, last, uh, uh, last Saturday, I went up to uh, Seattle. And it was the Puget Sound Mushroom Society. They've been around since uh, 64, I guess. And so they had, it was an exhibition of uh, wild mushrooms that grow in the state, within the state uh, boundaries of Washington. Uh, but anyway, so there was uh, some young men there from a company called Snow Valley. And it was not like SNOW, but SNO, which is the abbreviation for Snoqualmie Valley, which is north and west of uh, Seattle. And so anyway, they were selling uh, black uh, mushroom bags that already had the, anyway, so you just cut them open and, you know, it's, it's so you uh, grow kids. Like saline was already grown, grown in the yeah, bag. So they, they, they were offering all kinds of stuff, right? So I got one of uh, the blue oysters just because I wanted. There's something I want to try relative to growing psilocybin, but use that format. So you would get this package that would have the substrate already colonized, and it's ready to cut it open, get some oxygen in there, and now the the, the patient doesn't have to worry about sterilizing this and you know all that they're ready just to grow some medicine and so the only I thing could, like with those bags you'll get they'll give you a little bottle of alcohol they'll tell you what to sterilize what to wipe oh, down, sure how, how sure. to do it so if you do get one of them i can just tell you wear gloves sterilize yeah. uh, get a stainless oh, yeah. steel scalpel sterilize yeah. that before you cut it after that well I didn't know yeah. this, but I guess in the hydroponic world, uh, cannabis hydroponics, <clears throat> that alcohol is widely used for cleaning parts or something. You know, you get them sterile or whatever. Probably, yeah. And uh, oh, yeah, hydroponics. Well, I mean, just at some point, they take the parts and soak them in. I, I'm not saying they pour the alcohol through the system. I just mean, you know. But yeah. anyway, um, so one of the big uh, grocery store chains, well, they used to be. I don't know what their step, but so I, they had to add that uh, this is right when the COVID thing started last year. They had five gallons of hundred percent alcohol. Now you want seventy, so you gotta you gotta cut it with some water. I know this is, sounds counterintuitive, but seventy percent is actually more antiseptic because it the water retards the evaporation of the alcohol, so the alcohol stays longer on your surface than straight alcohol which is kind of like instant kind of thing so anyway uh so i called the guy and i said uh ask if they had there were five gallon jugs and so right but at this point the demand's really getting strong because of the covid and the pandemic thing right so i told him who i was and i said uh, would you guys have any problems selling me five gallons i haven't been too kind to your industry and the guy on the phone says, yeah, come on down, man. We'll take care of you. So I went over there and ended up buying two, one for a friend, 
which obviously beat me back. But anyway, I just thought it was funny. I had to get, get, go and get uh, eat some crow so I could get my hands <laughs> on some alcohol for uh, an unlimited amount of alcohol because like Costco was out. You know how the deal was last year. You couldn't get fuck. You couldn't get anything. You couldn't get peroxide. You couldn't get you know. You know, well, the, was, people was always gonna... talk about um, oysters as being easy, which is true. I'm not arguing that. Yeah. But the other one that's really medically beneficial that's really is super easy to grow is lion's mane. Yeah. We lion's mane on that whole conversation, Koo. Like, I don't know. Feel free to talk about it if you'd like, because uh, well, I've had such a, a, a palpable benefit from uh, a, a taking regular lion's mane and the chaga and all those different, uh, not even psychedelic mushrooms. Like, I've come to this weird realization that the psychedelic mushrooms almost like tune your radio, whereas the the all the regular mushrooms are the radio or something. I don't know. I probably better find well, I mean, a better metaffor than that, but no, literally sure. they're, they're heavy very lefty. significant. Go ahead. I got involved when I heard Paul Stammett speak uh, live here in Portland. Uh, it was a fundraiser for the group that got uh, psilocybin legalized there. Excuse me. The research of psilocybin legalized, not the, the, not the mushroom itself. But he was talking about all the different medicinal uh, properties and things like uh, maitake, which is also known as hen of the woods, not to be confused with chicken mm -hmm. of the woods. Uh, the medicinal property, even portobello, which is really just a brown mushroom that was allowed to go two extra days. So they give it a fancy name to make it sound Italian. It has nothing to do with Portobello. Huh? Portobello. Yeah, portobello, man. Um, but yeah, I mean, all of them, uh, so well, cordyceps is probably, uh, especially for men is probably one of the best mushrooms you can consume. And the beauty of all that is you don't have to buy and get, uh, get, uh, spend a lot of money to get the benefit. You can buy the powders by, from, uh, as an example, Myriad Mycology here in Oregon, down in Ashland, they charge $55 a pound. So easy. And, and and dehydrate them it really is honestly you get you get a bin and just have a setup bin for your mushrooms and yeah. then i dry them out but coot's right like he does have a good mix he does like if you can't grow them coot's mix is like well obviously coot knows where the good mix is <laughs> yeah well i've actually I, I modified my soil mix and this will really get uh mr uh, microbial collapse and his uh apologist but imagine this in my uh, substrate, my uh, uh, mushroom substrate, I'm including neem meal. Oh gosh. And karanja, also known as pungamia. There's uh, barley. There's uh, worm castings. There's uh, sphagnum peat moss. And you can keep <laughs> your fucking core. Um, anyway. I got it down to what you have to do. Uh, you got to go a little bit beyond pasteurized and almost touch on the boundaries of sterilized. And um, I've never had substrate colonize as quickly as this. So in spite of my concerns about especially microbial collapse, because, you know, that's what we're growing here is microbes. By the way, Kud is being sarcastic. There's no, oh, there's okay. no microbial colla collapse. He's just... Uh, Coot okay. has a uh, somebody who dislikes him. I guess we'll just put it that way. And uh, so now he fucks that person pretty much. 
Well, these are all stuff I grew, by the way. No, there you go. Make a note, like, don't mess with Coot or he <laughs> take it to where you live. <laughs> Dehydrated. What, what, what variety is that? I can't tell. Uh, those two are pink oyster, blue oyster, lion, lion's mane. Cool. This is probably my favorite. The pink oyster looks so beautiful when they're yeah. growing. So, like you were saying, um, so from my experience, the oysters doesn't give bacteria enough time. Right, because it grows so fast. So, once you get your mean, yeah. if you inoculate at the same time, the lines right. means just a little bit behind the oysters, mm -hmm. like by a week or two. And you'll notice it if you do them together. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, for sure. I was going to try to do something cool with resin um, and, and make like desk pieces. Mm -hmm. Like have like that. Like Oh, that'd be really cool. For sure. But I use, you guys, could I've told you who I use. I use North Spore. They're really chill. Um, if you don't want to have a big system, they got the, the sprays you go boxes, 28 bucks. Uh, all you do is get it, you cut it open, and you you missed it a couple of times a day. As a matter of fact, uh, North Spore has a video on YouTube on how to, uh, I mean, there's a lot of videos about how to do a monotub. But it was the first time I've seen someone that actually showed how to drill larger holes. I like uh, using two-inch holes um, without cracking it. And the secret is, not secret, but the method is, don't push. Let the drill bit yeah, let it do, its do all the work. Don't try to push it. Don't try to speed it up. Just it's going to take what it's going to take, whatever time. And I, since then, I haven't cracked one. But you know those discs that you use like in uh, mason jars? They're the, uh, the fiber ones. Instead, of, you have a ring like you always do on a mason jar, right? But instead yeah. of that disc, you replace it with this white micron. It's and it's a point zero two micron, and so that gives you a lot more. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, air exchange, which we can take those and you buy them off Amazon. Uh, but we can take those discs and use those to cover the holes on the mono tub. How cool oh, is shit. that? So now you're getting like science uh, laboratory level of filtering on the air which again is going to vastly reduce your contamination issue. So with my monotubs, I, I drilled. So I made it about this big, probably an yeah. inch and a half. I yeah. made it so I can slide a piece of plastic over it to close yeah. it. But normally if I need it open, it will have cotton filter. I kind of just put cotton in there as a filter. There's another little thing I learned if you're interested. So you're setting up your monotub, right? And you've got, how are you going to do your holes and cover them? However you do that. Okay. <clears throat> but, uh, and then do all your sterilization, all that stuff. But you want to take um, uh, painter's tape, the blue stuff. And you want to put it over the vents. Because that'll limit the air. So what, because once it's colonized, it's pretty much impervious to contamination. So then when it's colonized, then you take the blue tape off 
And now you're getting the exchange that you want and you put yeah. it under lights for your 12 and 12 to start getting your pin sets. Anyway, so just thought I'd pass that on to you. Your biggest, so if anyone's thinking about trying this, your biggest chance of getting bacteria or any type of mold is when you're going to switch from the bag to your mono tub. So you're going to have right. a grain spawn right. culture and you're going to set up your mono tub and then you're going to put your, uh, you're going to put more substrate in there with your grain spawn. And that's where a lot of the problems happen. So you, yeah. you, you want to work in an area that doesn't have much dust, anything really moving. Like it, it is a pain in the ass, but like I said, like if you get fast growers, like oysters or lion's mane, You'll be all right as long as you're clean. I've got a flow hood that I had built. So I've got that luxury. And that cuts down um, probably 95% of the uh, contamination issues. Usually it comes from your hands. Um, and your breath. That's why wearing these. Shut up, dog. That's why we're in these uh, COVID masks when you're working around with the uh, stupid dog. Um, you know, when you're working and breathe, you don't want to breathe on, you know, you want to you want to be as close to the antiseptic as you can be. And that's really the key is go the extra mile. Like you said, alcohol, oh. rub your hands, put rubber gloves on, wipe the gloves off. You know, Could just I found this, uh, this place for pre-built like monotubs huh. they already got discs on them and stuff like there you go hoop. yeah you see yeah 16.99 do it meh it's kind of worth it so you don't have to fucking deal with it hey i don't know what your time's worth but that's really worth it to me i was gonna say actually that's pretty cheap like the the tub itself at staples or yeah wait to get into shipping that something that big that. though there's where, the, there's where the money's gonna come in i'll put it in our chat so if you guys want to look at it that's the, the yeah, I use I bought one of them and I was really happy with it. And I was like, that was a good fucking deal. I didn't have yep. to cut anything, I didn't have to do anything. Just set it up. Oh, and the lights I use. So you don't need a fancy fucking light. You don't you can nope. use a fucking T12 if you need to. But you the can, what you I can use, use a 50 watt incandescent bulb if oh, you yeah. want. But I mean, what I found the best is fish light like for underneath the bottom of like a fish lid yeah it's, wa right. it's waterproof it's already right. five thousand k it's a little one led and it's a strand it's a string on it's like single led string single led string so you can put it around top so since they're waterproof i wipe them down and i stick them to the top of the inside mm -hmm. of my mono tub yeah or i put it on the outside around it you don't need right. much light. I knew a guy that he was using those uh, horrible LEDs that are in the rope. At Christmas, like at Christmas time, they come in different colors. And he'd get the white ones and the yellow ones and uh, kind of like twist them together and, and just do a ring around the monotub. No heat at all. So they're made for like trade show stuff, you know, to display I when you're putting your goodies like out using... I liked using more a bluer. I don't know if it was any different, but when I was using an incandescent, uh, not an incandescent, when I was using a 
a 3000 Kelvin T12 and mm-hmm. I switched to the the 5000 Kelvin single LEDs it seemed like the mycelium grew a little bit better like mm-hmm. first colonization well my here's my experience on on uh mycelium and uh, I got this from again Paul, a lecture Paul Stamets gave so once you uh You've got your monotub set up and you've got your substrate in it, and we've dumped in the spawn, the grain spawn, right? And you would have you prepare it and then put it in complete darkness and don't screw with it. And within a few days, on many uh, varieties, you'll have complete 100% colonization. And now you put them under a 12-12 light. And like you said, it doesn't matter because it they're not light. They grow in the goddamn forest where there is no light for, you know, heaven's sake. Um, you can buy a fully automated ones, cool. Look at this shit. Shit. I mean, same thing there I showed you. you. They, just put nice. a fucking, they just put a yeah. fan in. That's nice. Yeah, a computer fan. Yeah, excellent. That's I think that's money. high priced. Yeah, that's I mean, a lot. You, you could do that, but you could buy the one I showed you and then just add this. Absolutely, they're not hard yeah. to wire. No, yeah, you could wire in your fan and your LEDs to the same same source. Yeah, yeah. just make sure you put the wires the right way or the fan will pull backwards. And you know what's good for a humidifier for like smaller stuff is oh, look so to the reptile. God. Uh, hobbyist uh, crowd because they have some really cool large volume uh, humidifiers for keeping you know certain uh, types of reptiles need uh, high humidity levels and so I bought a, a three foot by three foot uh, tent grow tent um, from AC inverter AC the people that make the lights and stuff. Uh, anyway, uh, seven foot tall. And so uh, I'm going to put a humidifier in there so I can do like the ones that re- are like with, uh, what do you call it? Oysters, you want like 90% or more humidity levels. Yeah. Um, That's good when you, it's good to have opening and closing um, on yes. your on your yeah. filters. So if right. you need more humidity, you can close a couple. Well, this particular uh, fan I got, it, already, it, it, it comes with two models. The one I got has the uh, panel that sits on the outside of the tent that you can uh, control it by temperature or humidity. This is the one I use for my little monotub. It's a little yeah, there you gas, go. Right. gas right. humidifier. There you go. It's right in the monotub. Yeah. Um, you put an ink bird in there, or you get a cheaper one if you want humidity stat, and this thing will fucking rock. Two seconds of this thing on. Um, thing is, you want one with a not digital. You want an analog switch if you're going right. to use a humidity yeah. stat. Yeah. If you get yeah. a digital one, every time it resets, it will shut it off. And that's with your grow right. stuff, too. 
you always want an analog if you're going to use ink birds or something that's going to flip on power on and off. Even fans, this is a pretty fr frustrating thing. You want to go get like a fan. You're, you're like, oh, I'll just get one at Target or Costco, whatever. They always reset every time there's a power outage or anything else. Mm -hmm. So you want something that's more like a, a manual. You know what I mean? Like analog, analog. yeah. So, uh, anything uh, designed for grow room won't have like those digital switches, you know? Right. Like my dehue um, in the summer. Yeah. If I had it on an ink bird, it would shut off and not turn back on because it's digital. I think we should figure, I think someone, if you want, someone wants a good idea, they should figure out how to get into the board and program a, a humidifier not to do that. You know what I mean? But I just have to go down there and turn it on and off. I mean, I have a timer on it so I can turn it on and then set the timer for six hours or whatever, 12 hours, depending on what I'm doing, flowering or veg or whatever. But if it's a power outage or something or the power flickers, it shuts off and I have to go back down there and turn it on. Okay, here you go. These are from uh, Oaxaca. And, so, uh, did you freeze dry them or just kind of left them out? Oh no, I, I, you know those uh, dehydrators. Yeah, that's what the I did. Plastic trays. Yeah, that's what I use. Peel? Huh? It wouldn't have to be the wrong peel food dehydrator, was it? I think so. Yeah, for making fruit leather. <laughs> I think mine's like a a nano. There's one or brand that like dominates that. it. I don't know, but uh, you, and you can buy other trays. You can eventually get like twenty trays. It'll the the unit that you buy for like sixty dollars has I don't know eight or nine, ten trays, whatever. But you can go up to I think twenty. So you could buy the trays, and and that's how many you can stack. And but anyway, you get the idea. So these, and then after I uh, dry them, then I put them in a, a plastic bag with bags of desiccant I buy from Amazon to make sure. Yeah, that's, New yeah. Way? Well, you, is yours is a lot fancier than mine. This one's old. I've had this one for a long, long time. This one's pretty much just used for mushroom and hash and seed drying for bud. These will make you see God. <laughs> and not only that, you'll want to talk to him, okay? This is not for the, this. I wouldn't be doing. I wouldn't recommend these for. Yeah, you know, I think I'll do some microdosing. Oh, okay, man. Well. Yeah, that works out for you. Now, when you start with something a little calmer, like gold. That's the one where you basically find the person talking naked on the freaking Broadway, like downtown. They're they're walking down the street. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Oh, this yeah, is yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah. I mean, one of the, the one of the larger uh, spore vendors because it's legal to buy, sell, possess spores. It's just not legal to do anything with them, I guess. Yeah. For museum you, purposes, you can, yeah. Genetic Yeah, purposes. you're yeah. allowed to do spore printing. Yeah. So you, uh, so there's only three states. Two of them make complete sense. Georgia and Utah. Okay. I got that. But the other one, California, that one just like, huh? California outlawed, you know, spores. So. Uh, Watch out if he's rolled around. And so he's got the guy, he used to be known as Hawkeye with an E on the end, Hawk, and then an E on the end, not Hawkeye, but Hawk. And, and he's just, he's connected with Mushroom John Allen, the guy that tra traveled the world for about 20 years collecting spores. 
So a lot of the uh, spores that he sells are from the efforts of Mushroom John, uh, kind of a, a folk hero in the uh, psilocybin world. So I really want to play with those those uh, uh, plastic uh, degrading myceliums. Oh sure. Hey, look, like, long after totally, the human race does whatever they're going to do to this earth, you know, they'll be fungi. They were the ones that brought the thing together. It was fungi and algae that created the plant kingdom. It was fungi controlling bacteria colonies in the form of what we call lichen that created soil by pulling off thin layers of rock over billions of years. That's how soil at its very basic definition is rotted animal and plant material with shattered rock. the rest are amendments for this discussion. For yeah, I'm just talking about on a. I got into a, not an argument. Um, we were talking, and I said I don't feed my plant anymore. I feed my soil. Yeah. And they were trying to tell me I'm completely wrong. Oh, um, I know. Wait, I know. Wait, wait, wait. I understand what you're saying, but I am. I'm not putting anything in my water. I'm. I'm putting it all in my soil so my soil breaks it down and then makes it plant available so technically i'm feeding soil not my plant that's right you know never mind but i was trying to explain like so a basic plant's needs is water sun and a medium and when you're taking the water or or whatever and you're adding your nutrients to it you're force feeding them you're force feeding it you're making it because it needs water to live so you're forcing it to take up nutrients with the, the regular water with our systems the plants See, allowed to here's your, here's do your what it uh, wants. you're on a fruitless e- effort journey because here's the problem the people that you're trying to talk to have zero i mean less than zero minus ten thousand on any level of understanding the term botany they got the chemistry down they can spittle and rattle off with blah blah about the phosphorus and the magnesium and you got the nitrogen and the calcium you know you got all that shit down but try some botany and they just sit there and stare at you like what do you mean good soil what does that mean you mean like a good bag of soil no there is no such thing there isn't there's some Sometimes people are very stubborn on that. That uh, I don't know why are people so stubborn on that. Like people are always because, assuming because that this want, one bag is going to be different. Like why would they assume yeah, that? They, because they they want something that's formula. I go to the store. I buy this bag of we be cool soil. And I don't and I have to water. Home. I don't have to feed nutrients. I don't have to do days. anything. It's somebody days. already did it for me. Okay, some degenerate. You know. Uh, well, never mind. In West Indian, um, bagged up some coot any... mix. And huh? it's, uh, I'll bag up some coot mix and I'll sell it at the stores. And then it'll be the new thing on the market. It'll actually oh, yeah. work. Hey, listen. <laughs> I caught a guy in Northern California who was selling it by the yard. Right in the middle of the cannabis growing area. And when I called him, it was one of those, oh, hold on, I might lose you. I'm going in through a tunnel. <laughs> Uh, and let's see. Uh, uh, let's see. There's at least twelve hundred. 
There's 12 uh, uh, coot mixes, yeah. you know, out there. Because, like, I, like, I don't know. I I start with a bag, obviously, but yeah. I add, I add my own shit. But and you, you know what I and you know what I start with. So I start with yeah. a decent compost and and yeah. stuff like that. That's a soil. See, see, that's a soil. Now remember something: when you go get a bag of, I don't care, just name something. All right, you know, one of the you get, you're an asshole if you don't use it. Okay, one of those kind of soils, and you and it's called label building. And the more crap you can get on that label about what's in it makes the consumer, the wannabe grower, think, wow, these guys really know what they're doing. But here's the thing. And everything is measured against a yard, which is half a pallet. 27 bags is a, is a yard, cubic yard. In order to put, uh, we'll say, uh, Canadian sand on the label. Do you know how much has to go on that that yard? A bucket? A tablespoon. Nah. A tablespoon. Yeah, a tablespoon. That's like they say the micro, we add micro and, and it's mar- oh, minuscule. Yeah. I don't think they add but, it. I think they just count that in what they take up when they uh, yeah. harvest it from the forest floor. I don't think they add a, a one bit to it. That's they just, that, the they're just counting reason. what they take up. I don't use a product that's from the forest floor or forest, it's more fish, uh, lobster compost based. Yep. You don't use you don't use peat. That's like I think there's cocoa and peat. Um, probably. Huh? I think I got cocoa and peat in that. Oh yeah, that's pretty standard, unfortunately. Uh, sphagnum. The reason that I like sphagnum is that if you when you look at a piece of sphagnum. It's a part of a plant. You can see that it's a plant. You know, it's got branches and what have you. And so you have air gaps. And so when you mix your soil with that, you have pathways for oxygen and water to get into the root zone. Uh, Instead of like, you know, core, which just tightens up like crazy. Because it's... Yeah, it's garbage. Um, But I I end up adding more compost anyways you know what right. i mean so i have to need, add more you don't need but like here's how you like, here's how you do if you've got compost here's what you do you want to save money you go to home depot and you buy a, a 3.8 cubic foot bag of uh not bag but uh bale of sphagnum peat moss that'll bust out to seven cubic feet seven mm-hmm. that's seven bags of soil now if you add to that Let's see. Let me do my arithmetic. Let's do uh, three bags, three cubic feet of compost. Okay. Because you've got worm power. So that's your ace in the hole. All right. I'm talking to you because I know what you, where, where you, part of the world you live in, what you got available. Yeah. So there's your, so, okay, now you're going to need uh, whatever you like. You want to use perlite, use perlite. You want to use I, I don't it. mind perlite. It keeps the pot light for me. Okay, that's cool. So there you go. There you, and now you need some rock dust. All right. So you use Blank. granite. You Blank. live right next to the granite state. <laughs> I have a big so, thing of langbianite. You don't want langbianite. You know you know what langbianite is? No. All right, here you go. In the 19th century, at the end of the 19th century, it was a common practice that the scientists, the geologists, whatever, if they were to discover 
material, they would name it after them. So Dr. Langbian, who was a uh, geologist in Germany, it okay. was named Langbianite. And it's also, if you were to ask a geologist, what is this? He would, or she would say to you, it's sulfate of potash magnesia, sulfur, potassium, and magnesium. And if you talk to representatives from Mosaic, which is one of the largest chemical companies in the world, they would say, oh, that's KMAG. You heard of that one, right? Yeah. And they have a subdivision called Sol for sulfur, hyphen, Po for potassium, hyphen, okay. Po mag. That's the one that they license to any, any fertilizer company that wants to use it to add it to their mix. But they have to have the word sulfomag really, it even comes down to how big the letters have to be on the package, that kind of shit. Because it's a big corporation. Now, I just gave you, those are four names for the same material. Yeah. I've seen potting soils that have all four names listed on the label. <laughs> so I do, my, my don't setup's kind of like yours. Way. Yeah, no, I'll stop. use it. Yeah. I so mean, you, want really, you want to really screw up your plant? K-Mag is the way to go. I mean, that's the fastest way I know. You're, you're high dosing with levels of magnesium in spite of all the malarkey about magnesium-hungry plants and I don't know, whatever the last, latest uh, science thing is. Um, yeah. You don't need it because you're using uh, Coast of Maine. Their uh, products are stellar. You've got a good base to go with. You add some compost. You use your uh, worm, uh, worm power. I got worm casts too. There's, yeah, there's your, there's your, uh, there's your. What do you call it? There's your uh, program. So if anyone wants to know, I kelp meal, fishbone meal, alfalfa meal, worm castings, lobster compost. What my base base is made up as peat and cocoa core and perlite, obviously. Yep. And you're dancing. You should be having giant plants. And I mean giant, not, you know, like I said. Oh, shit. Night. It looks you know, like Linus in Peanuts with a, a Christmas tree with a blanket around it. Yeah. I love this stuff. I I, I love the, the chitin, like, promoting. Yep. Um, what was I going to? Fuck. Oh, so I did this to you last night. I was bored. I was I had to put some water out and I had to bring it upstairs because it was really cold. You know what I mean? I didn't want to do the whole basement thing and leave it in the basement, let it get too cold and water with it. So I brought it upstairs and I was bored. So I I um I got a food processor. So I uh thank you, Ian. Shout out to Ian. I took some barley and I ground it up like oh, yeah. real real fine. And yeah. I put it in the water bucket with some worm power. And Good I idea. put a bu- I put a bubbler in it overnight. Yeah, and I, I I was like, well, let's see what happens. By the morning, it was all foamy and nice. I was like, oh, this this might actually be something. No, you. <laughs> I learned something a long time ago in this uh, scene. The more effective a product is, the more the fakes come out to badmouth it. Okay, and so I knew I'd really hit pay dirt when uh, Cupcake, uh, the one that's into uh, elder abuse, um said that barley would cause microbial collapse, which I found fascinating, to say the least, um, since I thought the whole idea of a compost tea was to increase your microbe, wasn't it? Or did I, miss, did I read the book wrong? Or, or whatever. 
Um, and I, Fume was kind enough to put up some pictures of some outdoor plants, my genetics, and, you know, 40 pounds of barley over the season. Didn't look like it was too fucking collapsed to me. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I, I think if you can put it down, like, most of the time, sometimes even whole, you don't even have to grind it up. You can put it down and you'll come back the next day and you'll see mycelium starting to grow on the soft layer of your plants. Yeah. Right. If you grind it up, um, I've noticed that that comes even faster. Yep. It's just because you're exposing you're exposing more of the material to oxygen and uh other well when you put it in the soil, you if you've done your homework and you you know what you're doing and not trying to run a chemistry test, you're gonna have you're gonna have established microbial colonies in your potting soil. All this does is enhance because it's enzymes. Uh, uh, maybe a better word for some who may have a little bit more science under their uh, belt than some of the rest of us, but cofactors. And cofactor is a word used by biologists. Uh, enzymes are at the core of every metabolical function in the universe, uh, in your gut, on your skin. Um, they can't be overstated. And there you go. Now, look at that. Tell them what size pots and stuff so people know. Oh, 800 gallon pots. So that's four yards. That's uh, two pallets uh, soil. Um, yeah, that, yeah, there you go. That's what that's what plants look like. Not, oh, look, I got these in my garage and mommy's going to get half of it. I was going to. Oh, those are eight I foot tall too, by the way. So, I thought a pallet was 60. Well, it depends. I mean, it's close enough. I mean, it's 55 to 60, but basically a pallet is, uh, two, that's why you, those big bags are called two-yard totes. Yeah. Well, I was I, I was going to go to the point for next year. They they have this thing called a super sack. That's what they is, the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, without super the Super sack, two-yard tote, whatever. Yeah. I'm going to probably get it dropped off. Anybody that, hey, hey, Smash, anybody that buys soil in a bag, doesn't know what the fuck they're doing. I mean, you saw I mean, the price you, I got. I had to. <laughs> no, I'm talking I, about commercial. I mean, you know, I went on, on a, a proposal a couple of years ago with this thing went legal here a few years ago. Whatever. And uh, when I pulled into their farm and I saw pallets stacked on the dock, I just said to myself, this isn't going to go well at all. Yeah, so... so Maybe I just I realized that they didn't know what they were doing. You buy bag saw it just proves on a commercial level when you're gonna do two thousand plants on an acre. So I with mean, my soil right. and my bags of soil, I went to Maine um three hours from like where the plant was, and he brought down bags from the plant for me and there their compost go. and stuff. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the jack off. Oh, no, that, no, I'm just explaining uh, to why tell people why. And he hits it. over to the grow store because his buddy's there. And he really knows what he's talking about. And uh, they, he buys some crazy amount of real shit. Like Route 707 is something I don't like. Potting soil to fill his plant holes that he digs with? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, dug, I dug all the dirt out, and I'm going to put I'm gonna put ocean forest in it. Yeah. And people, people paid you? <laughs> really? 
Okay. So that is a thing that can be necessary in some yards out here. That is a thing that can be necessary in some yards out here. Oh, for sure. Every Arizona. Depending on where you live, any yard, depending yeah. on what they grew there. Um, well, like, you, unless you're growing cactus or mesquite, you're probably not going to get anything to grow out there much with just plain yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Water, you know, around the world, the only the only environments where there's no worms, earthworms that burrow and do all the stuff that makes soil soil are deserts. So that's right well, off the bat, yeah. so right off the bat, yeah, you've got to bring in compost and create artificial soils, not unlike what potting soil. If you're going to eat, well, that's what I do. There, I the reason that those are that we use pots is that in that part of Oregon, you have a huge amount of issue with uh, gophers. Mold, well, they're in the ground mold. anyways, though. Like you see those pots, those soil that those roots are going through that pot into the ground unless you're stopping it. That's I'm not worried about the roots. I mean, they can repair it and themselves. It's that they start eating the plant from the anyway. So what you do is you line those pots with three layers of chain link fence, but put them off yeah. center. So at least it's a barrier, you know, some kind of a Anyway, you get the idea. It's uh, yeah, but the yeah. Uh, the idea to go out and dig holes and fill it up with potting soil just make a giant gopher screen. I got a question. Yeah, exactly. So there you go. Yeah. If if I was trying to grow on let's say desert land or something, and I started to build mounds like where there I you plant, go. you yeah. know what I mean? And like, would it? work like if i put compost and something on, on sections of the land would it work its way down into the the yeah eventually desert? yeah sure and that's decent soil like once once roots can get into it it's not especially bad. if you turn it in with the soil okay. like well, like mix soil yes. and the compost on a regular yes. basis next I won't dig up like spots. Like the only spot I'll dig up is for a one gallon pot, and then I just kind of fill it in with the dirt around it. But well, that's because you, those pots that you saw in the picture, the reason that those are are uh, buried, what seventy five percent, I think, is uh, for to uh, keep uh, evaporation uh, to reduce evapor evaporation, which is your biggest use of water. Is uh, yeah, going up in the air in the atmosphere. So, um, yeah, if I, if I, you know, if I could grow here, well, you, you don't want to, but Northwest Oregon, between the Cascades and the Pacific Ocean, you can ask fume. I used to say, hey, be out of the ground by the middle of October this year. I don't think they made it to October first before the first rains came. You I'm still know? going. It's raining, but I'm covered. It's been cold. The plant's still growing, though. I'm just yeah. kind of... It's just because I'm not going to smoke that flower. If the plants are healthy, they'll uh, they'll grow. They'll grow through the rain. Like, I know a couple of people who are still harvesting now, you know, like, and they're not, they're yeah, not worried about it. You know, they have a few probably pockets of, of bud rot and stuff like that, but 95% of the plants are but perfect. We learned... I learned this year that I can't... Like, normally, I put a roof up 
when I when it's starting to when you're my plants transitioning into flower. From now on, I'm gonna have just a clear roof up from day one. Like before, I put plants out there next year. I'm gonna put up for like it's not. It's just gonna be a roof like uh, with cor- corrugated clear on the top, just so it doesn't it because we were so wet. So I can like at least mitigate some of the water. Once in your life, you have to do a, a, a plant in at least, a, say, a 400. That's two yards. Well, I think my area out there would probably be, I, the area of my garden area is pretty big. The joy of watching a plant get that big, eight, nine foot tall, with eight, nine pounds on it. From a tiny little seed. Doesn't that blow your mind every yeah. time it happens from a seed? Yeah. Well, it also like out here, I could do it. It would just depend on what I put out there to start with. You know what I mean? I'd put out something that's already pre-teened out there and it would probably end up getting pretty big. Um, But if I tried to do like I did this year from like a solo cup, shit, shit got battered. (laughs) So I I think in California, when we didn't know what we were doing, uh, so this would have been like 70... Seven seventy-eight, but we had these seeds, you know, from Thailand, and uh, so it's already warm in February. Oh. So that's when we planted them, and then we let them go till like a week before Christmas. And uh, I mean, they were like twenty-four foot tall. Outdoor coot? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. mine mine were <laughs> over eleven foot this year. Yeah, I mean, it's insane. My one, my new record this year was seven foot seven inches, which is a new record for me, which is dope. I got like between two and a half to three and a half off of the one that was about 11 foot tall. All his plant was seven and a half. (laughs) For my like gorilla growing, they got like seven and a half, but it was like tarp covered type of area and stuff. So it did pretty good. But I always go on the ground. That's like my big thing. I don't bring pots anywhere. I'll put it straight into the ground. My outdoor soil is so beautiful. And uh, I live on. Have, Cheers, folks. We have uh, some of the Cheers. best soils uh, definitely mm-hmm. in North America between the Cascades and the Pacific Ocean. And a lot of that's, uh, and, and a great deal of that came from the volcanic action that went on here for a couple million years, several million years ago. So you have this basalt-laden soil that produces some of the best vineyards in North America. Um, Still going apples. on, as we've seen with Mount St. Helens. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So, um, I mean, why would anybody want to buy a bag of crap out of Arcata, California, (laughs) when you've got this, you know, kind of action? And you can put all the calcium, or what is it? Oh, yeah, Cal Mag. Cal Mag, that's my favorite. (laughs) Yeah, we need a new new, uh, amendment that's, you know, I mean, that's been beat to death. 
I mean, they were they were talking about that gibberish back. They've been trying to beat silica in, man. But the problem with oh, silica yeah, yeah. is there's so many cheap alternatives. I was just goofing, uh, goofing off about that a little bit. Well, not goofing off, being a little bit more serious about that on the, the new Discord, the Fumidora Discord. But uh, you know, man, there's any number of very expensive silica products you can oh, spend yeah. literally hundreds of dollars on a tiny oh, little yeah. bottle. Silica yeah. is sand. Yeah, I remember, well, they said, oh, this is the activated silica, right? And I mean, I guess there is something to that because ultimately sand is not plant available, right? I mean, but uh, how do I say this? Plants do grow in sand. So obviously there's something there that they can uh, access over time. Like everyone's well, seen plants grow like crazy over by it. the beach, right? Yeah, they live in like at the beach. It's like freaking marshland and everything else. They fucking love Ice sand. Plant. They break it down over time. But the thing okay, is, we the have a is lot time, of you know? the, the oldest plant in the world that predates all other plants. It dates back to the dinosaur era, is the horsetail fern. And check out a photograph of it. You can't walk more than two miles in an Oregon forest without coming across huge. It's invasive like a mother because, you know, it's, you can't kill it. So you harvest that and you throw pieces of the plant material into your compost pile. There's your silica. Big deal. You know, I mean. Mm-hmm. Some people really make a make a, a big production out of everything, and expensive too. Yeah, just get a guy in, in with uh, some uh, chino slacks and loafers and a shirt at a canacon, and the the what do you call them? The sheeple will stand in line, you know, just throwing ah. dollars at them, you know, to get there. Your dank on. I want to get my dank on, man. Oh, good for you. Why don't you try learning some botany? There you go. There you go. See how that works out for you. Yeah, horsetail ferns is really, if you, horse, you know, you're not going to find them in the desert, but I'll bet you, like Wes, shouldn't have any problem finding uh, horsetail ferns. Maybe you have to go south because, you know, it might be too cold, but. I know Smash. Beaches, tons of them. Yeah. Like the, the entire Oregon coast has mountains world. of them straight up. Yes. So I'm wondering, yeah, like down to California. I know for sure the entire West Coast pretty much has horsetails up the butt. They were, there was a whole age of horsetails, I want to say, just like the ferns. There was like, so they should yes. be endemic to everywhere, just like ferns are. Yeah. There are horsetails everywhere up here. I remember knocking on a farmer's door out towards uh, uh, Nike the uh, shoe place thing and uh, i asked him if he would mind if i you know harvested some of the horsetail and he looked at me like have you been drinking he goes i pay people to come here and remove that shit you can take all you want bring all your friends (laughs) so anyway i spread the word with some of the more uh you know, non-growth store growers, you know, like myself. And so, yeah, we put a huge dent in uh, this invasive, because it's like, it's just so fucking invasive. You have no idea. And uh, the thing about silica is, and I don't want to get discussed because I get the, they're worse than the cow mag clowns, really, or the magnesium hungry guys. Um, silica is a very mobile element in the soil. So it is one of the few elements that is probably a, a good idea to have an ongoing uh, introduction of material, like top dressing some horsetail ferns would be a good example. So, 
you don't have to poison your plants with uh, K-Mag or mm. Sulpomag or Langbionite or what, what else we, can we call it? Oh, yeah, sulfate of potash magnesia. So you pay more if it says K-Mag on the bag, though, i can tell you that. What other nude is going to get hyped in the future? It's going to be something. People love to hype nudes for some stupid. I'm throwing my money in on uh, molybdenum. Molybdenum? Yeah. Yeah, because it's hard enough to mispronounce. It'll be really funny to listen to a couple of stoners up on stage at Canacon. And And it sounds dirty uh, because it sounds like a a drug, you know? So it'd be like, they can hype it. They'd be like, have you got your Molly yet? And be like, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right. I remember. Were you guys around when there people were advocating that you had to flush your plants before harvest? Oh, they still advocate it to this day. Oh, to good, this day. Good, to yeah. this day. Everybody like yeah. uh, oh, synthetic, good. organic, hydraulic, and they, they all basically uh, think you should flush the fucking plants. Okay. I don't know why, because they're not toilets, but they think that you should flush it through plants. I really don't understand it. No comment. I get it when they're doing 2,500 PPMs in Rockwell. But even then, like, what are you actually flushing? I mean, I suppose if your if your substrate is that built up, you probably have other problems. Like, I don't know if you have like calcified deposits. And your plants are already dying. You're That's burning. it. Yeah, tips are like oh, melting down to the. That's it. Well, you don't want to give calcium to anything out here because our water calcifies everything anyway. Right. I mean, Let's think see. about it. Here, okay, this is what I love. Limestone is one of the most basic sources of calcium carbonate, right? Right. And it's made from uh, accumulated deposits of seashells over millions of years. Okay. And you can get it at even Home Depot for... I don't know, seven dollars for twenty-five pounds or something. If you go to a farm store and get fifty pounds, it's like eight dollars. Right at the tractor, tractor supply. Yeah, tractor supply. There you go. Exactly. Now, oyster shell powder is also calcium carbonate, but it sounds more groovy. Fancy. It's yeah. fancy. It's groovy, man. Just, yeah, it's all hip and shit, you know. It was oysters, And uh, the biggest deposit of that is, it's not the, like, happy hour clamshells. It's about the size of your little finger. And they lived, I don't know how many thousands, millions of years ago. Yeah. So they've been hauling them out of the San Francisco Bay. And now get this, the company, Pacific Pro, gets has the contract to remove this, this dredge. So they get paid for that. And in that dredge, they have a washing station where they separate the mud from the shells. And guess what? They've got oyster shell powder. Now, it isn't just for soil. It's the first use because it goes back 100 years, like 1920s when they started, had this contract. They add it to chicken feed. Why? Well, because eggshells are also calcium carbonate. And by adding some to the feed of the chickens, it strengthens the shell, which meant less breakage and damage in yeah, shipping. You pick up the eggs. You exactly. Pick up the eggs, yeah. Without so I I go to the farm store one day 
it's the organic farm store here, the one that sells a lot of organic things. And they had uh, oyster shell powder, and it was 75 cents less than limestone. And I thought, now there's the hook. This, this, I'll just, I'll tell people, I, and I did. I mean, I wasn't lying. But I, so that's the only reason I started using the oyster shell is that it was 75 cents a bag cheaper than limestone. And then people get, well, you know, limestone is uh, da 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 and uh, you know, the oyster shell is a da 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 da. And I'm just sitting back laughing my ass off. Yeah. So, yes, it's uh, calcium carbonate, you know, one calcium ion, a carbon, and what? Uh, three, three oxygen, C A C F. There you go. No mystery. And where your, uh, your, uh, Crustacean comes in, the reason that we want to use that, or a reason to use it, is that at its core, it's all seashells are made out of calcium carbonate, right? Some create layers, and between those layers, it creates a layer of chitin. So when we use crab meal, uh, which is not the inside, it's the shell, uh, lobster shell, uh, tadpoles, and believe it or not, shrimp, those all contain chitin plus the calcium carbonate. So we can use that as our liming agent and then pick up the benefit of the chitin uh, for our soil or, worm, or for your worm bins, whatever. So there it is. There's a uh, liming agents 101. Oh, oh, here's the other thing. Here's the other one is to use uh, sulfur, excuse me, to use gypsum because you're going to pick up elemental calcium. It's not a calcium carbonate. And you're going to pick up sulfur. So That's a nice side effect. I, the gypsum, it cakes up your soil, or I should say uh, loosens, loosens the soil. Like yes. It has a palpable effect. You think it's maybe yes. made up, but it actually is like, it's very noticeable, like uh, leavening effect almost. The, the mix that I used to... Uh, recommend is three by volume make a mix of three parts of however you want to get there calcium i mean excuse me uh oyster shell powder limestone doesn't matter and then one cup of gypsum <laughs> thoroughly mix that and then whatever volume you want to add to your soil mix so that way you're getting the elemental uh, calcium you're getting calcium carbonate and you're picking up sulfur also available at Costco for next to nothing. At Costco, you said the sulfur is? I'm sorry. Uh, Concentrates. Home Depot. Wouldn't that be fun if it was at Costco? You'd be like, oh, I'm going to go there to get my weed stuff. I mean, you could probably some of the time. Like, they have all kinds of weird stuff at Costco. They probably have barley sometimes. What else? They've certainly, I, I used to get coconut water there. They have, like, uh, I don't remember... Uh, they have uh, raw coconuts sometimes, like fresh coconuts. Yeah. What else? Well, if you wanted to, you could run a whole grow from Costco. <laughs> it really, Costco is really good at, uh, and where uh, Walmart, Sam's Clubs do very poorly, <laughs> is that Sam's Club are run out of uh, Fayetteville, Arkansas, the headquarters. They tell you how many, what, what products you can have in your store, blah, 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 blah. So the thing that broke it open was about 20 years ago, because they, you know, they micromanage everything. Their Utah stores weren't selling 
hot water heaters at the same pace that other parts of the country did. They were underperforming, I think is the corporate term there. Well, come to find out that it, through some, you know, using scientists, uh, so, sociologists, what have you, Utah has a higher child count per family. So the families are bigger. And so the water heaters that might fly in, say, Oklahoma, weren't big enough for the a lot of the families in Utah. And so when, cost, excuse me, when uh, Walmart decided to let Sam's Club then sell larger water heaters, their sales became on, the same on par with the other parts of the country. So, uh, what Costco's good at is like in, in Southern California, there's uh, some stores out towards East LA, uh, Monterey Park, what have you, which has a really high Asian population as well as Hispanic. And so you go in the stores and you're going <coughs> to find products that you're not going to find at the Costco in Gresham or, you know, or even say Long Beach or something. I mean, they're good at identifying here's what this market wants and filling that need. They're there to sell stuff. You know. That's Food City here. What's that? There's a store called Food City here. <laughs> they, they, they know the Mexican market like nobody's business. Well, then you should be able to get some really nice aloe vera leaves. Well, I got that growing in my garden. Yeah, yeah, man. Lucky you. If I were going to, I could only grow one plant <coughs> to feed my other plants, that would be the one. <coughs> the aloe vera. <laughs> I also got yucca out in the yard here. My, that's my dad's. My wow. dad grows yucca. Juice at Costco sometimes. I don't know if that counts. My dad buys that, yeah. yeah. What about be pretty expensive. Oh, yeah. Coconut's a seed. And so, when you find those white ones that, you know, just a husk and like, especially in a Thai restaurant or a market, and they cut the top off, you get like two cups of that liquid. That's coconut milk. Uh, excuse me, coconut water. Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. Coconut milk is a manufactured product as is coconut cream. So, what? but that's the embryo that you're, getting that water, that coconut water, that's an embryo of the, I think the largest seed on the planet or pretty close to that. Yeah, yeah. Be like a chicken egg, that's the yolk. Exactly. And so oh. as the seed matures, it starts adhering to the side of the walls and that's what becomes the coconut that we buy to put in our bread and candy and stuff. Uh, meat, they call it. But so when you get it, there's no shell. That's why they leave part of the husk on and you take a sharp knife and cut the top off. You can find videos on YouTube. I probably do a better job explaining it than I can. But anyway, that stuff, that's, they use it to grow orchids. Probably one of the more mm, challenging areas of uh, home gardening would be a lot of orchids. I mean, not all orchids are difficult, but if you're going to have find a difficult plant, start looking in the orchid market or the arena. Um, so 
I was just digging around and I put together. So Tommy Tricomb sent me a bunch of sour melon crossed G13 skunk. Noob sent me some crescendo feminized autos. There's two of those. And then I have some of the homies that I've grown this personally, and it's really good. Some sniper raw cookie. I threw in three of those. So each person no would get five. Raw cookie sniper. You don't have Skittles? I have runs. You want some? No. I would so be I think at the next 20, I would be, in my circle of friends, I would be, they would be appalled. <laughs> and I would be embarrassed to say to them, yeah, I'm growing this thing called Skittles. <laughs> Their reaction would be like mine the first time I heard that. I said, excuse me, did you say Spittles? Anyway. Uh, well, I don't know. I have an excess of seeds. <laughs> Noob and Tommy sent me some stuff, so I figured I'd share the love. I figure at the next 20, I'll do a giveaway for these Sour Melon G13 Skunk regulars. Well, I want you to know that I have three plants growing now. I'm back in the game. I, I took a three or four year sabbatical. Oh, yeah. Are you doing ambrosia? Yeah. Be, and and well, two reasons. One because it came from Tommy. The other reason is that I know the breeder. Excuse me, I know of that breeder going back over twenty something years. Uh, Jordan of the Islands, uh, famous for his God Bud, uh, I think was his first big. Yeah, that's like, what I, I've always big heard. Hit. I've heard it's, only good things about Jordan of the Islands. Yeah, me too. So that's when Tom offered him to me. I was really. You know, happy to say, hell yeah, you know, that I grow. I don't I don't ever want to see another Kush. Um the most genetically trained wreck I've ever seen. And <laughs> 15 bamboo sticks to hold up one plant. You already saw how I grow. I mean, you know, you know, you say, Well, you know, maybe you didn't have enough calcium in your soil. Fuck you, you know. <laughs> <laughs> got a couple questions in chat um i think someone wants you to help them convert from u.s to i don't know where they are uh jimmy do you understand what question were you looking at perpetuals yeah uh could you already have a cubic meter reference as your own pots are basically three cubic meters uh 800 u.s gallons equals three Okay, what is this? Three three thousand. Oh, okay, yeah, three thousand twenty-eight point three two. So we're just rounding up to three thousand twenty-eight liters. Yeah, so less a, than one yeah, percent. Right, right, yeah. Because four liters for this discussion, close enough. We're talking soil here, not oncology. Uh, so four liters is a gallon. We'll say. So yeah, so thirty-two divided by four would be eight hundred. So there's your yeah. We're I don't have all the calculations, but that's close enough, yeah. Okay. They want, yeah, they were trying, they're trying to do the coots mix and they're trying to figure it out, I think. Okay. So the easiest way is, okay, so let's say it's 800, uh, or excuse me, they're using liters. So 30, we'll say 3,000 liters. How's it? It makes the arithmetic easier. So 1,000 liters of each. Of your uh, sphagnum peat moss, uh, a good quality compost, and all the vermicompost you can get your hands on, and then uh, your aeration material. And that really depends what part of the world you're in. 
not everyone's going to have pumice because that comes from volcanoes. That's uh, it's actually glass. I don't know if you knew that or not, but um, it's known as volcanic glass. And when it's black, it's we call it obsidian. But think of a lava flow. You have that foam on the top of the the river of of uh, molten rock. Well, that Cinder. foam. Yeah, that foam dries, like, and that's what pumice is. Uh, so it makes a perfect aeration because you have it, all those uh, aeration. In silica, points. I think obsidian actually has uh, high silica, and so it uh, uh, cools right. slowly. Yes. So it's probably completely unavailable. See, it's different. It's and see, glass, I'm, not, I'm not a geologist, glass, and I don't but... pretend to be. And I, all I, what I do know is that there's different kinds of volcanoes, and that the ones that we have in the Northwest, as well as Hawaii, produce the best basalt because it's the hardest. I know that sounds counterintuitive, but it's the biological activity in and around those pieces. In other words, a plant can't use, we'll say, let me grab one that I know what I'm talking about. So I don't miss. Okay, iron. In other words, FE. Plants do not take up Fe. That's the uh, fair. That's the Latin name. That, that's the symbol. Like calcium is Ca, capital C, lowercase a. Iron is capital F, and then lowercase c. But that activity in and around creates different forms of of. Uh, I'm embarrassed. Is it ferrous? Yeah. Cool. Uh, iron, uh, stuff with iron is ferrous. Yeah. Okay, so it creates a compound of ferrous. Does that make sense? So that's what plants can use. Microbes can't break down. Well, they can over ferric oxide a long period. Is right. Uh, yeah, it was yes. Ferric oxide is rust. Yeah, you, okay. only, you only use Fe2 for plants. You don't want the oxidized form Fe3, and it's a lot harder right. for plants to What I'm saying, though, is that when the iron that's in <clears throat> our soils, <clears throat> the microbial activity will create the form necessary because that's what plants do. Plants exude uh, compounds and triggering mechanism to to get the the nutrients that it needs. That's the, the most misunderstood part in this whole thing with cannabis growers. I'm gonna I'm gonna take over. I'm going to micromanage this thing. I'm going to dump all these things on there. And I can use any kind of soil I want because I'm going to take care of it with this liquid. And I think that's a, fallac a fallacy. I think it's a guaranteed way to have really bad crops. Over and over and over and over and over. I'll put mine up against anybody's. Bring it on. Yeah, I was amazed this year at how much more potent my buds are than the stuff from the goddamn dispensary. It's like, oh my god! And and I'm and I'm running the same strains as what yes. our dispensaries are out here. So it's crazy. I do not understand. <clears throat> In states like Colorado and Oregon, and I guess there's some regional 
pockets in California and other places. I don't know all the laws, don't pretend to. But if you're allowed to grow, and even though Hume says, you know, we need more, we can't do it on four, I beg to differ. I can pull, you know, over 40 pounds. Is your annual tomato supply adequate at four plants? It's asinine. Yes. What if, oh, come on. What if you only like, you could only have four varietals of tomatoes all year round? Can't that's have five. Terrible. Can't have six. Tomato blight. That's a terrible right. analogy. Let me give you a better one. Let's say that you were in a circle of friends who all were a serious gardener. Forget cannabis. Fuck that. Any dickhead can grow weed. I mean, but to grow a good tomato, you know, that requires some skill. Some and serious so, avocado tech. There you go. Yeah, it's all tech now. You know, we got the PF tech <laughs> or whatever. I was reading an old, uh, the first psilocybin book written by the McKenna brothers, uh, Terrence and um, uh, his brother, he's, David, is still alive. Um, they published it in 1975, How to Grow uh, Psilocybin, under assumed name. You can get it, by the way, you can find it online, uh, free download. So uh, it, it's not difficult. I don't Anybody can grow anybody can grow mushrooms. And if you thought weed forms were bad, the the, the mushroom forms are worse. You could go like they have threads that go back years, right? So you'll read a title and go, oh yeah, I want to know about that. So you click it on. And there's like, let's say 15 heavies on there. You know, they have all the posts and they're you know, they got a lot of, uh, we used to call it the scrambled eggs in the army that shit on their, their chest like they were real heroes and stuff. So they got all that stuff, you know, next to their name, you know, so you got to listen to them because they, they're really heavy duties. And 15 guys can offer you 25 answers. I swear to God. So it's like, just get ready and do some experimenting like Smash did. Once you get it down, then, you know, just run your play. Get some good information. There's some good books out there, like Psilocybin Bible. That's a really good, that's published in England, but you can get it through Amazon. Um, anything by uh, Trad Cotter from uh, Mushroom Mountain in South Carolina. He's got a book called Natural or, uh, Mushroom Farming, excuse me, Organic Mushroom Farming and Soil Remediation. Um, There's the so much knowledge in, out there, man. Yes. Like, I just went on YouTube, <laughs> honestly. And I was like, yeah, there's some good people on YouTube. They get, how to make up monotubs. They keep they keep pushing their foot like, against uh, the line. You learn the flavors, ladies and gentlemen. Like, share, and subscribe, please. Thank you. No, I was going to say, the the, uh, the mushroom guys on YouTube, they, they just keep pushing their little toe up against that line. And then one day, they're not there anymore. And then they come back under another name, but you can tell by the Brooklyn accent that you're talking to Willie or you're listening to Willie. I mean, there's only a few people in this world that sound like that do mushrooms. It sound like they just walked out of Queens Point in uh, New York City. You know, come on, give me a break. Get a translator. There you go. <laughs> Some of the, like the like southern, real southern accents, I like. We have a hard time understanding each other. Um, if like, like 
slang and stuff wise. It's kind of funny. Like, I'll go did you ever play marbles when you were a kid? Yeah. Okay. You remember the boulders, the big ones? Yeah. What you want to do is you want to take one of those and then two regular size marbles and you put those in your mouth. And now you'll sound like you just, you know, walked out of Tulsa, Oklahoma. Or, you know, pig's knuckle uh, uh -oh. Arkansas, you know, butt crack, uh, butt crack of Texas. Some New Yorkers, like the New York gets really bad, though. If they're like, I, I think. I think the Boston, like the people that have oh. real bad Boston and New York accents and stuff, are kind of exaggerating. I've like hey, I. How you doing? Like I know a couple people smashed. I beg the. I won't go into too much detail, but I spent some time in that your part of the world. I never heard "car" pronounced with an "r." Claw. When we uh, when you park the car, uh, you know. Our, I, say uh, car. I say get in the car. You can't get there from here. Well, how do you get there then? And then they look at you like, what? What are you talking about? Well, you're the one that said you can't get there from here. So how do you get there? Well, no one's ever asked that. The thing that I really loved about Massachusetts was this. They they had at that time they had a law that if you uh, there was a construction project, say on the freeway, expressway, whatever you call them there. They had to have an off-duty police officer there with a squad car and the light flashing to stand there and watch the traffic go by. Oh, yeah, they make so much money. De detail work? I'm, I'm, yeah, is that what it's called? Yeah. I'm thinking these guys are on gold time, time and a half. It's got to be at least $40 an hour. Yeah, right? they're dumb money just to sit there and and yeah. most of the time when they're on the highway, they're just yeah. sitting in their car. That's right. But they got the light on. Yep. I mean, it just cracked me up. They can't even technically leave that spot if, if they were to like see a speeder or a drunk driver, they call it in. Right, right. Well, there's some areas so vacant in uh, eastern Oregon that they don't even patrol it by car. They do it by helicopter and probably even drones. And then I was... If you're speeding, then you know they contact. Oh yeah, I mean, there's some areas that you can you can drive 100 miles. That's what I was just gonna say. Yeah, there's nothing. When um, the I watched the Cannonball, which is from New York to California, it's like a rally that's not supposed to happen. It's kind of like do it at your own risk type rally. Um, I think the record's been broken a couple of times, but it's under 24 hours, I think, now. The longest There's highway in the United the longest highway in the North America starts in uh, Newport, Oregon, which is about 100 miles south of me. That's and it ends in Boston. Shark. US 22. It's uh, over 32, almost 3,300 miles from Newport, Oregon to Boston, Massachusetts. 22 or 20? Yeah, it's something crazy. I think I forgot what the exact time was. There, a couple people broke it over COVID and they were like showing like some of the highways out in the middle, middle of the country. And it's just, 
cracked wide open. That's why yeah, a yeah. bunch of the racing is really big in Oklahoma. There's a lot in California because there's a lot of flat, straight roads, fucking and nice it, weather. And it doesn't snow. Yeah. Florida. <laughs> People don't realize you go to Florida, dude. If you're going to run from a cop, you're technically going to have to hop on 95. So they're just going to shut it down. You don't know how many yeah. times 95 has been shut down when I was in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> We went to Seattle last week and well, this past week and Saturday. I mean, they must have hired every drunk traffic engineer from LA County to staff their offices to put this thing together. I mean, Saturday was was like really just stop and go the the whole day. No accidents, no. Weird though, at 6 p.m. Actually, it's been a few years since I've been to Seattle. Honestly, so I can't swear it's the same, but I think it's the same. At 6 p.m., the city basically clears out. Like basically, it's just designed. Like everyone, whenever all the offices close down, the entire the, the entire downtown just. just yeah, you're lucky because we're not like that. If you're trying to go into Boston on like a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, the after hours, it's still kind of packed. Um, I was happy to see it. Like, um. We went what Saturday, and there was a it was it was pretty fucking busy. Lines for restaurants and shit. This goes back to the 19th century, so it's not a recent phenomenon. And in a way, there's probably some truth to it. But Seattle's like really the big player, and Portland's kind of like the let me put it this way there's more people in king county washington that's seattle than there is in the entire state of oregon just as an example so uh yeah we we really play second fiddle i mean that's where the music scene really got started the grunge in the mid 90s uh a lot of like nirvana and uh, there's other bands, but I mean, that was really the episode that spilled over later into Portland, but it was, it that was, was a lot of main spot. So Boston was a really big, hardcore punk. New York had one Portland, sure. Arizona had one for some odd reason. Nevada actually had one um, back in the day, a pretty big punk scene. Um, but yeah, Arizona's yeah. was down by the, by the um, the university, I that was like my style of music, man. What filled, what filled uh, Oregon colleges was that in seventy three or two, whatever doesn't matter. The state uh, decriminalized cannabis, so that if you got caught with twenty eight grams or less, you didn't get arrested you paid a fine and it was uh it wasn't even a misdemeanor it was like a traffic ticket well this is at guys are still getting drafted and going to vietnam so you could move to oregon go to school and get a student deferment and basically grow uh, smoke weed if you didn't think that didn't fill up oregon colleges so the 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 youth culture really became established here in the early 70s and 
that's not either good or bad, but it, it is a factor of where else you're going to have that many bookstores and coffee shops. I mean, my God, you can't walk more than 20 feet downtown Portland without hitting a coffee shop. Excuse me, a barista or whatever, a cafe. Oh, the baristas are pretty good. Actually, I have to be honest. I don't know them my name. Right I know now, there but... is there's really great coffee. Remember coffee people? They had one that uh oh I remember coffee. Oh yeah. I remember. Remember the, when? Uh coffee the people. Devil Slammer. They had they like, were like the better version of Starbucks, honestly. They were yes, like absolutely. what everyone wanted Starbucks to be. Like the coffee was legit awesome. Yeah. The food was legit awesome. The service was legit yeah. awesome. And they were almost exactly the same thing. And I guess the only difference is they didn't really want to expand. I don't remember the whole thing. It's been a while, but they were kind of well. Then finally, chain, Starbucks like, uh, bought them, just like they bought uh, the, uh, Tazo tea. Mm-hmm. They bought Tazo tea. Tazo was they excellent. Out, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, actually, uh, it's still honestly decent. I, I don't have it that often yes, anymore, but I, I used this, to love, yeah, especially they like have the, some wonderful flavors. Yeah, the fruity ones, the hibiscus one. I can't remember what it's called. They always they renamed it. They were one of the first people to kind of do like. Uh, we, we like the, to do like fusions here. Ladies. Everything's a fusion. So they used to do like passion fruit, strawberry, guava, whatever mm-hmm. the frick. So it was like, you know, hibiscus, <laughs> guava, passion fruit, some shit, you know. But anyway, it was delicious. Um, some of their blends were lovely. The poor young ladies that started Oregon uh, chai after a trip to India several decades ago, they got bought out by Starbucks for money that, I mean, I just went, really? This is tea. I don't want to know what to tell you. It's got some cardamom and some, uh, you know, Jesus Christ. You couldn't pay me to go to Starbucks. I don't really I don't like their coffee's that good. You know, you, you know, they get the cheapest made beans, the cheapest, and they sell for the most expensive price. Fucking ridiculous. There's a local spot that I'm a big fan of. They use, uh, one of the bigger brands, New England Coffee. Everyone's probably seen it. I think they're all over the country. Um, they make all the different kind of flavor coffees. Like, so I got a good story to tell you, Smash. You like this? So, like I said, people in Portland, I think, in some ways, are jealous of Seattle because it's just a bigger city. So. Seattle, big co- coffee company up there is called Seattle Best Coffee. That's really good. So they came down to Portland and opened a few shops, or whatever you call them, cafes. Even a couple malls got them. You want to talk about a disaster? I'm not drinking Seattle coffee. I want, I want Portland coffee, you know, kind of shit. So, uh, so this was, is the... Coffee, yeah. I like that. Nice packaging. Yeah, Seattle's best in Portland. So you fucking what? Yeah, yeah. Or in San Francisco, you fucking what? Dude, yeah. this pistachio is so good. So good. Is that a pound? Oh, oh that's ice cream. Never mind. Okay. No, that's coffee bean. So how much do you Man, get? You know the flavors? Pistachio, ice cream, coffee. Cow. It's so good. How much Have is you thought about there? just making coffee and then pouring like pistachio uh, ice cream? 16 ounces. Nine dollars a pound. That's all. Sixteen ounces. That's a good deal. That's crazy. That's low. Yeah. That's a really good deal. See what a five pound. Maybe they got the coffee off the bottom of a barrel. They scraped up. Forty four bucks. I'm joking. That doesn't make sense. 
If anyone wants to try some like funky flavors of coffee, and every one I've tried has been good. No oh, bullshit. Yeah. They do a good job with their coffee. And like pumpkin spice, the good pumpkin spice doesn't taste like chemically. But they yeah. have every flavor, man. You but, need a, you uh, need to get a burr, a burr coffee mill. Ask Fume because he told me he about him. I got one. He had um. I'll show you what I I used to have. We we had to get a new one. Can we got one about six months ago, I guess. What's I can't think of the brand. How much? <laughs> I thought a coffee grinder was like fifteen dollars over Walmart. Burr yeah, grinders, it makes a big difference. Uh, one of the best ones is, uh, I can't think of the name right now. Uh, as soon as I search it, it'll be like, there's this one brand, basically. And you want to basically pay about 150 bucks for this grinder. That's the one. Hear that, and they're like, the fuck did you say? Uh, every once in a while, you can get like, actually a friend of mine got the Starbucks rebranded that. And it was basically one of those grinders, but it was rebranded as a Starbucks. And for some reason, Starbucks sold it to my friend for like, 40 bucks or whatever. It was the nicest goddamn grinder until it broke. He ended up giving it to me when he got a new grinder and it was so nice and then it broke. So anyway, but I had to buy another one. Uh, the thing is that it doesn't like uh, burn your beans and it gives you really consistent grinds. So if you ever do anything like an AeroPress or pour over or anything else, it makes it really easy to just pour water in and, and coffee comes out. So cool. This is the one we had. It actually gave out after six years, but it had a burr grinder or one of the grinders already built in ground right into the basket um you just put whole beans in it it was made by yeah. kenmore i used to okay. love it uh fume here's the one you told me about that's why i wanted up getting uh, encore encore is the name okay, it's like 149 or i like yeah the kenmore makes a good one for sure well, it has a really good are you call. sure it isn't kenwood no, it's Kenmore. Okay. Good old Sears and Robot. I remember, yeah. yeah, I remember Kenmore being washers and dryers and refrigerators and shit. Yes. Yeah, yeah, Kenwood, I think, is a, uh, an audio. That company. was the house brand at Sears and Robot yes, before Kenmore yeah. bought them. So they, like, you could, the newer ones are nicer. You could pick what, how big of grind you want and everything. Like, it, it, it was really nice. This is the one. If nobody's bought one before and they're like, I, I, yeah, that's fuck, how I much money is that shit? This yeah. An excellent grinder. You'll never, you'll, you'll be pissed off at the price, but this is one of those things. It's a buy yeah. once, cry once. It makes kind a of difference. Thing. So yeah. why not buy one that's already built with it? If you like it that much, that's why we kind of, I was looking uh, at th these. Because this is like, uh, how do I say this? This is a, uh, uh, I don't know what you would compare this to. This is the one to get. Like there's there's other grinder companies that are more expensive and everything else and this and that. But this is like the gold standard, is, at least for like uh, something that's not commercial level. You can spend way more if you have a coffee shop, like way more, thousands of dollars. But for like someone that has like just a fucking they make coffee for breakfast you know what i mean like this is the one you want uh there won't be any residue basically in the grinder like all how do i say this uh um you'll, if you get a cheaper grinder like at the moment i have a cheaper grinder and i'm suffering the fucking price and so basically in the, in the soonest freaking possible thing i'm going to be following my own advice and buy another one of these again because uh the coffee sticks to the top i guess i can't show this but if you can visualize here it's a little bit bigger if i can there we go 
that is where the coffee comes out. You pour the coffee into that, coffee grinds through. First of all, with a good grinder, when you change those settings, the settings actually change and they change like repeatedly. So if you do a pour over an espresso or this or that, or maybe your spouse or your roommate or your friend or your fucking neighbor comes over and they like a different cup of coffee, you can switch it and you can switch it to their coffee. So if you do like an AeroPress or uh, the other person does a French press, those are two totally different grinds. If you do espresso and a fucking pour over, those are two different grinds. This one will do it. And then you can grind a little bit. And the, the grind that you did, as soon as you pour that out and switch the other one, there won't be a bunch of the other ground coffee still stuck in the machine. Whereas, for example, literally, literally anything cheaper will be like mine. Uh, this thing right down here won't be all static electrified. So when you pour, 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 uh, take the coffee out, the coffee explodes all over the places. All these little things that you My sometimes just get a paper over. fancy Dude, I'm, I'm just saying, like, uh, there's a lot of things in life. I'm not thrilled to spend this kind of money on a coffee grinder. I have to fucking be frank with you. You know what I mean? Like, I'm trying to sell this on myself again because I had one of these. And I don't even want to say the stupid reason that I got rid of it. And now basically I need to get another one. Uh, and no, I don't want to spend 175, 70 bucks to whatever. Maybe they'll go on sale for Black Friday or something, right? But in the meantime, uh, it's worth it. It's worth every fucking penny. Listen, you only live once. And if you do it right, that's all that matters. And, you know, the thing is, there's a lot of things in life that you can't over-invest in. There's so many things that people will just right. over-invest in. But this is one of those things, like, this grinder will actually last you, like, 15, 20 Like a good years, camera. You know I, mean? I don't mean an yeah. expensive camera. I mean a good camera. That, oh, that can mean whatever that means to yeah. whatever individual. There we you go. Know, there's so, no universal store. camera, we'll say. Every, every upgrade I ever got was a good camera to me. Right. Starting with the cheapest cheapy, and every time I upgrade it, it's like, wow, I'm doing now. I'm getting, you know, <laughs> but you don't have to. You don't have to have the best. Have Here's the how best. I justify it. Since I don't have problems like CalMag lockouts and uh, boron deficiencies, I put that money into coffee grinders and. Yeah, you know, good computer equipment. So coffee grinders and cameras. <laughs> well, that yeah, I got cameras. Yeah, okay. I gotta uh, see the uh, Yeah, I but I've you know since fifty years ago when I got my first one, a Minolta SRT one hundred and one, or I thought was a great camera, you know, or something. Um, well, I couldn't afford a Nikon though. My God, they were three hundred bucks. That was. I was only making 135 a month as a, a GI, so you know. <laughs> but anyway, but I've always enjoyed having good uh, camera equipment, so why not? You know, get get the best you can afford, or whatever you feel is you know whatever fits your. Appropriate to in. your to your. See, I'm having like a you dilemma know. right now with that whole situation, Coop. <laughs> We've been talking about cameras on here every every couple of shows. I was telling Smash before the show that those two new phones just came out that had these bonkers specs for for cameras. Uh, Apparently, that new Pixel is just stupid yeah. good. I was well, thinking he's an Android guy man. anyway. He doesn't like iPhones. Actually, that Pixel is supposed to be nicer than the iPhones anyway, and I believe it. Google's been spending a ton of money on uh, the the computational photography and stuff. They basically they and Apple are pretty much the the tops on the computational photography. I own a Pixel, Do but you? it's a three. Oh, right on. 
Yeah, the new one apparently is the tits. And it's only like 600 bucks, like just out of your pocket, 600 bucks. And so, well, you know, Spash has been saying, oh, but then people would call me. And I was like, dude, for 600 bucks, you could honestly probably do better with that camera than almost any of the point and shoots. And I, I honestly kind of believe that, like, even though the lenses will be better on the point and shoots cameras, uh, the, the Google, the pixel will probably just be better just based on the computational photography. It'll probably have like three lenses on it. It's got all these video features that will probably blow your fucking mind. Like it probably oh, does 6K. You know I don't even know how to do 8K. Pardon? The new DJI. The, remember how we were talking about the... Oh, yeah. Oh, that camera. That camera's expensive as fuck. That's like $11,000 or something. Yeah. Their new yeah, one? 11000 Oh, that I haven't oh, seen. Yeah. I thought he was talking about that camera, but the one that Kuda and I are talking about is bonkers. It's like a cinema camera that has a four action gimbal built oh, in. Oh, that's just a gimbal. So you can just like carry. That would be your dream camera, Smash. Like you've been talking about doing like car photography and stuff. Like if you won the lottery, that would be the camera that you would buy. Like you would maybe you would a good way to get stuff to rig it to cars. Maybe a good oh, it's way small to you can carry it. Photography cameras would be. They're fantastic for snapshots. They're fantastic for catching moments. But if you're serious about photography per se, uh, investing in a good quality camera like the one, uh, <laughs> the Fuji X100 that I got, um, it, I don't think in today's world it's not an expensive camera. Um, but the pictures that come off that are absolutely stunning and you can blow them up to a very I got large a Canon. I got a Canon Rebel G There you go, Canon, Nikon. Yeah. Uh, those are all good, solid, uh, old, old, long history of making good quality cameras. I don't think you yeah. can go wrong. Well, this, my, my oldest working camera is a Canon Rebel that runs 35 millimeter film. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know. Everybody had a rebel in the uh was uh, it nineties or eighties or whatever. Yeah. They kind of put a camera in everybody's uh home. We had a Jimmy Connor, not Jimmy Connor, some tennis player did all the ads for him and they sold the shit out of him for the guy that years. cussed a lot, I think. Yeah, yeah. Was that Connors? Yeah. One one of the tennis assholes, you know. Definitely yeah. not an Arthur Ash, you know. But come on, right, but in that man. way, I remember you would go when you'd go into Costco and they'd have like you know 15 foot long display of film. The and their house brand was actually Agfa from Germany, which was a super, super good film, a little bit warm for maybe North American taste, but they were the first ones to carry Fuji. And and they're really good stuff too. And and of course the full line of Kodak, you know, trichome, ectochrome, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then one day, like, hey, film isn't cold anymore. Nope, that party was over. Oh yeah, yeah. Where, where'd the CDs go? Oh, we don't do CDs anymore. So yeah. They kind of like they're not they they keep up with the times. They don't get stuck with a big inventory of the yeah. CDs or, or whatever, you know. The rest of the world actually still uses a lot of CDs. Charlie's coming right on. Uh, it actually pisses me off. I've been thinking, like, I have a bunch of CDs. Yeah. I used to listen to a lot of music on CD, if you can imagine that, sure. what a dinosaur I am, right? Like, now records are super popular, which is extremely ironic to me. But uh, what's yeah. going on, Charlie's? Uh, but, uh, yeah, like, I and, you know, a lot of people, what's I guess, up, have man? a bunch of CDs. I can't even play them, like, on this computer. Like, I can't even digitize them on this goddamn computer because they didn't include a disk drive in this fucking thing. You know what I mean? So, like, now I have to go I out and buy one. 
like yeah, another like right. 80 bucks for my fucking computer i gotta buy just to play fucking discount oh, so when cool. apple uh, came out with the home pod whatever it was three or four years ago oh fucking apple man what a piece of junk <laughs> okay so i bought two of them uh when the software changed so you could set them up as a uh, sound system fair enough and they're personally they're really computational. It doesn't matter where you put them in the room. One can be in the front of the room. The other one can be in the... It doesn't matter because it's got eight speakers or nine, whatever it is, in the dam. It doesn't matter. They were, they were you know, typical Apple. They were like, how much? Um, but I got them on sale, Best Buy or something at Christmas. So then somebody pointed me to a, an article about them that, they were going on eBay for way more money than most people paid. So I bounced over to eBay and typed in Apple HomePod. Ready for this one? $750 for a pair. Because they do Dolby Atmos. They've got the uh, spatial thing down. Anyway. And they're not a lot of money. If you go into the speaker market and, and want those features, you're going to pay a fair amount of money for that kind of uh, technology built into them. I was looking at stuff. I mean, I was actually, I'm going to buy a new phone tomorrow. It's actually my it's a dual camera. Like, ooh, fancy dual camera phone. Uh, <clears throat> but I really like the Sony cameras. I've always been a fan of the Sony cameras. I was looking at Canon today, a couple different Canons. Um, but this is like, is something like the point and shoot or something like that? That's going to be more for like at home and just weed, like pictures of the garden. I want to apologize here because I think. We were talking about two different things. So you're I want to make sure I clear it up because I think the misunderstanding was on my end. So you own an Osmo Pocket. Okay? No, so I don't I never bought that. Like I can get okay, one. but you know, okay. And that has a gimbal in it. Uh -huh. Okay. And so they call it a gimbal. What I was talking about is that DJI makes something called the Osmo Mobile. And it oh, is yeah. a handheld gimbal for cell phones. I, okay. So that's where the confusion came in. Yes, they're up to <laughs> level five. And I think Fume has a, a four, nor I have a four, and whatever. But anyway, yeah, yeah. the latest one is the five. That's all. And that's where you, you were probably confused. Well, I, there's a one and a two. And I was talking about another product from the same They company. have so many products, it's hard to like, uh, you right. say their name and it's like, hard to tell but yeah no no i, well, know I, I apologize I looked, for you know i looked at the phone ones um I, I think i gotta check out this new phone out i think it's what 14 and when you showed me from olympia looked really nice the orange one. Oh, the tough one yeah that one's yeah. nice um but like i'm thinking for like the cannabis stuff, I just kind of want to get something to set on a tripod. Yeah. So I don't really have to even hold it. Like I I used to use this. If this battery fucking thing didn't break, I'd still be using this because I bought a tripod. 
Right. And it would probably have made this actually work pretty good. But the battery well, the newer cameras are gonna have stabilization that it's really amazing. It's a little Olympus too. Uh 12 right. megapixel. Hey, Olympus you... makes some of the nicest cameras you you know in the prosumer. Yeah, the new uh, it had a super macro mode. Long history goes. Don't back they say Olympus has one of the best stabilizers, actually? Or am I getting that wrong with something? No. No, they, I don't know. yeah. I think that one that you had, you know, because you like going outdoors, um, that would be a perfect camera for you because A, it's durability and it also is going to take incredible pictures. Yeah. And just, so, I mean, amazing pictures. So I've been looking at building a car too that's like my like i'm working towards buying a car right now and uh, another yeah. car and i'm gonna get a good cell phone man do some Use work that camera. you can you know there's tripods you can yeah. get from a lot of manufacturers and they hook up to your cell phone like boom 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 yeah uh, I have one that's, got too. that's easy yeah. even yeah a tripod you can find on craigslist and, and something as light as a phone you can get the cheapest tripod you can possibly Absolutely. find the the single biggest reason why you'd spend more money on it well there's a couple different reasons you might actually ironically want it to be lighter if it's a travel tripod but nine times out of ten you want to spend more money on a tripod because it'll hold more weight so yeah. when you look at even like on craigslist you'll find things like they have italian names and someone's selling it for like three thousand dollars you're like is he fucking joking blah 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 well, that's like a cinema camera tripod that'll hold up like 50 pounds. Uh, the yeah, cheap yeah. tripods that you get for like 150, 200 bucks, they'll hold up five pounds or something. Uh, the Manfrotto that you can buy on like Amazon, I literally bought one of those a couple of years ago for maybe 250 bucks, whatever. Great oh, tripod, yeah. but it'll only hold like 10 pounds. So, but that's yeah, fine. Yeah. If, you, if you have a cell phone, I'm trying to say like a cell phone, cell phone, you can buy the cheapest tripod you can yeah, find. It's going to be and a then cell phone. Buy, like, Go on, you know, I hate to say Amazon, but if everyone shops at Amazon, so I guess go there. What am I going to yell at clouds and tell you guys all not to? Uh, go there and get just basically a camera mount. And I mean, they they sell them for like 10 bucks. Wish. So you, I'll try. And, and then I'll try filming something. Just myself. There's a bunch of channels that do. Uh, the cell phones do full on 4K, and some of them now do 5K, 6K uh, uh, video. Really, really good. And again, it's processed. Uh, the lens corrections are done in camera. It's it's really stunning the quality. And like I say, they're already stabilized. And once you, uh, Coot was saying, you can buy one of those DJI Osmos, brand new. They're like 200 bucks or 250 or whatever they are. Uh, and I think they sell last year's version, so you can get one for like 150 bucks. But now Black Friday is coming up. For sure, they're going to close out last year's version of them for, you know, a bill. You know what I mean? Like you're going to get them for 100 bucks cheers or something. You can have a stabilizer right, and cheers, walk around. Everyone. Cheers, folks. Uh, by the way, here's us talking about cameras. Smash, you want to give away some seeds, man? Yeah, so hold on. Let me just check in the eBay store. So I got a couple bids. Pretty excited. Right on. Dude. We can do it another way. We don't have to do it. No, time. no, no. I got them right here. I already got a number. Um, no, don't rush, man. We're, we're here to have fun. Plans we're here to join us. Number, well, we're back to numbers. I thought we did the strain name game. We can't because there's so many different species that's, names. West Engine. We're going to do species names in Latin. You got to you got to say so, it exactly. Right. You got to have the first and the last. I'm joking. I have. I think there's like seven seeds in here of Tommy's sour melon G13 skunk. And then another person's going to, I'm going to do their crescendo feminized auto flowers from ethos. And I just put from new because 
said share the love. And then uh, a couple of sniper rock cookie seeds. There's only two feminized. So you kind of cut through there. So is that, oh, somebody's giving feedback. Is that me? That'd be weird. Sorry. Uh, oh, right, Andy. Um, so is it one giveaway or is it multiple giveaways? I'm going to do two. Two giveaways, right on. Yeah, we're going to do for Tommy's and then someone else is going to get a couple, like both of these. That's cool. Sniper, sniper yeah. and then some auto flowers. Is it uh, worldwide or domestic only? Because worldwide is more uh, expensive. D- domestic only? Uh, Canada. How much is Canada for me? Canada is not much cheaper than uh, the rest of the world. The rest of the world, if you do like first class, it's like 17 bucks if you send a small package, like an envelope. Okay. If you... I'll I'll, I'll eat it. Um, one of them. We'll do one right for That's all over. I'll do one. <laughs> so the first one... For Tommy seeds, I guess I'll I'll do it all over. Um, oh, sounds great. Yeah, do that, and those are going to be cool because uh, Tommy has some cool stuff. So right on. Pretty Sour smashed. melon cross G thirteen skunk sounds like a good cross. Um, I have a couple. I just popping. They they look good. They sprouted. He says that they're a good cross. And then the other ones are from Ethos. The auto flowers are from Ethos. There's two feminized autoflower seeds in there, Crescendo, which Crescendo is a pretty good fucking strain. So <coughs> I, just, I, I don't plan on growing those autoflowers, so I pass them on. And then I have the Sniper across the Rock Cookie, and that's from a good friend, Stabby. Um, I'm going to hold out for the wedding cake crossed with Spittles. If you if you guys looked in chat, there's a number. Um, we're gonna do one to hundred. Just guess the number. Um, Jimmy, you want to type in go, and then we'll look. Make sure we're yeah. We'll make sure we're in live chat, and then when we see the number, you're gonna have to hit me up on Instagram. Um, we'll just call. Him. Hopefully, I can't we'll find the number. Uh, I think I remember the number. Let's see here. I got it. I'll retype it in the chat here. It was love for the plants number, right? Thank you. There we go. All right. So I'm about to type go, 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 ladies and gentlemen. Go, go, go. So whatever the number after my go, 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 that's eligible. Go for it, folks. Good luck. One to a hundred. You can guess as many times first person to get it. So, yeah, I just figured... um, I have an abundance of regular seeds right now, and I figured I'd give some away. <coughs> oh, shit. Oh, we can. We already have a winner. Dirty Indica. Congratulations. Right on. Longtime viewer. Uh, Dirty Indica. Uh, does he want to, should he uh, email you? I presume that he should email you, Smashed. Yeah, or DM you something. Right. Yeah, we, if you want my email, I can give it to you, but Instagram is probably better. <laughs> Congratulations. There we go. That's Dirty Indica. Folks, you don't have to uh, keep guessing because Dirty Indica has already won. So uh, So, any guesses now are just you typing random fucking numbers. But at the next one. Let's give them a second. Yeah, we're going to pick a different number. We'll do this. Guys, give us a second. But yeah, Dirty Indica, Instagram, Smash Cannabis 2.0. DM me and we'll collaborate. Uh, I go to the post office pretty regularly with the eBay store. So I'll just drop them in the mail. Uh, who wants to pick uh, Smash? Who should pick the next number? Um, 
I asked Bugs, but he didn't see it. Then I asked you, so I don't really care. I guess someone Bugs, in chat. For, buddy. I don't know. Don't say it out loud, shit, because that's gonna no. Type it in the chat in our private chat. That's the idea. Mm. <laughs> the number is three hundred thirty-six. Lunch table at Um, this one's gonna be U.S. Um, only, I guess, because I mean, I guess, uh, yeah, we'll do U.S. only because that's what I said I'd do. I'm not seeing it, Bucks. Uh, Smash, you might maybe Coop could pick a number or what? No, I'm yeah. saying between which numbers? A one uh, between one and a hundred. Yeah, I don't know, man. I just like giving out stuff and uh, if. Some fun, fun stuff to grow. Auto flowers. I would give like Fumi some. Oh. Uh, all right, we have a number smashed. Are we ready? Which one are we using? Uh, the second one that uh, Bugsy just typed. All right, I got it. Yeah. And so this time I'm typing Klingon style. God, God. Ah! So as soon as you see that, start typing. Everybody else before that, you can yeah. see are invalid. Dirty right, and a gut. You can enter again, but I mean that's really You're up to lose, though. If if he enters again, he's just like, no, I don't know. We should, we should have if like he a wins, if, he wins. if he wins it, then we just sneakily. If he wins the next one, then he unwins yeah. the first one. It becomes like antimatter and matter or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they'll be like, dang it, that didn't work. For a oh, last yes. surprise, you're gonna forfeit. You're gonna forfeit your uh, regular flowers. And instead of seeds, flowers. he'll just send you a twig, a twig, and a leaf uh, of a fallen, like a fallen leaf of well, a tree. Hey, they they are. You probably actually have these in your fucking multi pack. Oh, I probably do. I probably do. Then they're probably all gonna get sent to you if I ever get around to them. Just the lazy stoners. This is why noobs that share the love doesn't do the. Hey, I where? share the love when I can. Are you ready? Yeah, yeah. I see it. People are crazy right now. Holy shit. Oh, wait. Uh, Smash, do people get to pick twi- two numbers in a row or not? Yeah, but the, I, I think everyone waited to the right time. I think I everyone think we already have a winner. Wait, yeah, no. It has well, he to be pick two numbers like right after another. Wait, what? So it's up to you. Hey, hey Wes. Oh, wait, no. Did I get it right? Oh, no, no. no, I didn't get it right. Fuck. Oh. I read wrong. Apparently. Yeah, I didn't see it yet. It's just morphine. Mike's cat's frozen. Close. Never mind. False. False. There we oh, go. Oh, now Grayson. Nice. Grayson. Uh, congrats, Grayson. Uh, email again. What? Smashed? Uh, Smashed is 2.0 Instagram. Uh, and if you want to email, get a hold. Just tell me you want to email. That's great. Out the way to get, get you my email. I can coordinate through Fumi or something because I got to figure out my proton because I have one and I just forgot what it was. <laughs> I set up a proton mail, but I forgot what it was. I just used a, I don't know, man. I have so many bullshit accounts. Wait a minute. Somebody, there's a service named Proton. Proton? Yeah. Look it up on, uh, on a, a search engine. What do you mean? Like the mail service? No, no. Groton uh, Growing Chamber. Proton? Yeah, Proton, yeah. Circa 1985. The biggest scam 
or the first best, not best, but the first like really big money maker in the cannabis scene. Has anybody seen it yet? People are still picking I numbers. You guys, are, you guys are currently picking numbers on. Oh, okay. I can't. Uh oh, wait. did somebody get dialed, dialed out? I don't know. Yeah, Shit, he did. Bad. Shit is being bad. Yeah, that was me. Right on. I actually kind of support it because, like, Shen, enough. Shen, he'll be back just to chill. Uh, what was I going to say? Did I just talk over Coop? Coot, I think. Not that stone. Why am I like babbling? Coot, what were you saying? Oh, oh you made yourself. Yeah, I wanted to ask Wes a question about aquariums. Uh, Man, I'm not the guy to ask. Potent is the guy to ask. Potent's forgotten more about aquariums than I'll ever know. But you okay, have a lot of fish on the show. I do have live fish. I barely. And they seem to always be fish. the same fish. They don't seem to always be different. I want. Fish. They're not changing them out over there. Maybe it is. But what about discus? What's that? What about discus? Oh, I'd I like to that... do discus. They're 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 very temperamental. I mean, okay, all right. You have to be really good at fish to do okay. discus. You're like yeah. really really good at fish to do discus. But yeah, like I said, Paul, you could probably tell Thank you more about that. Yeah. So, I'm, so uh, an aquarium like the size that you have behind you. If I didn't want, I didn't want one made out of glass. It would be some kind of plastic, right? Acrylic. I'm, I'm throwing around terms I don't really know. Is that like fairly? Absolutely. Is that fairly easy to drill in holes? I. I have no idea. I've never, never had so, a way glass one. So what no. they make the big fish, like fancy fish tanks out of is like a acrylic substance. And yeah, okay. like acrylic's way easier to drill. Okay. Uh, they use, you know, I'm thinking about making it as a permanent uh, mushroom uh, uh, fruiting chamber. It's yeah, a lot easier to control filling. humidity, you know. Uh, if you did some really neat stuff like the blue, uh, the really blue, like the iridescent blue oyster, uh, the pink, the coral uh, oysters, and then had it like as a showpiece in your living room with some really the right kind of lighting that would show up and accentuate the uh, the form and the, and the uh, color of the different uh, fungi. That'd be pretty cool. Plus, it'd be, it'd be good for dinner. Just go out there and sniff some mm -hmm. line train or, you know. Yeah, I, I would just, honestly, acrylic probably would work. Um, yeah, okay. They, have, they right. got fish, they have fish safe, like. Okay. Yeah, right. I see what you're saying. Yeah, right. For the sides yeah. and stuff where you cut the sure. corners, you. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you should be good. Cool. Yeah, this glass would, would be. Cool. Really I think well. glass would be cool. Cool too, though. If you could, if you should make it just square, glass would be kind of cool. Because I mean, I mean, the acrylic is probably stronger. I would imagine for for holding dirt and random. I mean, I don't know. I guess there's pumice. In it. I, I guess I don't know what extent, I'm thinking about. There's but. some different types of glass that you can get into. Yeah, 
but acrylics definitely. Acrylic Aquarium? gets dirty easier, I think. For aquariums or for what? Yeah, for kind of a terrarium, yeah. basically to put. Well, terrarium. actually, no. Now that I think about it, they have different kinds of glass. They use they use regular tempered, and then they have something called starfire glass, which is like a, a low a lower high lead content. I forget which, um, but it, it makes it look clearer and more crisper through the glass. And that's like your really expensive reef tanks. They're all starfire glass. Um, and then you have your regular stuff, and then your your tempered glass, which they usually use for the bottoms. The bottoms are usually different glass than the sides. I've drilled a lot of tanks. In the uh, glass world, uh, I mean, uh, hand-blowing, uh, not the tube thing. <clears throat> Off-hand glass blowing. Uh, I know it's counterintuitive, but the more lead you add to your base formula, the uh, greater the clarity of the uh, glass itself. Well, that's so, why uh, the the old crystal, the the Irish yeah. crystal, whatever, used to be leaded right. glass. The, Len the Lennox crystals and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I have a whole thing for years now. Uh, I've been avoiding all the kind of leaded crystal glass and stuff for, uh, you know, liquor and stuff. That's one of the reasons you know. why Marty was not on right now. But one of the reasons why I love those Glencairn glasses, uh, they're not lead crystal or anything else. Almost everything else that you can find that's made for scotched anyway, the shape or anything else is leaded crystal. And I've been kind of paranoid about that for years. That uh, alcohol, especially, will probably pull out that lead. I don't know that for sure, but I have, you know, nobody's ever told me yeah, for sure, sure that it's you know, safe. One of my favorite glasses is like the one that glows, that's like radioactive. Oh, it looks so, oh my God, it's so beautiful. I used to have I a love. uranium glass. Uh, uh, um, I love that pipe. Shit, and I broke the fucking thing. I loved it. It glowed, it glowed, it glowed in the daylight, actually, to be honest. Like you take it outside, it's luminescently green. But as, if you would shine any light, like if you did take it outside, and took it into a dark room, it would glow on its own. Just like uranium glass. It was so safe does anybody smoke. have any experience with uh, self-screening? Like t-shirts? Well, the actual yeah, making of the, actually. getting the image uh, burned. The screens onto. themselves. Yeah. I mean, what is, I mean, this is a smash. You were saying you did. Yeah, my boss did all like the printing on the screens. I know how to like make the shirts. Okay. Well, so the, uh, Material that they put on the screen that will eventually get exposed is uh, PVA, polyvinyl alcohol resin, like we'll hold glue. Uh, that's a PVA resin. And to that, you add some glycerin, so it gives you bounce or, uh, yeah, bounce. Okay, so now we're gonna apply it to a flat piece of glass at a consistent level. And we're gonna let that dry. And just like your boss did with the uh, acetate pieces, of, okay, you we're gonna lay that on the glass and do the exact same thing. And we're gonna expose it. And then we're gonna use a washer and wherever the black is, you know, it blows away. And we're left with this, uh, it'll stand up to sandblasting. You can go almost all the way through the glass and it won't give up on the edges because of this resin. And then the way you get it off is that you spray it with ammonia and that deconstructs the resin and then boom. So anyway, I had a business like that in 1984 when Art Deco was real big, the Miami Vice, uh, Miami Vice, whatever. Uh, the whole scene was all art, you know, edge glass. And so we could take on a restaurant and turn it out to exact precision quality 
of their logo. I used to do as a joke, not as a joke, but sales. I when I go to meet, I get a business card, and then I could go back and shoot it on a camera, and then I could burn that into a piece of glass polish, like a, a paperweight with their uh, uh, business card, you know, etched into the glass. So. There you go. I mean, yeah, I loved making t-shirts. Like that was fun. I have like the heat press now, like for like heat transfer t-shirts. That's the style that, like I have now. But like I, I wouldn't mind making like edge glass. I've always thought about like my favorite stuff is the glass with the stuff in the middle that like images in the middle. That's kind of like three D. You know what I'm talking about, Coop? It's like they're for desks and stuff. They like sit there and like there's an image in the glass, like like crystal clear like a glass. Hologram? Yeah, kind of. It looks like a hologram. Yeah, okay. Those are some of my favorite images and stuff. But they look like they were etched, like with where like lasers crossed or something. Mm-hmm. Did you get a warning on your phone? Oh, it was just unmuted. Uh, I was oh, looking yeah. for that uranium glass. Oh, no worries. I was looking for the uranium glass people. I think, uh, fuck, I wonder if I could DM, uh, I bet I could DM Slavin. I'm going to DM Slavin because he might know who I'm talking about because I think he still has a pipe from the same people. Uh, they had these cool frosted pipes, but then they also made these uranium glass pipes and uh, mm. each of them bought them at the uh, Hempfest a couple of years ago. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, yeah, I'm going to DM him now. I might be able to actually find it. Those just yeah, I just think they're pretty. Like they just they're awesome looking glass, especially like at night with these lights. Like <clears throat> some of like when these are switching, some they act like a black light at sometimes, I feel I feel like not as intense, but hey, I didn't know till I don't know, a few days ago that I, I guess you can't kill this thing. It's been around over 50 years. The lava lamp. Oh, I have one right here. Oh, Jesus. Hold on. Ah. Oh, I thought 68 was over. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Wow. We have one. Yeah. You can't kill it. I mean, I no, I mean, at Amazon. Yeah, they're like 20, 20, I don't know, 25 bucks. Spencer's gifts, man. That's the problem. <laughs> They've been around forever. And I oh, found yeah, out yeah, yeah, yeah. I Spirit Halloween. Spencer's own Spirit Halloween. <laughs> they bought it up years ago. Um, they're, they're the smartest business in the world. One of the smartest businesses in the world. They capitalize on the holiday. It's a pop-up. Get in, get out. Couple of months, three months of work. They make millions throughout the U.S. through the holiday season for just uh, Halloween. They're in there for three to four months, and they negotiate deals when the oh right, day. right, the big warehouse stores. Yeah, not nah, you ever been to a Spirit Halloween? No. It, so they're always next to like a mall or Best Buy or something sure. like or that. A theater. Yeah, yeah, so it's a it's a pop up Halloween shop. They're all right, over, right, yeah, all over the U.S. Like throughout from Cali to fucking New York, they're in Canada as well, and in Canada, yeah. 
They, they literally come up for just Halloween. They're one of the smartest businesses like around. It's like some of these Christmas shops that just come around for Christmas. <laughs> uh, we have well, these I, here in Canada. They're fun. I, they're pretty cool. I've limited my shopping to, uh, of course, Amazon. I mean, my God, <laughs> you know, uh, that's perfect. You get yeah, it? Yeah, I, like I want to. Well, I just want to do my part to fund the dick mental. Yeah. Like Walmart's like Walmart's <laughs> run by, by by monks and sac you know, sacred. I mean that family is they're obscenely rich. I mean they're anti-labor. There's absolutely no reason on God's green earth that hey, Bezos and Asso, so what they all are. I mean, get over it. You know. Um, and then, uh, of course, uh, Costco. And basically, that's it. Did I get anything I the want? Dick, that I'm, dick I'm, missile made Captain Kirk finally go to space. Yeah. Hey, we need we need to unite and tell the companies like Amazon that they're going to have to pay us to use their websites. <laughs> pay us for our time because they take so much away. We all have to do it, though. We supported his dick missile. He has to support us now. <laughs> you know, what a, a lot of people don't know is that in the early years, Amazon lost big money. Mm -hmm. uh, they weren't profitable. They were just a fucking books, a bookstore. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, out of his garage. Out of his garage. He was in uh, a garage. garage. No, the dude, he's a fucking master at that. He was a hedge fund guy and everything before. He was rich as fuck before. Not as fuck, but he was pretty rich before he started Amazon. Oh. Uh, and then he literally bought a house with a big garage so he could start in the garage mm -hmm. so he could say that Amazon started in the garage. The dude knew what he was doing, honestly. Yeah. You know what I mean? Hey. Yeah. You don't become richest man in the world on accident. You know, you didn't fall into it ass backwards. You know, I'm not saying um, he's a good. I, I actually what? do not. Even respect if it was him, planned, it started in a garage. It did technically start in a garage. Yeah. Even if it was a 12 car garage, right? Even if there's a Ferrari <laughs> in the fucking next door. Yeah, exactly. Oh, <laughs> yeah, man, I was telling a friend of mine. I'm still Team Powell's, dude. I remember back when, when they were still both just bookstores, I was Team Powell's all the way. There's Powell's bookstores here in Portland, right? They got the city of books. There's like literally a million books that you can go and look at. You can put your hands on a million books. How crazy is that? Powell's is uh, the uh, largest bookstore. West I think it's the largest physical River. bookstore in the world. I think it's actually the largest. There might be oh. a bigger one someone said in Europe or something right now. Yeah. I can't remember. It's five acres, the one on Burnside, He's, hmm. uh, the traditional store. Yeah, it's... Uh, Quite quite an operation, Michael. I didn't see uh, that, but I heard by the way that uh, uh, what do you think about this? New Gross is saying that Shatner was pouring his heart out to Bezos after the the launch. Oh yeah, I and then the, uh, uh, Jeff interrupted to request champagne. Yes, no, it's all true. It was one of snippets on you know CNN. That's fucked up, man. So <laughs> tell exactly what he thinks the people. Yeah, he's such a douche. Hold that butt. Champagne. <laughs> I think what his ex-wife did to him though is is classic. 
First, she marries a younger guy, a real stud. And uh, then she gives away big chunks of money, like, I don't need all this. And it's just got to grind his ass, you know, because whatever you think of the guy, he's a guy, you know, and she's really rubbing it in. So it's been a great marriage, you know. I guess we're not going to be doing Christmas this year or something. Maybe they can join Melania and uh, Donald. So that'd be nice. Have a, a nice uh, evening dinner in our lago. Oh. I don't know. I don't you see him after his launch, and then when he got back, and as they're walking away from the, the capsule, the camera guy that's you know documenting this whole thing told him to slow down, like let's do a retake as he's walking. Out, and, he, and he did it. He like stopped in his tracks and then started walking a little bit slower just to get that right feel. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, all, yeah. All, all pose. I'm the man. <laughs> well, Shatner's new money, LP though. is going to be off the chain. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome, dude. Here's one for you since you uh, have been around Southern California. The great man who invented the Mori boogie board passed away this past week at, I don't know, close to 90, I guess. Man, what a what a life, you know the Mori boogie board and then the Mori catamarans. Remember those, the Hobie cats uh, in the seventies? My God, they, Dude, those I were spent uh, quite a few hours sailing. Uh, That's Mori. Uh, that was his last name. Mori. You know, <laughs> the Mori boogie board was uh, the one that, and he sold out in like seventy eight for serious money. Um, and then later, it was a partner with the guy, Furcat, and they invented the leash. It went around your uh, wrist so that when you got knocked off your board, you didn't spend 30 minutes chasing it up and down the, you know, the sand. So the, you got this kit with the Maury Boogie board made out of foam, a r- very rigid foam, but not like a styrofoam. Um, and anyway, and you had this uh, uh, leash, they were called. And uh, yeah, they filled surf stores all over the world, Asia, Africa, United North America, South America, because they were inexpensive when you bought them. That you know. Anyway, he was a great, great man, a great friend of the surfing community in Southern California. So it was kind of a. We're looking at everything coming out now, Coop, and it's like I'm looking at one wheels and the fucking e-bikes and stuff. <laughs> We've come along, like, I've seen motorized <coughs> surfboards, you know, like, come along. I've right. playing ones. It's been crazy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the guy who, who uh, got the whole surfboard started in Southern California and went on for decades was Clark Foam. And he burned down three places in Huntington Beach. And eventually, when he moved down there, there was nothing in Laguna Hills. And later, the place was filled with million-dollar homes, and they didn't like the stench of what it took to make the blanks. He did the blanks for surf shops, you know, shapers all around the world. That was the one you got was a Clark foam. And I, uh, I, shit, what movie is the? Oh, the Endless Summer. 
Endless yeah, Summer was, from 1966. Uh, then yeah. the, there was the other one about the the skateboarders that like were converting oh. converting from surfing. Fuck, I can't think of it off the top of my head right now. It had all the dude Powell. It had all the homies that are like first Bones Brigade. No. No. I'll yeah, they had the old yeah, the old roller skates for their for their wheels on the bottom of the boards going down the hills. Oh. That's a great flick. Yeah, yeah. That was a cult. When I was a kid, that was the flick to watch, man. That's what I had, yeah. Mm. I was one of the first ones that got the what later became the standard uh, rubber wheels that you know uh with the metal, you know. But you still had to put it get it put on a board. Searching for animal chin. Yeah. You couldn't uh yeah, you weren't able to go buy one ready to go or something. Something you had to put together. Oh, you remember slot cars? Now that was fun. <laughs> uh, these big tracks, and people would pay you pay by the hour. So then it became like, how fast could you make this mother? And so the cut the custom cars and everything. And I mean, even for the times, you know, in the late sixties, I mean, people were spending three and four hundred dollars on a goddamn slot car you know a, a toy doing the guys if they have the money or think they do they'll spend whatever it takes to have fun so you can never go wrong underestimating the buying power of a motivated uh, man never underestimate with an imagination of a can't stop you know. By the way, welcome, Charlie's Farm. We didn't even say hello to you the whole time. We've just been talking, talking, talking. What's going on, dude? Oh, no, good conversation, man. Yeah. I, I uh, remember the first time I, I went to buy a board down a cave. My father was horrified that it was $1,000 or $999. I got it the next summer, though. He said, you save your money, you can get it. He just hated bringing it down to the cave. <laughs> Top of the car. But, you know, who, was a, who, uh, who I had the pleasure of meeting and actually befriending, not not close or anything it was Dick Dale. You guys know I know Coot knows Dick Dale. Oh yeah. Was Dick King Dale of the surf guitar, man. That's right, man. Yeah, he's a yeah. Quincy boy originally. Grew up with my Yeah, father. he he lived right at the opening of uh the wedge at uh, Newport Harbor. And it wasn't uncommon it didn't happen every week, but at least once, sometimes twice a season, somebody would come over the the wedge the wrong way and end up with a broken neck and paralyzed for the rest of their life. Uh, it was treacherous. Uh, you, you didn't do the wedge. If you know, you didn't, you didn't come out from Michigan on vacation and go, you know, anything I'll do because unless you're just like really drunk or a real, a true daredevil. So, uh, yeah, he had the last home on the peninsula Probably and later in his career when things weren't going swimmingly for him, I'll put it nicely. And uh, he had to sell that. I mean, the difference in what he had earned over a 25 year period was mind boggling. You could be playing guitars every weekend, you know, in some venue, right? And you would be making what he made up of selling that house, that's for sure. It was built for uh, King Creole. In the 20s, I mean, it was a mansion. It wasn't just a a beach house. This was like Hollywood royalty of, of that era. So you can imagine. Yeah, but when he was big, he was big. Yeah, he was in all the surf movies back then, too. Absolutely. Yeah. 
you know, I think he was in one of the Elvis movies, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. Girls, 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 or something. But yeah, I, I, I had the pleasure of seeing him towards the uh, latter latter years of his life. He used to play Johnny D's all the time here in Somerville. Super guy. Watch his three year old son play those drums. Like he was born with sticks in his hand. Yeah. It was pretty, yeah, he's a pretty guy. His very first mm. girlfriend did just show up. He was his oldest dirt at the time, too. I'm like, that was his first girlfriend? Oh my God. I was in shock because she looked so, he looked so young, but she looked so old at the time. You know, mm-hmm. now I'm probably her age. <laughs> so, right. Super nice guy. Super nice guy, I gotta say. But he, that's why he was doing tours because he, you know, he didn't have any money left. It was like he was pretty broke, he said. Yeah. Super, super humble guy, though, at the time when I met him. I met him like four or five times. I watched an interview with Peter Frampton a couple of days ago that uh, he was talking about after the, after the lights went out kind of thing. You know, when you're big, you're big, and you yeah. think the money's never going to stop. And after three or four years, it wasn't like it used to be. And, you know, you're doing the, uh, the state fairs and, you know, the hard times, the hard way to make a living. You imagine going to... I mean, just name a place, right? Somewhere. I heard he say. I heard him say one time is, is the biggest downfall was doing that. You know, the Bee Gees movies. That the Bee Gees movie in the you know, the seventies. There, I can't remember. That was a huge flop. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, he almost didn't really want to do it, but uh, does he still say that? I didn't. You know, does he still say that? Oh yeah, like, yeah. He, he well, a, t- a sense uh, not of of anger towards anybody per se. But a sense of what a waste uh, for some easy money that eventually uh, it cost him more than he earned. I'll put it that way. And oh, there's <laughs> there's a bunch of movies like that in people's careers where they're just like, sure. Fuck, why the fuck did I do that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Frampton yeah, especially like, though, Frampton was everywhere. He was plastered everywhere. I mean, who didn't have the Frampton Comes to Live album? But everybody in the mother had one of those albums. At least I did. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, oh, that was a weird sound. Uh, I think I talked too loudly into the microphone. Uh, Bugs1, uh, welcome, by the way, in the chat. Just reminded me of something, and I keep forgetting to say it earlier, so I'm just going to say it now. Uh, this Saturday, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to be at the Khalifa Social Club again. We're going to be starting at 7. Uh, hopefully, it's going to be enough space and stuff in that same back room or whatever. There is technically going to be another party. Hopefully, that's actually a good thing because you know, it's going to be more uh, people, more fun stuff. Uh, I think they're going to do, do some like uh, dabbing and stuff because it's going to be a party for Zen extracts, I guess, uh, or buy them or whatever. I'm not 100% sure how it goes, but uh, anyway, we're going to be chilling. Yeah, it's going to be kind of fun, I think. So if you guys are in the Portland area, uh, feel free to come by, folks. Uh, bring some weed. Uh, I'm still doing a kind of an impromptu, you know, just a, a, you know, kind of a goofball sesh. So I'm not asking you like you have to bring something, but uh, to share or whatever. But you know, by all means, bring something to share if you have it. Uh, at least bring your own weed because they don't really have any weed to share with you or anything like that. It's it's not like that. You can actually buy weed out front at their dispensary, the Khalifa dispensary. Uh, weirdly enough, if you do that, you have to go to the dispensary first, and then you can go to the social club. So they will not let you go back from the social club to the dispensary. Literally, they won't because uh, there's there's an Oregon law that you you cannot. I guess this is actually nationwide, but Oregon law that you cannot go to a dispensary intoxicated. And since you're on camera at the uh, social club is having walked into a weed dispensary, you're technically intoxicated. So it's just it's it's, it's, it's just fucking ridiculous. Yeah, it, it's one of those. Imagine that shit. So but whatever. 
I yeah, walked, walked in and walked out. Oh, I'm fucked up now. Whatever. Apparently, just can't serve you. It's one of those things. Yeah, right. Well, how ridiculous is that? You go in there to get a drink or a glass of water, or go to the bathroom. You're intoxicated now. But anyway, legally speaking, apparently you are as far as purchasing weed goes. Uh, anyway. So if you do have to buy some weed, go there first. Uh, if you guys have never been there before, uh, I don't have any financial relationship with them in any way. Uh, I'm a member, just like you guys, basically. And we're just going to have an impromptu sesh. Uh, the membership fee, I think, is 25 bucks for the year. I think I got it wrong the other day. And then uh, one of my friends, Cascade, uh, Cascade, oh, I'm forgetting his name right now, uh, uh, Cascade Canisseurs, said that it was actually a lifetime uh, uh, membership for 25. We'll have to double check because I think on their website it says an annual membership. Even still, it's a cool place, real cool place. If you go there, you'll be like, everybody that's gone there has been like, oh my God, this place is cool. I'm sure you will say the same thing. And, uh, normally it's like five, but yeah, exactly. It's 25 bucks for a year and then five bucks to come in anytime, like a cover charge because they don't really make any money. You know, they don't sell, they're not allowed to sell you weed or anything like that. So uh, as far as I know, the social club is separate they from sell the dispensaries. So they do. They sell like, uh, and yeah, they sell like CBD kombucha and a couple of things like that. Oh, like right on. Have, yeah. Uh, yeah, they have some stuff like that. Some. Uh, we got a place that has uh, okay. a, a, a cafe in the front of it. It does. It's like a Starbucks with CBD. <laughs> it like has everything a Starbucks would, except it's got CBD in it. Yeah, pretty much just no THC, as far as I understand. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, folks, we're going to be having a fun sesh there uh, this uh, Saturday. If there is, for whatever reason, like, uh, how do I put this? Uh, uh, this is kind of a weird one. So, if, folks, if you show up, let me know. Like, tomorrow, if you could let me know. Like, Bugs is saying he's coming. So, if a couple people more say that they're going to come, then I'm going to for sure uh, make it a thing. Because I was thinking, like, if, you know, one or two people show up on Saturday because, you know, everyone wants to do something else. And there's a big-time party, you know, with that zen then I'll probably rush my ass uh, back here and do the show from here. Cause it's just easier to do that. But you know, if we're going to have a few people there and have a little <laughs> session, let's just do that. And uh, uh, we'll, uh, we'll do it like last time. The audio was a little bit rough. I have to be honest. So we'll have to, I'll probably just give like uh, Wes or, or, or smashed or, or uh, D the, the hosting duties again. And, you know, we'll figure out. How Got it. Message me and remind me. Right on, man. Or maybe I'll I can, don't have a laptop I could use right now. We can figure it out. Maybe Formex can bring something. I'll DM Formex if he's doing the hey, session. What's up? Don't forget to bring your gimbal. Right. Good point. I forgot. Yeah, bring really bring it. I brought my freaking headphones bring last time instead of my gimbal. Yeah, what if, yeah that was dumb. Uh, right on. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. That would have worked fine because the camera was fine. I just couldn't put it up on anything. Boom. There we go. Problem solved. Uh, what was I going to say? Yeah, so I've been talking to Fumi about trying to plan something a little bit like more in advance because I would like to be able to come out and visit Portland and and like hang out for like a day or two and and come back. But so hopefully we can plan something and have a little bit of time so people can actually come out and you can we can have like you can have a decent sized event. You know what I mean? Again. Uh, it would be fun. I've been nervous, honestly, about doing events. I mean, I know a lot of people don't feel this way because, uh, 
whatever. Everyone's different about this whole freaking pandemic stuff. But uh, I've been a bit nervous about, you know, including a lot of people in, in the room. You know, we get medical patients and everything else. We got uh, people who are immune compromised and, you know, they don't usually announce that out loud. But I mean, like if you Canadian. say three words, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people who basically have medical cards for very good reasons. You know what I mean? So it's I'm just always exceptionally nervous about that kind of stuff. You know, with cannabis, we breathe really deeply and everything else is fuck. So I don't know, having big ass events, I'm really nervous about it, which is, it's, 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 it's not in my interest. You know, I might, I'd like to point that out. You know what I mean? Like having my group not grow is not a great thing for my group. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, uh, I don't, I don't know the answer to that, but I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking about it and I'm thinking about it and I don't know what the answer is. I did read something and I think I forwarded it to a couple of my buddies. I was, it was in the, the guardian and they were saying, this is one view. They were saying that the worst of the pandemic is behind us, at, at least in the U S in North America. So I was like, well, that's that's kind of good news. You know what I mean? We're rounding the corner. That means that we could probably have events and stuff. We don't have to worry about like the hospitals filling up and you know what I mean? Well, we're having we we're having the harvest cup and chirp town throwdown. I know cup. a lot of people are having all kinds of shit, you know what I mean? But that's uh I don't Arizona's know. wide fucking open. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm selling on like a sailing on like a fucking old ship or something. I should just what about having one night at a gentleman's club? <laughs> let's do it yeah. let's do it let's do it that's the that's where we'll do the cookies only you can only bring cookie strains the cookie strains we'll do it at the strip club it's like that's like going to a casino that's uh just slots right awful they call it you're like oh let's go to the casino Dude, i don't know am i am i way behind on this because like you're saying you know tons of these places i've, I've seen a lot of these freaking shows happen and you know nobody seems to be uh at least publicly dying of freaking covid so i don't know should i just freaking uh move on and and say let's have some events now because every time i say it a couple of people who i know they're like work in the medical field they're like oh really you're having a sesh so it kind of makes me think like oh i think, well, think we we're do. all we sharing share. i don't we share with any people die yesterday here in arizona Pardon? They, they, so said, uh, they said over 100 people died here in Arizona yesterday. Mm. So like it's better than 1,000 or whatever that it was probably last year, but still. I don't know. Let's get off of it for right now. We'll talk. We'll talk. Dude, it's, a, it's, a, it's a subject with no good answer. That's the problem. Yeah. yeah I, don't, that I don't know what to do with it. And winter is coming. You know what I mean? Like winter is the worst time for flu. So like, fuck this shit. But there's winter never a good time, man. There's never like this whole <laughs> two years of this shit. There's never been a good time. This is like. I don't have an answer. I don't know. If you guys have some positive comments for me that don't involve like that is, on Facebook, I, I read blah blah blah. I would appreciate your answer. I would say enough people have gotten vaccinated and the rest have either had it or or will have it. Dude, I would love so, to ask people like, hey, come if you've been vaccinated, because then people pretty much don't have to worry about it. But if I say that, you know the shitstorm that will happen. Oh like yeah, somebody yeah. will come and maybe not because it's weed people. We're pretty. I just get a CC. Rabble, 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 rabble. Get a CC and let everyone know that you know you're packing heat and you're not taking any shit. Dude, you yeah. can't do that. You can't say that out loud, Koo. What the fuck? Uh, because anybody that has a medical card and had a CC, they're freaking breaking the law. They can get in big time trouble. So they cannot do that. Breaking uh, the when, law. Breaking the law. Right. So when I and that would be a sure way to get banned from that social club forever. You know, forever, ever. you know, all, all my like friends, big YouTubers that we all probably seen once or twice. They all technically are banned on YouTube, like they can eat for their videos. It's kind of crazy. They get they kind of get regulated just like us. 
I mean, I think they have a little more opportunities for promotion wise in the social media and like aspect of like YouTube and stuff. But like, yeah, we always like, like I said, I was looking at hashtags earlier and there's type, if you hashtag weed, it's, it's like a hidden hashtag. So yeah. you're shit. Nah, just talking like, that's why I put Justin Bieber on every one of my photos. <laughs> <laughs> Brings in all the kids to look at it. Oh, Jesus Christ. All the girls. Try Canadian butt hairs. Uh, Canadian butt hairs. Interesting. There you go. Canadian you butt have hair that all over. I've never been tweeted there or twittered. Or whatever it is, you know, you get done. So, seem all pretty complicated. The whole, uh, I signed up for Reddit a few months ago, and all of a sudden, oh, cool, I've been wanting, trying to find you. Oh, God. We talking about soil. Very good. Yeah. So sick of it, you know. I think Reddit's the second hardest, most complex. Internet communication thing. I agree. The first yeah. is Discord. Yeah. yeah. Never had a Facebook. Yeah. I had an Instagram twice. Ran it up to 36,000 or whatever. And then just one day, I'm done. Pull the plug. <clears throat> Can I borrow your name for like five days? Sure. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. All of us this week, everything we post is hashtag two. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, that's something you're supposed to do. You're supposed to use like there by uh, Tad Hussey, high times and shit. He called. He called me one day and said, "Boy, you sure are, are big over at uh, IG." I said, "What's IG?" He goes, "Instagram." <laughs> What's Instagram? He said, "So you don't know?" Huh? And I said, "No." Nah. So he told me the deal. So I went over there, and I've always used Clackamas Coot, in spite of wherever it was. You know, wasn't trying to do the sock puppet routine. So I signed up for an account and. Uh, Day or two later, I called Hussey and I said, uh, so what's a follower? So he tells me, I said, well, I got like 900. Because these people really need a fucking life. Uh, you know, get off the get off the computer, go get a bike, go for a ride or something, you know. But uh, yeah, it was just crazy. Yeah, I mean, I thought the whole thing. What's interesting, you know, the forum was... Because you had a you had a thread. Somebody started a thread like, uh, "Why do I have my celium on my side? whatever the title was?" And so that uh, thread, good, bad, or indifferent, would build or die as if there was an interest. Okay, and a conversation got going. But on the social media, it's like it's gone in twenty four thirty six hours. We're moved on to the next you know, blonde or something, you know, uh, French uh, Barbies or whatever. Um, so it's a whole different paradigm. 
it's like really like boom, boom, boom. There's no uh, thought process. So uh, like the time I put a picture of a, a Photoshop, of course, picture of a bowl of punch with those uh, plastic turds that, you know, party uh, things you get. And so turned to punch bowl. And that was my uh, thread. And uh, it was like, name your worst uh, potting soil in the cannabis in your area. So, <laughs> I just had fun with it, you know, because, you know, why not? Um, or I'd take pictures of labels or just pull them off the Internet and then I'd break it down. Like my favorite of all time was Turpinator. Ooh, Arnold, the Turpinator. Okay, sulfate of potash. Interesting, sulfate. Hmm, sulfur. Huh. Potash, potassium. This has to be a mine mineral material. Sure is sold in every farm store in the United States. It's sulfate of potash. That's all that's in it. Look at the label. And here's the funny part. So a uh, 50 pound bag's about $11. Let's see. Let's make the arithmetic easier. We'll call it 10 and make the math easier. So the amount in a gallon of turpinator, which is water, not over 99% water, excuse me, inert ingredients. That's, they, that's how you list it. You don't list it as water. That was a gift from Congress. Um, so let's say it's $10 a bag for 50 pounds. So that's what? Uh, 20 cents a pound. Okay. So yeah, there's less than uh, 8 cents for the sulfate of pot. And I'm buying one bag. I'm not buying a train load, you know, at a time. So you, obviously if you're getting it in big totes, you pay probably a nickel a pound. Anyway, you get the idea. So there's, there's your big, uh, the Turpinator. You gotta love it. <laughs> and I I'm the Go ahead, Coop. Funny, when that first came out, it used to, uh, at the store, we couldn't keep it on the shelves. And I was like, what's, here's what's my this? Here's my read on it. The joke. Looking at what's the, the base of it, sulfur, sulfur and potassium. Almost every potting soil that's ever been made is deficient in sulfur. And sulfur is necessary for terpene and terpenoid production. The terps, man, you gotta have the terps. So there's your benefit. You would actually be as well off if you bought uh, sulfur oxide, SO4, like using those burners. You know, remember the early days of using sulfur burners to control uh, powdery mildew and what have you? Um, if you added that to it because it's water soluble, it doesn't have to be uh, solubilized, you know. You don't have to waste your uh, $700 a gallon of bullshit, get it all solubilized. Um, so, yeah, you put some sulfur in uh, water and run it in your system, and you'll see the same benefit from using uh, sulfate of potash or even turpinator. Because it does look cool when you come out of the store and you got this $60 a gallon or 70 whatever it is, in your hand, you know. Wow, he's a grower. Yeah, he's got he's got the pH pin right on his belt. Ooh, like a buck nest. There's something wrong with that spell. 
What? Paying that much money? We can go buy it for 10 bucks? For what? Three years worth? Jesus. Mm. I don't have that kind of money. That's the thing when it's that extreme. It's got a gallon back. It's always on back water. But everything's always on back water. Yeah. Charlie's, I'm curious. Is there something that you still use these days that, uh, I don't know, you've been kind of looking at and you've been like, oh, you know, I figure that uh, Coop could help me. Because I know you guys are talking about stuff like uh, you're still using a lot of synthetics and stuff. But is there something that basically you're like, you know what? I could replace this kind of like barley or coconut water or anything else. I don't know. You can think of something or sugars, for yeah, example. The only or thing anything I else. use for chemicals in my, uh, on my base nutrients, the AMP gotcha. from Canada. That's the only right. thing that I'm using that's synthetic. Everything else, you know, like molasses, my, uh, my seaweed, my kelp, my, uh, everything else organic. You know, even the can of boost is organic. On my rock. And then uh, the only other thing that I use is oh my humix. I throw in humix to cheap though. Just uh just a little bit of, you know, because you never use what they tell you what the bottle if you are, you're a fool. Even the can of news, you're using what they're telling you. You're just throwing literally throwing more money on this stuff. No, nothing nothing that I can think of off the top of my hand, off the top of my head right now. Mm-hmm. Nothing at you all. Get less is all less is always more. Just yep. less is more. I don't care yep. what, what you're doing. Yeah, throwing throwing shit into fucking water doesn't mean shit. I mean, yeah. I, I, I can't say it is. It is plain on a t-shirt. That. You know what I mean? So, but uh, you know, that's it. That's it. I mean, I, I really, you know, this is. Uh, I'm going into Boston the next few days, uh, consecutive days. So um, I'm going to try and. Uh, I'm hopefully going to have. First thing I'm doing is get my goddamn haircut, but. After that, I'm going to go to uh, Somerville to the to the uh, microbrew place and uh, grab cool. myself a couple of big bags of the barley and then malted barley. And then uh, still trying to source. Just haven't had the time really to go online. I have my daughter, uh, all, her, all her friends after school now, which are third, fourth, and fifth graders, filling my house up. And uh, so when yes, you're going to these breweries, if for any reason, they over-ordered on another grain, like whatever it is. I don't know the whole list. It doesn't matter. So if you can get a deal on, say, they have rye or something, a malted rye, grab it. It's going to give you the same benefit as does the barley. The only difference with barley is that it has alpha and beta forms of amylase, just like our saliva. That's important for some factors, but not for what we're doing. So you want a malted grain, but it doesn't have to be barley, is what I'm saying. So if you get an opportunity yeah. to grab something else, use it there, do it. I, I will you know, I'll ask go, go price. Off. Yeah. Yeah. I'll ask him what, what are you trying to get rid of? What are you trying to dump with? Perfect. Yeah. Yeah, I will. Because I know I know one of the I knew when they first opened like 15 years ago, I used to go in there. I don't know if the same guy owns it or not, but Used to be a bar room where I was sitting at a barbecue place, but um, yeah, I will. That's the first thing I'll do. Thanks. Good heads up. Absolutely. Thank you. Stocky became really big here in uh, Willamette Valley. And so getting malted rice is not what it used to be. It's really easy now. Well, pre pandemic, I don't know what goes on, but you get the idea because there's a lot of uh, sake. You know, sake, uh, sake is a beer, not a wine. Wine's made from fruit. Grains make beers and ales. And uh, so sake is made from rice, malted rice. That's how it's made. And so uh, fermented 
just like or it is. It's a beer. It's not a wine. Not distilled. It's fermented. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Night, fellas. I'm gonna sign off. Everybody, take it easy. Wes, are you? Uh, did you learn something? Oh, every time I learn lots. Right on. Do you have any idea what it is? Because I probably don't. I don't either. Uh, well, I mean, those left-handed semiconductors. I mean, yeah, yeah. Oh shit, we can't talk about that. We can't talk about that. Right. But we're going to corner the market, man. We're going to corner. We're going to go around the left side. It's going to be amazing. Fuck it. Good night, everybody. Cheers, Wes. Good night, brother. Good night. Night. Cheers, Wes. How's everybody else doing? By the way, I'm I'm doing better than I deserve. But how's everyone else doing? Wet. That's a fun statement, uh, uh, Charlie's Farm. Why do you say uh, better than you deserve? Uh, are you flagellating yourself? You're like, man, I can't, can't have this much happiness. Self-deprecation is always good. Keeps you humble. Gotcha. gotcha. But that I am. I'm doing better than I deserve. I, mm-hmm. You know, I've, uh, just, you know, every day above ground is a good day. I would say that. I don't know why I have bad moments. I have a bad day. You know, what's the alternative? Seriously. My wife said, don't throw on that. Like, she started remedying Projecting into the future, 20 years when my daughter gets married, just trying to get by the next day sometime. But um, she goes, don't, don't. I said, if I'm lucky to be around when she, you know, I, obviously I had her when I'm older. I, I may not be around. She goes, please, just stop saying that. Say, yeah, yeah, okay. it's going to be awesome. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm just a realist. But too much of a realist. You are a bit, yeah, you and Coop both, yeah. But well, The rain season, I ride with a theory this year. And uh, the last couple of days, we had some trees knocked over, power lines down, uh, the train, a very popular route between Seattle and Portland was held up for several hours to remove a fallen tree off the tracks uh, between, that was on Saturday or Sunday. Anyway, uh, that run between Seattle and Portland, I don't know which way, but... Uh, yeah, it's uh, just radical to see that much water come down. You know, it comes in uh, horizontal. It's and not vertical. Froze. Yeah. I mean, it was really, and not just part of the whole West Coast. California got smashed up in, uh, north of San Francisco. So. Yeah, we've got a Nor'easter happening right now as we're speaking. Oh, wow. Uh, Jesus. Yeah. 70 mile an hour gusts. I mean, some yeah. places up, up to five inches of rain at 24 hours. So, yeah, it was yeah, we're just not dealing with snow yet. Yeah, thank God. You're right. Yeah. No, no, we haven't even had a frost yet. It's late in the season and we haven't even had our first frost. Gotten down to low 40s. We've been close, but we haven't got there yet. Hmm. I, I still got a plan outside, I was saying. That's funny. Is it still alive? Yeah. Right on. Probably going to harvest okay. it tomorrow. See how resilient cannabis plants can be? It's crazy. I mean, some can't take that, but some can take whatever. It's amazing. People are always yeah, trying Palmer's, to maybe Palmer's right? Almanac predicted a, a mild winter this winter. Let's see how true their prediction is. We had a mild one last year. Isn't that funny? I wonder what the I wonder what the percentage of like Bostonians that still read the farmers market. No, now that I'm thinking about it, it was Philadelphia. All right, never mind. Uh, Benjamin Franklin was from Philadelphia, wasn't he? Or was he a Bostonian? Uh, Philadelphia. Cheers, everybody. All right, never mind. So uh, Potent is always happy. I wonder if uh, Benjamin Franklin did this. 
I was joking with somebody the other day. I was like, every time somebody says they're from Philly, they do like the fist gesture. Philly must be fucking rough because like literally everyone says, man, I'm from Philly. He's, he's not finding it funny, but there's not many names in any way. South Philly is like out of a weird 70s mafia movie. I mean, hi, like, Billy Jimmy's here. Hey, Tony, you see Santino? <laughs> what the fuck? I mean, <coughs> screaming at each other. Uh, it's just bizarre. Uh, polyester pants, white shoes. Yeah, it's like, whoa. John Travolta lives. We can't kill this shit, man. It just keeps coming. It's like the lava lamp. You know, lava lamp <laughs> and uh, polyester pants. Saturday Night Beaver and that whole thing, you know? Fuck. Staying alive. Staying alive. Yeah. Hey, Coot, what do you think about the Farmer's Almanac? I think it's kicking the ass. I mean, especially in uh, Oregon where the motto is, you don't like the weather, sit around for about 30 minutes because it'll change. How you predict what's going to happen like six months from now. Eh, you know, it's, uh, it's old school. I, I, I lived in the South when I was a young man, uh, Paducah, Kentucky, of all places. I don't know what I was thinking, but um, yeah, I was around a lot of very, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Moderately educated. They were just, you know, farm people. Uh, old school, you know. Go to church twice on Sunday morning and night, you know. And come home for a big dinner. Yeah, you know, it's a whole thing, you know. But he always had a, the Farmer's Almanac. And it was like Reader's Digest. is something you sat around and talked. You know, look, here's this article about growing radishes in Iowa or something, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah, it was kind of a, it's part of the fabric, you know. I never took it seriously. Uh, oh, gee, next week it's supposed to rain. We better not go to, you know, wherever, Chicago or something. There are many commercial farmers in the South that still, they do make. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Divining rods even in the South. I mean, when they go out looking for water, it's the, they go get a uh, an expert in holding that divining rod. And, oh, yeah. Don't you Talk about that, man. The diving rods with the dowsing rods. Yeah. <sighs> hey. And tell my grandfather. The worst part is that they seem to the work. It, it makes no yeah. fucking sense. The the water no, diving rods you're talking about. The yeah. I think of the word right now. Yeah. Uh, where I grew up, the, they found the well by using one of those fucking rods. Yeah. They dug the first time and there was water. And that dude was the famous water for always drilling on the first time. The water causes is, a Bugsy? magnetic field, but with its flow. Yeah. Or, that's but it's a stick. What? It's a freaking stick he used, apparently. Oh, like I've a wishbone stick. I've seen people do it with like wires. They're like bent wires. There are two of them. And when they line up pointing out straight away from your hands, it's when you're over, right over it. They said that's the flow of the water right there. Mm. Yeah, my grandfather hit the first try down the Cape. You're tying carpet down to get the water. Well, it's tying carpet. So you get that here, rust smell. Here where I live water. in Arizona, you got to drill thousands of. Anyway. Oh God! I bet. 
I couldn't even imagine what the, I mean, a lot of places states it's you, you pay a fee for 300 feet. Okay. Whatever that you agreed upon. And then it's whatever each foot is, you know, you either flipping a 10 or a 20 and you want me to keep going? Yeah, keep going. You know, that kind of thing. So we had people get uh, their wells, the water stolen from them down in Southern Oregon, uh, illegal grows, stealing uh, water. And uh, it's a big issue. People just, you know, their homesteads. Yeah. No running water, no toilets. No, you can't even put some water in a pan to boil it, you know, kind of thing. So wait a second. Uh, so Lars had a point in the chat and I was thinking to myself, wait, no, no. And now I'm going to argue for the freaking superstition. And I was thinking before I do that, let me clarify. Uh, so dousing is evidently what it's called. I thought the dousing is for water only. And uh, Lars was joking that it, you know, if it worked, it would work for oil. Is there a difference? I mean, oil is nonpolar versus water is polar. Maybe that has something to do with it. The magnetics. Uh, oil wouldn't be magnetic, or am I just arguing for something that doesn't even work? Well, I've heard of it, them using them for oil, but I've never, I've never seen them used for oil. But that, that's stories. You're supposed to say oil or oil, 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 oil. That's how you're supposed to say all. Like saying, saying all y'all, all y'all put some all in the truck. <laughs> Oh, you can't wait to see a couple of sheiks in Morocco out there with rods trying to find oil, but we'll see. <laughs> Anything now I'm possible. thinking about the guys combing the desert in uh, space. Yeah, yeah. We getting out of Rolls I can see it now. I'm rolling up in, with a team of Rolls Rices and a bunch of sheiks get out. And I think it's over here, you know. Right, some guy has a hammer, hammer and a little chisel, taps the ground yeah, yeah. a little bit, spurts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have also heard the term "well witching." Is that is that the same thing? Yes. Yeah. Is it? Okay. Yes. You know, it's amazing. I, I've heard. I grew up in the South, also. I heard so many testimonials of people oh, yeah. right in front of their eyes, and yep. so you know, if there really is not anything to it, that's yeah amazing it makes you question other testimonials you're like oh. right like i had 50 people tell me that's real <laughs> i lived in western kentucky uh before i went to paducah i mean wow it's really rural this was like 50 years ago almost and god i i, I did two years and that was it i'm done you know i was from southern california i'm going back to huntington beach you know the waves and beers and told my surfing. story from 30 years ago. I went to Arkansas. I was there for a year and I said, oh, oh gotta go. Arkansas. The Clay County, Pickett, Arkansas. Oh yeah. I'm I'm from there also, but not I'm just from that state. I know where you're I've only been to uh Fayetteville. I'm from so we had to go bow and scrape in front of Walmart to get their business yeah. in our part of the world. The, the so. uh, it's funny. I've been watching this podcast for a while, and I, I noticed that you bring up Arkansas quite a bit, and you'll mention Walmart from time to time. 
It always right. makes me giggle. By the way, it's Bentonville, Arkansas. It is where yeah. the right, right, right. Fayetteville is where the university is. Yeah, right, right, right. So Fayetteville is much better than Bentonville. So I just wanted to make that clarification. I don't want to put that on Fayetteville. No, I remember we would fly into uh, St. Louis and then get on a hopper and the Bentonville airport. There was uh-huh. basically 90% rental cars for all the sales reps coming into town to go, you know, barf on the table as it's called uh, with the buyers. You know, get a, you know, can I have a contract, please? And what product were you all trying to sell in there? Oh, no. Uh, was here at their uh, Sam's Club. Oh, okay. We Before there was a Sam's Club, they were, everybody tried to do, okay, here's the Costco story. Guy by the name of Saul Price. He had a, a group of stores in uh, Southern California called the uh, Federated uh, Market. And it was like, uh, he was buying spot markets. And I later it was so that. good. I remember it. I literally still, I think I, I'm almost positive I still have a tennis racket that my mom got me at Fedco when I was a kid. Right. Literally. It was the best store. So in the late 70s, he started selling film and tapes at an abandoned airport in San Diego. And that later became the Price Club, which later morphed into Costco. But before that, a man by the Sam Wal- name of Sam Walton came out to San Diego and they went out to dinner and Saul Price told him, here's how you do it. You don't try to make money on your products. You charge your customers landed costs which includes all your expenses, of course, and you make your money on the uh, annual fee. Like right today, 85% of Costco's revenue profits, excuse me, profits, not revenue, profits, are directly related to uh, membership fees. That's why they're so member-oriented. If you're a vendor, screw you. Johnny and Mary didn't like your, you know, Pick a, pick a name, you know, whatever, whatever product. So you got to take it back. So we were in the produce business. And we were trying to do uh, cut uh, uh, fruit trays. You know, parties, you just pop the plastic lid off and you got yeah. this nice thingy. So they would place the order. Not us. It wasn't like we were just dumping, you know, product. Okay, we need 50 of these and 50 of that, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then Monday you get a phone call from... You know, the manager, you got to pick up here stuff we didn't sell. I mean, brutal. These guys, because they got people just pounding on their doors trying to get product into there. If you can get a slot. Uh, but now, see, here's where it's really detrimental. Okay, so you do business with Costco. Let's say, it's, let's take a product that I've, I know a little bit about, peanut butter. Okay, they used to carry uh, the one from Seattle uh, that's a quote-unquote natural, and then a, a national one, Peter Pan. Sounds pretty good, right? All of a sudden, one of them disappears, but there's a product just like it in a very similar bottle that says Kirkland on it, which is their brand name. So now you're, oh, I know Costco. I want to get this Kirkland. And so throughout the store, everything's Kirkland now. So let's say that you're the vendor. We'll say Peter Pan, for example. 
and they don't like your price and you guys can't come to a negotiation. So Costco goes to, I don't know, what's another brand? Like Smuckers or something? You know, whatever. Okay, and so it's still in the Kirkland label. You're still in the Kirkland label. And the consumer doesn't give a shit. As long as it's salty and sugar and a peanut flavor, you're dancing. You can do it with your shampoo, your paper goods, everything. Smart. Smart. I've watched this over the last 20 years and I'm just thinking, God, these guys are good. You notice that nothing says Kirkland on it that's it's marginal as far as profit. You might have to carry it, but you're not expecting, like, you know, those a two pack of, of uh, uh, peroxide. You know, people are cleaning during the pandemic, and it was one of the alternatives, cleaning the counters and sterilizing stuff. So anyway, there you go. I actually worked on, um, well, it was the Walmart side. So kind of switching from Sam's to Walmart. But uh, what's really funny is when you see them dealing with a product category that they do not have leverage in. So for example, I work for a movie studio. There's only one movie studio that makes Fast and Furious. You know, so it was really funny. It was like Goliath meets Goliath, you know. And, um, and you know, Walmart today is much different than Walmart 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. So, but it was funny to, because they're used to having the leverage. And so they don't have the leverage. And it, it is important to note that, like, they don't have the leverage in quite as many areas as we, like, sometimes think on the surface. Especially when you consider like all of their suppliers, they've all merged and acquired each other. They're all huge. So this was like 75, excuse me, 95, 96. And um, we had taken the account over because the company, uh, it was Kmart had a, a Sam's Club type operation. I don't remember what the name was, but they had gone out of business and uh, Walmart had purchased these and flipped them over to Sam's Club here on the West Coast. And I guess I'm down in Southern California. So I was, uh, you know, called in and said, I, we're going to give you these accounts. Walmart, you know, I'm going, all right, you know. Yeah. So anyway, the next thing I find myself in uh, Bentonville there. And uh, we had talked about, you know, maybe buying a home somewhere in the Midwest, and I called my wife, and I said, well, you can take Arkansas off the list, <laughs> okay? I had to drive all the way to Missouri to get a drink because it was a dry county. You know the drill. Yep. You, you go to Walmart, you go. You got to go bow in front of the gods there at, and with the folding chairs in the uh, headquarters, and then at night when you go to dinner, you got to go all the way across the state lines and get a beer. Unbelievable. So, and churches everywhere. It's such a bizarre premise. It's so, um, it's so American, but it's such a, it just always struck me as such an asshole way of doing things. Like they famously, they, they, they talk down to the suppliers, they strong arm them to the point that even they put them in these tiny little rooms with yep. folding lawn chairs that come from yep. the store with these little plastic tables. So yep. they make them feel like a little kitty. <laughs> like, what's the point of just humiliating everyone that much? Wouldn't it be better to have like positive business relationships? I mean, it just just seems so assholish for the sake of assholishness. I had to go up to, uh, we had a store in um, 
let's see, Tacoma and another store in Aurora that had been former, whatever this Kmart version of Costco was. And um, so you'd go into the Sam's Club, like cheese, and you had your choice of cheddar, Jack, and Colby. Or Swiss, maybe, whatever. Anyway, three, like, you're very generic, who cares, kind of shit. And then right across in, in the town of Kirkland, near the corporate headquarters, they had their show-off store. And you'd go in there, and there'd be eight or nine cheeses. You know, brie and goat cheese. and You know, it was just a whole different... Um, oh, don't forget Velveeta. Oh, yeah, Velveeta. Did you know that there's a... Uh, right now, this is not a joke. Alleged cheese. Wait, mean? how did you have Velveeta right there? Velveeta's a food group. <laughs> it says cheese food right on the label. I still I have no idea what that. I mean, just a, what do you think they're lying? Shit. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, um, it ain't exactly brief. Have a good one, D. Cheers, dude. Okay, here's one for you. Do you know how they make salami, and why the outside is white? I like it, so I don't want to know. No, it's good. No, it's good. Oh, okay. It's done with fungi. Oh, oh, yeah. It's done with fungi. And that's the uh, mycelium on the paper. And so that's how it's uh, cured. It's it's quite, it's an old, old, it's like beer brewing. You know, long before we started adding raspberries and blueberries and marionberries and crazy shit. Prosciutto, too, right? Huh? The prosciutto as well. It's curing because it's a, you know, that's why it wasn't allowed in the States for so long. A, I don't know. Yeah, you're right. And, yeah. And it wouldn't American producers. Probably was because it was fungi. Yeah. Mold. <laughs> Excuse me. Mold. Yeah. Right. What? Somebody's right. What I like about cannabis, though, is that whenever you talk about microbes, it's something in a bottle. Okay. Oh, well, if you want microbes, you need to get, you know, this long litany of uh, elixirs and magical mixes. Yeah, God forbid anybody ever read a label. You know, so what's in this crap, you know? <laughs> wow. Somebody's sticking it to somebody. 99.9% water. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Inert ingredients. See, they used to be required to use the word water. And then through political donations and such, um, the law was changed at the federal Other level. Other ingredients? That, that, yes, and then they could use the term inert ingredient so that yeah, people didn't feel like they were getting fooled. Like the OMRI label now. Yeah. Well, see, OMRI... Omri's an interesting story. Omri was set up by USDA, and it states right in their, uh, what do you call it, mission statement. You can go read it right at their website, that they're a listing agent. That's it. They, they can't certify anything. They can't even certify the sun came up this morning. Okay, they're a listing agent. And what do they list? They list, uh, this again is in their mission statement, 
those materials and companies that have been certified by either OTCO, Oregon Till Certified Organic, or Washington, excuse me, and CCOF, California Certified Organic Farmers. That's it. Why would you want Omri? Because USDA wanted a, something they could put on retail products. It looks pretty. Well, that too. And that's another thing. You pay your, your cost as a manufacturer or distributor or whatever. Your price of that uh, Omri certification is based on your revenue your revenue stream and it's renegotiated again it's right in their mission statement that's how they make their money is off you the manufacturer well you don't pay it your customers do so that's omri so people used to ask me well it's omri approved should i use it and i would tell them honestly i only use omri if i have to it means it means nothing to me it's just it's a listing agent Agency. Look at their board of directors. There isn't one botanist on there. Not one. There's a veterinarian. There's a you know, uh, loving hands garden center. I, you know, it's just it, it's a joke. Yeah, Check out their board of directors. Even Vermont is. Uh, so what's the point? Why? How did, way, they, it, how did they become? the tag for organic, I guess we could say, because like when people think of Omri, they think it means organic. Usually it does, or it can. It's too long to go into. I mean, there's, there's more. It used to in the beginning or something, right? And then yeah. it completely flipped. And then the politicians got the hand right, this is, yeah, this is controlled by uh, USDA. They have a branch there called NOP national organic program. And under NOP, when they came into existence in the early Bush years, uh, the second Bush, not the first, um, you had certain agencies that had already been in existence for years, like Oregon Tilt. They were the ones that invented organics in this country. You had CCOF, which was a partner with Oregon Tilt. You had the Demeter Group, the uh, biodynamic crowd out of uh, Germany, dates back to 1928. You had uh, Rodale, James Rodale at the Rodale Institute in uh, upstate New York. You know, we're just going to tell them to go pound sand. So under the auspices of NOP, they were allowed to continue their certification. And you, know, you had the federal standards. This is where the game is played by people going, well, you know, they're all different. No, here's what the truth is. It's not that complicated. So you had Oregon Tilt that had their set of rules, which are considered the most strict. It's, it's duplicated in 35 different states. They have a Me Too. Whatever Oregon does, we do. It's also 50 countries around the world. I've seen cans of fruit from Peru with an Oregon Tilt certified or OTCO, Oregon Tilt certified organic label right on the, on the can. <laughs> What's what's bullshit is is that they have like really ridiculous regulations in it. Like I don't know. I, I, I need uh, has to match the I, pH of your tap water and like other just yeah. ridiculous shit that's just nothing to do with food. What state, what agency? Huh? What agency? Oregon Tilt. Has a what? So for instance, when we for all the aquaponic stuff that we do, anywhere that produce or anything else might might hit has to be the same pH. 
uh, as our tap water, which that's a completely ridiculous rule. Mm. So if you if you have, say, say you're a Guinness certified lettuce facility, if you have lettuce that goes onto like a counter to be packaged or to be rinsed or washed or anything else, uh, that that countertop has to match the pH of the tap water source of your facility. That was a huge issue at one or two places I was at. So Oregon, so Oklahoma has a Me Too with Oregon Till. No, 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 no. This was in uh, <laughs> what state was this in? California, I think it was. Or, or no, 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 no. I'm sorry, not California. It's in Colorado. Colorado. Uh, something that, if it was in California, it would have fallen under California Certified Organic. Okay, Oregon Tilt is in several states, but it certainly is in California. California tried to CCUF tried to uh, merge with Oregon Tilt about five years ago, and it was voted down by the Oregon uh, members. Just uh, something in this doesn't make sense. But anyway. They keep coming after um, every every two to four years. They come the soil Nazis come after us with a, a lawsuit against the aquaponics people, and then we come into into court. And you're saying, wait a minute, you're stuff. saying that that in Colorado, which has a, a, a organic agency that in that state, is subject to the laws of Oregon Tilth? No, Oregon Tilth is who the Oregon Tilth is the only organic certification agency that'll certify aquaponic facilities. So whenever we go for a, a certification, we always use Oregon Tilt. In the U.S., at least, obviously. In Europe, they won't certify organic for aquaponics right now. Hmm. Which is fucking asinine, because we're more biologically diverse than most people's soil samples. <laughs> I can prove it. <laughs> anyway, so back to what I was trying to explain. Is even, that... uh, even our friend Scatola Granola can prove that one with his bullshit. Oh, I don't know. If, I don't know if I'd be calling that bullshit. I mean, he's been regurgitated and married up with uh, Elaine, and now they're being promoted by people that I don't quite understand what their agenda is. But let me finish. Let me finish. Uh, so let's say take this one under the federal agency NOP. You can use sodium bicarbonate, uh, baking soda as a soil amendment to adjust pH, okay? Under Oregon Tilth, you can only use baking powder in water solution and apply to leaves as a uh, fungicide as it's been, as been done since the 1920s. Now, that's asinine in one respect. What are you supposed to do? Put beach towels underneath the plants while you spray them? I mean, doesn't it make sense that if you spray the leaves that something's going to probably fall? But anyway, you get the idea. So the deal is that with national NOP, they can have a rule that's established by Department of Agriculture, whatever, and you can disagree with that all you want. The state agencies or agencies like Oregon Tilth can make it more strict, but they can't make it more loose. Does that make sense? In other words... Let's go back to the baking soda. The U.S. federal NLP says you can use baking soda any way you want, in the soil or on your, as a spray. And Oregon Till says you can only use it as a spray. Does that make sense? And then the Demeter group, the biodynamic, the ones that want you to stir stuff it clockwise three times and then counterclockwise three times under a full moon with tampons flying in the air. Um, 
they have their uh, weird set of uh, malarkey. Um, again, they were around since 1928 out of Germany. Their headquarters is right here in Oregon, uh, down by Salem. Plus, some states in Oregon is one that has a state chapter, and then they have the U.S. National Office here. So there you go. And Army was set up only as a listing agency. That's all they still are. It's right in their charter. I'm not making this up. You'll read it yourself. Yeah, I just, I just, I just wanted to add that, uh, you know, two years ago, Vermont said that, you know, they said that anything that's going to, that's, uh, even if it's gone in cocoa with chemicals, you know, DWC, it's, 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 can be labeled organic. That was two years ago that, uh, I don't know who the, who the, uh, you know, the agency is up there that, that, that does it, but, uh, I remember reading oh, the out Fed, years look. ago, and I was just shocked that they were allowing that, especially Vermont, that was supposed to be so punchy granoli. Oregon had a uh, the beginnings of an organ of a uh, organic certification starting in 1972. The federal government didn't come along until 2001, 30 years later, and it states right in there. Uh, opening salvo that they were basing their laws in great part on Oregon till the OTCO group and the CCOF in California because they they had had this thing going they helped other states get their laws put into place and then Congress got a hold of it and you know money talks and bullshit walks and uh, the money flowed in from the fertilizer industry, which is a big, big industry. And a lot of things got loosey-goosey under the federal uh, charter. That's why states like, Cal uh, like well, California and Oregon just put the screws down on the hatches, tightened it down. You know, in Oregon, it takes five years to get your farm certified. You don't just walk in and go, hey, I quit using ammonium nitrate. Give me a certification. They come out and test your soils. Four or five times yeah. over a five-year period. Yeah, I have heard they, they always the strictest state, Oregon. Yes. In the whole union. And I just, you know, I, I have to laugh. You know, I mean, I people, I, there's, uh, never mind. You know, never mind. I'll leave it at that. I hope it continues to piss people off. I really do. Because everything else in the, in the agriculture of the United States is, you got... Three, four components: salt, sugar, soy, and corn. There you go. There's your there's your agricultural program. So, yeah. By the way, I didn't say this earlier. Oh shit! I'm talking over you. Well, okay. I just did the freaking evil deed, so I'll just keep going at it. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I've been uh, running a poll uh, for a little while right now. Uh, should trivia come back? Should chronic trivia come back? Technically, tomorrow's trivia night, but Wes is gone and stuff, so we didn't really uh, advertise it. So I don't know. It feels kind of dumb to to do trivia tomorrow. Uh, maybe we'll skip it. Maybe we'll do uh, uh, next week or something. So I think tomorrow, pardon me, we'll just do uh, a goof off. I don't know. I don't. I don't think uh, Tara tuned in, but if anyone's uh, paying attention, we have been tossing around the idea of doing like a like a chess night or something like that. This is literally just 
impromptu right now, but I was thinking we could even, uh, if anybody wants to, we could potentially do some kind of a game night or something tomorrow. Uh, I could DM uh, uh, Tara, see if she wants, because she and uh, Drake were thinking about doing something. Yeah, it'd be super fun if we could find something like that. It'd be super fun if we could do like a stone battleship or whatever. Do you ever get like board game simulator? I think it's board game simulator. Connect 4 is one of my favorite fast ones. Interesting. Yeah, you can you can get a whole bunch of different games on there, and it's like not very much money. Like right on. I can take but, a look. Uh, board games. I'll just look it up. That's easier enough to remember. Uh, that would be fun game. though if we could involve chat. Something cool, right? Tabletop simulator, maybe it's yeah. called. We can do we a team. Play. We can do like a, a a chat team. That'd be we cool. can play Yahtzee. Yeah, we can do a chat team. Yeah, we can play Yahtzee or something. Got chess. They got a few other ones. Yahtzee's fun as hell. Uh, and also, if you guys uh, enjoy that, because uh, I have to be honest, you know, I mean, uh, it's not a fortune, but, you know, the money does add up. So if, if nobody wants to do trivia, if no one wants to do that, if no one wants to do that, like, you know, I, I don't want to throw money at freaking uh, nothing. So, guys, if you would like to do that, tell me. Well, shit, I'll put it in the poll. So I guess uh, trivia has won. So trivia will come back, uh, just like James Bond. Trivia will be back maybe next week or something. I don't know. We'll figure it out. So we'll end that poll. And now we will, uh, your mama likes polls, by the way. Uh, let's see, what will we, uh, we're going to do a poll. Come on, poll, let's work here. It's not letting me do it. Here we go, now let me do it. Uh, do we want to do, or, well, let's do that, board games, yes or no? Boom, simple. Board games, yes or no? Ladies and gentlemen, if you're in the chat. Please type yes or no if you'd like a board game. There's no crazy poll option right now because I was just like, okay, let's get yeah. it out because I was interrupting Coot and Charlie's farm talking about some interesting shit. Back to you guys. I realized I talked all over you and you're like, what were we talking about? Oh, no, I, I, no, I, I can't just caught my but... thought. No, you no. weren't still talking. I thought I was talking over you. Um, one thing I, I would point out one other thing is uh, Anthony, one of you, I don't remember who put up a picture of a product that was distributed and promoted at a, a Emerald Cup several years ago. It turned out to have uh, a really radical pesticide in it. The guy went to uh, whose whose defense was, I didn't know you had to put everything on the label. Okay, this shows you how poor the laws in Oregon have been implemented. Before there was a wreck, there were medical dispensaries. And medical dispensaries fell under a set of laws that demanded purity. The recreational laws were written by the industry that was going to benefit from them. And they did not have restricted laws. And it was a medical facility that called for a inspection on this material that would not have been called for in a recreational dispensary and that's how they found the stuff and that's how they arrested the guy so i i take i don't i don't really want to talk to uh, about reducing the purity laws that we have on production they're <laughs> they're sloppy enough as they are as it is right now it's only going to get worse because the people who wrote the laws are the ones who benefit from it. A system that you got two ends that make money, the broker and the dispensary. It certainly isn't the employees. 
fifteen dollars an hour, my ass. And they're only going to dilute it more because the more they can get their hands money in the game, you know, it's just going to dilute it even more as far as they can go. But just you know, it's really about profit. Yeah, got to make those share. And the price is just going down. I mean, right? Quality, everything going down. All of those prices. They don't I've got friends. In, I've got friends in uh, St. Louis. They tell me that they're getting some really bad cookies out of Oklahoma, for example. So, you know, and stuff out of Oregon. Instead, it tasted like it's been around for a couple of years in storage. So, I'm not. Everything I'm not I get a, at the dispensary comes out crumbly. Yeah. Or it it, it feels hey, this, like it, hey, this legalization has been a two-edged sword. You took the money out of the Cheers, growers' Thanks, hands. You took the money out of the growers' hands and put it in a, a distributor's hands, and turned it into an agricultural commodity. I don't think they've gotten the science down yet to make it a commodity. They're trying. Well, they should, doing a damn yeah, good job here. Well, they got to the market thirty years. But yeah. Oklahoma is filled with garbage, but only about five ten percent of it's worth smoking. I agree with you there, hundred percent. Well, we're not doing any better. I mean, look, what is it? Look, for years, decades, going back fifty years minimum. What did you do if you got bad weed on the West Coast? You took it east. Yeah. If you got it to New York City, you really made money. My God, you still do now. You still do now, though. A lot of the stuff yeah, exactly. coming out, obviously. If, well, if, October hey, is Charlie, just coming, flooding our streets right now. So they the busted two two hundred thousand plants, black market growers here in Oregon, and these are mostly cartel stuff, some Asian gangs and what have you. I don't like that word. I mean, everybody's a gang if they don't look like you, but whatever. Uh, commercial operations and, and using slave labor. Okay, let's not sugarcoat it. And one farm alone, one farm alone. They had sitting on hand, ready to ship, three thousand pounds, a ton and a half of weed. Yeah, they just found a place outside of San Fran three weeks ago, wasn't it? They had a hundred thousand plants. I forget how yeah. many, how many, how many elbows yeah, they had ready like, to ship. Million dollars like to three million things. cash. And I guess they hide like if they if they process weed, they hide it in like trap holes and stuff. So they they look for those now. And this too. is indoor. This is an indoor facility. Oh, really? Plant. Yeah. Indoor facility. Yep. Right outside of San Fran. Damn. I thought you were talking about My point out. is that, hey, look, legalization was supposed to have been one thing. We didn't never got that. What we got is decriminalization and just shifted the money around. That's all. Yeah. Prop and 64 is nothing but money to go to the big man. That's all that law is written for, Prop 64 in Cal. Yes. It's just for the big man. That's why the yep. farmers having so many problems. They're getting yep. screwed on their contracts and their processing, yep. having to come up with so much every three months. Not and being let's talk that. about and the they're joke. Breach that, contract. They're in breach contract if they can't keep their supply running. I mean, come on. And let's talk about the joke that CBD became. Remember where people were being promised they were going to make $35,000 an acre? Yeah. Okay. In what world? Yeah. In what world? Yeah, they get the money though. Wait, you know that's you know when it comes to the quality and taking the market over, they're going to they get the pockets to wait fifty years. They can they get the pockets to wait hundred years if they really want to. 
So they just completely consume the market. And that's exactly what their whole plans are. You haven't been able to buy a, an acre of agricultural land in California for how long? Because Philip Morris and R.J. Reynolds went out there knowing which way the laws were going to go and bought up everything they get their hands on. <laughs> you know? I remember and going Nestle, through... Right, Nestle, yeah. yeah Nestle and Nestle trying to take over water rights yep. And, and yep. on rivers in the West. I mean, They have know. been since the 70s. Did you see? Did you see the sixty minutes last Sunday when they were going over the the, the fight they have over the you know the, the, the right now the absolute horrific state the Colorado River is in on its own? But now you know Utah is fighting for their water rights because they had they weren't they weren't oh, yes. taking what they were allocated and now they want their water that they've been allocated and it isn't there. And it, it's like three other states have their hands in the pot. There's not enough water for the states that are already getting their allocation. Let's take let's take Southern Oregon where you have had agriculture interest at least 150 years. We're growing uh, orchard fruit, pears, uh, several types, like six types of pears. You have vineyards. You have uh, rice. In fact, uh, the author of uh, the One Straw Revolution, his foundation was based down there, and it's one of the largest organic. Uh, Rice farms on the West Coast, they get down to California, Lundberg Farms. But all I'm saying is all this is going on, and then let's dump in a bunch of black market growers with 200,000 plants. Think about that for a minute. Let's say they only got two pounds of plant. Let's say they weren't good growers. They didn't have their cow mag right or something. Okay, so let's just round it up a little bit. Five hundred. Thousand pounds of weed. Think about that for a minute. I mean, my God. You want to talk extract? You want to talk terps? Or excuse me, you want to talk uh, dabs? With that kind of volume, imagine what they can make it for. Hey, the idea that the small grower, you know, the really groovy guy with the Birkenstocks and the Volvo is going to you know, really make a contribution to this industry is ludicrous. The, the day's gone. It's over. When Mississippi goes legal and Alabama goes legal, what hopes do any of the old timers have? It's over. They won. They stole the whole thing from us. It's a charade of what it was. It was never legalization. It was all it ever was, was decriminalization. And once the framework is up financially within those states, that's when the feds are going to come over and open the banks to it eventually, because they're just waiting for the infrastructure. They're not going to spend the money or make all the mistakes and then have to take the blame for it. They're going to wait for all the states to do it. But once all those states are all set up, their pins are all set up. You watch the feds are going to come in. And that's when they're going to open the banks. I don't think they're going to open them any sooner than that because, or when it's close to most of the states and they have a solid framework of financing. And the states open up the banks too for that matter. You know what I mean? Speaking of the big guys, when I, you know, I've only driven through the Panhandle of Texas. And this is back in '85, and then I, I drove through those literally. I mean, the whole panhandle is nothing but wheat at the time, 85, fall of 85, nothing. And I mean, as far as the eye can see, and all I kept thinking to myself was like, you know, I can only imagine the runoff. that these grow to wild? Acreage. No, no. These are silos every, I forget what the mileage was every, you'd see a couple of silos.
But as far as the eye could see, there was no tree line. There was nothing. I mean, it was just literally endless fields of, of uh, grain at the time. And um, but I saw down in Florida when I was when I was when I used to drive down Alligator Alley and see the, the sugarcane field, and you would see a mountain in the distance. Must have been at least a mile away. We'd see the factory with the smokestacks processing the sugarcane. And uh, you would see a mountain of refined white sugar. And I mean it. It was as tall as the, the, the processing building itself, which must have been at least five or six stories. This thing was enormous, the pile of white processed sugar. And the reason why I noticed it was because I, didn't, I don't like sugar, period. I don't, like, I don't like anything that's really sweet. But, you know, I, I was just thinking, man, all that, everyone's going to be consuming that processed crap even back then I knew it was garbage. Well I'm gonna try and explain it. When you when you and I were young men, if you wanted to gamble, you went to Vegas or Reno. That was it. Later uh you had uh Atlantic City Atlantic. Right? Yeah. And by the nineties every state realized fuck man, if you try to tax people you're gonna have armed insurrection. But if you set up gambling They'll just come with handfuls of money and dump it at your feet. But well, we Lock actually just like that. gambling in in Massachusetts. We used to have to. I'm leave talking about every state. Every state has casinos. Why wouldn't you? Yeah, well, why, you why they want lose? the? Yeah, they don't want that, that tax revenue going across the border. Of, of course. course not. Of course well, not. When, when we just got like our first casinos built, it was crazy. Okay. But you, but now they're up and running, and now they'll be a, a big source of revenue. And here in Oregon, at least, they restricted it. I think it's restricted, but the majority are owned by Native American tribes. So that's a good thing I, because they've been treated like shit for since so, uh, Europeans arrived here two hundred years ago. So you know, come on, bring it in. They they have um, overemployment. Even before the pandemic, I mean, I mean, just say, you know, because people will show up with handfuls, bucketfuls of money, but try to tax them, get a sales tax in this state. Won't happen. We're one of the few states that you can come here and spend all the money you want and not a penny will be in taxes. Because we don't believe in taxes. We'll just tax the homeowner. So I paid more money in taxes for a mediocre home than for a McMansion down in uh, Southern California. Sure. It's obscene. Yeah, instead of spreading it out, they just tax you guys to get you yeah. guys hot. Same thing with New Hampshire. Yeah, yeah, New Hampshire, same way. You don't even know in auto insurance in New Hampshire. I mean, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I'm down in Massachusetts. I, I actually saw an accident back in the 90s where somebody in Central Square in Cambridge, somebody from New Hampshire, went off the road, went off of Mass Ave and went through a, an ATM window at a citizen's bank. And two people, you know, the ATMs were new. There must have been a line around lunchtime. And uh, some, uh, sorry to say, some old lady on a bike got smashed as the guy went right over her and then heard two people in there. New Hampshire. So the big thing was he got charged. But the big, you know, we as we were gathering around going, uh-oh, there's no insurance with this guy. So, you know, who's ever hurt in, in, in more than hurt now, they're going to be in big hurts later. You got a lot of insurance companies in Boston, so you got a lot of targets. Yeah. So the headquarters is in Iowa. Headquarters oh. for 
insurance yeah. is in, in Iowa. That's why they have you know the first primary day because all the money, you know, first primary is a union. <laughs> I don't why know. Why are all insurance companies not like they're always you're paying like a company here, but the insurance company's not really from the state. I think the best the best insurance scam is life insurance. You're betting them that, you know, I mean, think about it for a minute. You know, you're going to die. Okay. The question becomes well, you know, I don't want to get into the whole insurance thing, but anyway, I just, I think it's an interesting uh, scam. Other ways I mean, don't, you want to, don't you want to leave something to your loved ones that once you go? I mean, what the hell? At least get, let them get paid for your life. That's the way I look at it sometimes. Because I have a couple policies, and I think, you know, well, I'm so much older than my wife, too. So if I go first, I want to make sure my wife and daughter are all set. But, um, you know, but I also have, they have policies themselves, especially my daughter, because we can stop pulling off when she starts, you know, when she turns 18. So it's more of an investment than anything. But, um, but yeah, that's, that's one of the main reasons why I got it. Because I, I didn't have it for years until I had my family. And I was like, what? Huh. Just in case. Yeah, I don't have a family anymore. So. Not that they not that they were going to give me a lot with the abuse this body went through. <laughs> yeah. That's for sure. I had dreams at one time, you know, maybe when it got legal. See, in my mind, legal means like hemp is legal in Oregon. You got 500 acres. You want to grow 500 acres of hemp? Here's the fee or the tax or whatever. I can is. sprinkle plants no matter what, what seeds I can plant. Right. I sprinkle them. Like tomato. You say if cannabis was like tomato plants. Grow as soon as you want. That would have been legalization, but I I don't think that's ever going to come. If, if a state into political entity feels that there's a profit to be extracted out of the production and sale of that commodity, then that's what's going to happen. Just, you know, the law of the jungle, the way the cookie crumbles. There are two ways about it. Back. They yeah. say the same thing, too. You know, look at the study that was done back in 72. Nixon had his most conservative friend. I can't remember the guy's name. But he did a two-year study on the plant in 71. It was given to Nixon in 72. It was supposed to go public. But because he, he advocated for it because he picked this guy you know just guaranteeing that it's I think be a you're talking report. about uh, Senator Monahan Patrick Monahan is that what it was yeah, yeah who, who, who once said that the best solution to race problems in the United States would yeah. be benign neglect okay he was a Harvard uh professor uh you know so his quick wit a lot of people benign what does that mean so you know people rush to their dictionaries to yeah, uh, I always now, now they do it on their cell phone, I guess. You know, they just had a Hearst uh, special on Hearst actually, you know, speaking about yeah, 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 race, yeah. You know, I, on, on NPR a couple of weeks ago. I didn't get to watch it, but uh, you know, I'm going to my brother actually brought it to my attention. But how he manipulated the system, you know, <laughs> excuse me, for decades, and yet yeah. he died penniless, right? That's right. what's remarkable. His story is that is that quintessential American tragedy. He rose to the apex of his uh, industry, his sector. He was at the top of the mountain 
and man, the hard was the the fall was hard and complete. And he died basically penniless and alone. What, yeah, 51, 52? Yeah, he owned all yeah. the big papers. All the big papers. That yeah. home that he built in in uh Yeah. They do tours there now. What San Simeon, yeah. That's it. San Simeon. Yeah, made up. And, and the acreage of that of that of that ranch is is phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. Um, he bought up all the forest, the old growth forest, and that's when he started his campaign against cannabis and hemp. Yeah. In a, in a big way and doing it under a pen name, he could write in all his different papers, different editorials. I mean, it just uh, that's why I can't stand the word marijuana. He's the one who used it to demonize the, the Mexicans. You yes, know, just the Mexican. Well, that was I was explaining before you got here. That was one of the uh, methods used by the Dupont family when cannabis to they pushed over the big money behind the push to make it illegal in 37 38 whatever i don't remember exactly year um but that was the thing is that you know the mexicans are going to come after our women and you know those negroes over there in new orleans they smoke this stuff right so uh it was an easy sell to a, a basically a racist society i mean pre-world war ii come on uh world, world war ii a lot of people actually met black people for the first time and, and, and Hispanic people for the first time in their lives. If, if you grew up and lived in Iowa, the chances that you did not know a black person is pretty good. And yeah. you certainly didn't know a uh, Hispanic. I want to hear something trippy. So my mom, my mom didn't see a black person until she was almost 12 years old because my grandfather worked on military bases. And they had yes. lived on base housing and just never saw anyone that wasn't white until she was yep. a teenager almost. Yeah. That's my own mother. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. Like not that long ago. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I can give you a modern day, modern day example of, of uh, discrimination is, uh, you know, we have two casinos, I think in mass now we have one, I know one, but they both win, win, win owned casinos, Steve win. And, uh, Oh, geez. You know, they tried to get one down in the South Shore that the Indians were going to build, and it literally went. Everything was all set, ready to go, and at the very last, literally the very last second, the day before they were going to sign all the papers, they pulled the plug on the Indians down the South Shore. Of yeah. course, when when one, it's all that's all I can say is when one, and I got to pass the Encore, which is in Everett, right on the Boston line, every other day when I go into Boston, because I go. Go up to the south, the North Shore, and I got to pass that casino every single day. And I, all I can think of because I got a big thing about the discrimination. It's not that the genocide of the Native well, Americans, see, the true Americans. I got a big thing about that. When Oregon uh, lifted, began to loosen the laws on a, a pandemic uh, as far as indoor thing, and the way that I the route that I take to the coast, I drive by one of the larger of the casinos in the state of Oregon. Um, I'll tell you that pandemic sure didn't slow down that casino. People, man, they will they they will show up for gambling, hell or high water. You know, it just More it amazes anything me. Anything else I do? Yeah, you know, cheap drinks, uh, really bad food. Uh, you know, like hot dogs, that's, you know, 
you want their money for gambling. Now you don't, you know, getting served Kobe beef or something, you know, or whatever the American version is. I can't remember. Most of them are. If you're gambling, they'll they'll give you drinks. Sure. Hey, look, the mafia started that in the forties uh, in Vegas, the Chicago, the outfit, and uh, they ran that thing until the the guy in the seventies, uh, Spilatro, just tore the thing apart. And uh, anyway, he ended up in a cornfield, buried alive. So. <laughs> Yeah, completely tore apart the whole Vegas. That was the skim. That's where they made their money on all their casinos, the skim, the count room. And they would trap move it by train. They had like couriers, women, never men, you know, just uh, very plain looking women were couriers that would try to take packages, uh, parcels big of cash to uh, the outfit in uh, Chicago. And then somebody got too greedy, brought the whole house of cards down. Even when I was in the, in the cannabis trade in the late 70s and 80s, I mean, if you could get the stuff to Chicago, you were dancing. You were at least double your money. You double it again if you got it to New York. But man, Ohio and Pennsylvania. Mm. I got a Maryland. Maryland has been getting real hot. There's a lot. I've had a couple people contacting me about farms there lately. How many states are legal in the Midwest? I mean, on the East Coast. Uh, fully legal that have medical programs. You have Florida, Georgia. Actually, pretty much everything on the East Coast now. Wow. Florida, Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina, Maryland, Virginia. Yeah, I think all of them now on the East Coast. Delaware has one. Um, it's the it's it's like Alabama, Louisiana, and Mississippi that are still holding out. Now, Alabama. Oh, okay. Now Mississippi actually had a more liberal set of laws, and then they immediately repealed them. Uh, I was actually supposed to speak in Jackson, Mississippi. Uh, at a conference and then they canceled it because they changed the laws like right before the conference. So they were like, fuck this shit. So like these black market growers in Portland, that's their term, but what are, what's, oh, heritage growers and we're supposed to call them. Legacy growers, I think is the. Yeah. Okay. So 200,000 plants. And so let's say they gross uh, 500,000 pounds. What are you going to do with it? With all these states that are already producing? Well, I think eventually you'll have export. I think that, you know, the same way that Napa is known for wine, you'll have humble, you know, the the Oregon and Cali be known for weed for export. I can tell you, I could get Cali weed in Harare, Zimbabwe, and it was branded to me as Cali weed and had fucking symbols and growers' names and shit on it that actually, you know, I've seen before. In fucking Harare, Zimbabwe, right? So that there, you know, there's a market for that shit for okay. export. That makes sure. sense. That, that makes and the same thing too. I think that you're gonna see that for there, Jamaica, 
And then like the Durban area of Africa, like a couple parts of the world that are just notorious for the weed or their, yeah. their weed, I think are going to be able to brand around that the same way that wine did, you know, the, the Napa and, and champagne and all the rest of that shit. I think you're going to see something similar and it makes sense, you know? You know, my fervent hope is that the number of people that have uh, decided that they're entitled to my genetics, that I hope they make a lot of money, you know? Uh, golly, I wouldn't want, you know, a, a stone unturned. Or was that? Oh, it turns a bird. A, a turn on stone. Your genetics that freely? Huh? Does your wife know you're giving out your genetics that freely? Oh, for years, yeah. Okay. We never got we never got into this to make money. We got in to help uh, medical patients. And when that program fell apart, because it used to cost by the time you paid for your to go doctor to get right to little thing, right? That was two hundred bucks. Then the state moved it to four hundred dollars, another two hundred dollars to grow the license for your medical card to grow what six plants, and then they changed the law here. Anybody can grow four. Yeah, right. I'm going to pay you. I'm going to pay out four hundred dollars. I can get two extra plants. Fuck you. I'll just grow bigger plants. You know. So uh, four plants, if you know what you're doing. I mean, there's forty pounds. I mean, give me a break. How much do you need? Uh, you know, even if you're you know, really into the funny money. But then when the price just like this legalization killed everything. I mean, one year, the first year, the first year it went legal here, the prices dropped below $500 a pound. When the crops went in, your projection was that you would get $2,500 a pound. Then a couple of months in the season, well, no, it's going to be more like $2,000. Okay. And then the fires and the smoke and, you know, just every fucking thing that could go wrong went wrong. And, uh, I mean, a lot of investors that first year, they were done. Because that's what the investors do. They don't hang, well, let's try again. Let's see what happens. No. You take your money and you go and you bring in widgets out of Zimbabwe, you know, and, and move them to Brazil or something. You know, you don't just keep, well, let's see, keep banging my head against the wall and see if we can make this work. It's over. And that's exactly what happened. And with the second team that came in, whoa. They're the ones that brought in this, the group with the, the notebook full of jokes and suggestions that the, the uh, consultant crowd. They can't discuss soil biology at all. Pure insanity. I might as well, you know, talk to my uh, bulldog, Agnes. Once in a while, she looks intelligent. I'm disgusted with the whole scene. I mean, when, I, when we read about people being, you know, incarcerated, forced to, to live in poverty on these farms. Under arrested recently. Who? Duke Diamond. Did a lot of, of well, bigger breeder a couple of years ago, uh, but yeah, he's you know he's been out of the scene long enough. Some people might not know who he is. Uh, who is he? Uh, potent, uh, uh, famous breeder who bred a lot of uh, skunky stuff. But otherwise, of, what was the story? Yeah, developed a lot of the uh, like 
Um, a lot of different stuff, actually. I can't think of any particular strains off the top of my head right now because it's a bit late and I've had a very stressful day. You had a real G13. Yeah. You did a bunch Shineapple of and stuff. stuff. Yeah. Dominion Seeds, right? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I th- uh, his charges were much more complex than cannabis. Okay, well. It wasn't even. What's crazy is it, it. What's crazy? It's not even a big deal. But he was in the wrong place. He was driving across state lines, and it was just dumb, dumb, just like silly shit that he should not be in jail for. But it's not all. Just wanted to clarify that. Yeah. Thank you for uh, some clarity on that. Yeah. I don't know. You know, like I'll say it again. We ain't Woodstock anymore, yeah. So uh, I, it's just my, it's just an, it's just another business, you know. My biggest fear is, is that people are gonna be like, "Oh, federal legalization," and it's gonna be Amendment sixty four all over again, except on like a federal level, and that's yeah. you know that's what I'm terrified of, and I think is basically coming. I agree. I that's what I've been saying quite a bit, potent. I just have you know, that feeling that. They'll just use that as the model. There's too much money. I think some regulation is good. Like Oklahoma just moved to have uh, hydrocarbons and all C1D1 blast room rated. Like that's a pretty good regulation, right? For safety and stuff like that. But, you know, some of the stuff's getting completely out of control and there needs to be some kind of breaks and there needs to be, you know, some sanity brought to these fucking regulators when it comes to taxation. Like, are you telling me that 25 or, or percent taxation is fucking reasonable? What the no. fuck are you smoking? Right. Well, there's this goes back over half a century. There was a famous uh, political operative in California politics by the name of Jesse Unruh. And he was a behind the scenes kind of guy. But he really knew how to coin a phrase. And he said it like 60-something years ago, and it's still tr- more true today than then. Money is the mother's milk of politics. And as long as you understand that, the whole thing will make sense. Fact. Casinos make too much money so they can buy anybody off. It's always been that way. Going back to, you know, 1776. Money talks. Contractors. Yeah, it's just, I mean, come on. You know, it's the sugar. You mentioned sugar. Many people, uh, doctors, uh, well, I won't get into that whole thing, but it's also known as a fifth state. You know, there's been... Sugar associations since the 1600s. Does that tell you anything? We've had 500 years, almost 500 years of uh, the sugar associations. And once they figured out that man, get it from a sugar cane is too expensive. It's a lot easier. Way longer than that for salt. Yeah. And then we have a, a. President, years. And we have a president in the 70s who was, an, uh, who was a farmer. And uh, what's he doing? He goes to mix the uh, food pyramid. And as we know today, that's all bullshit. 
So the so the the uh, sugar beet. It took. I'm not joking. The story on this is horrible. Monsanto decided to get into the market. Within three years, they controlled over 95 percent of the market on the growing and production of sugar beets. Uh, when's Monsanto's dick rocket gonna come out? Yeah, I mean, sugar's big money. We're all addicted. Look at the amount of sugar that's in a can of Coke. Or pick a flavor, it doesn't matter. It's all the same. Yeah, and they knew it the whole time. They knew that it was yeah. an addictive substance. Oh, in the age, remember? It was fat. Cut out the fat and you'll lose yeah. weight. That's right. Oh, okay. Yeah, 12, there's an average of 12 teaspoons in a 12-ounce can of Coke or something. Yeah. 40 grams, it's an ounce and a half. So that's three tablespoons of sugar in a can of Coke. No, I just Think about fortunate. that. I don't, I don't like sweet things. I've just been fortunate. Three tablespoons, life. yeah, that's nine teaspoons. Yeah. Yeah, nine teaspoons. Yeah, there you go. Good instinct, Charlie's. I was just telling, uh, uh, <clears throat> fuck, who was I talking about? Somebody was basically pre-diabetic about what you were saying, I think. Uh, uh, Coot about the uh, one can of soda per day equals, I think, 15 pounds of weight gain per year. Was yes. that Yeah. Fuck. And as you said, who drinks one can of soda? Like, right. who drinks one can? Well, one can Hardly is 12 anyone. ounces, which is one and a half serving. Do you know anybody who's ever popped open a Coke and said, I'm only going to have one serving? Right. Would you like a, a half a cup? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, okay. Let me know when that happened. And I would speculate that it goes well beyond the sugar. It probably fucks their whole digestive tract up, especially the diet. It's your brain. Um, I'm diabetic, type 2. And I've been fighting for years. So I listened to a man who's a doctor, professor of pediatrics at UC San Francisco. And his specialty is endocrinology as it relates to blood sugar and diabetes, he's seeing babies as young as six months with signs of type two diabetes. Because why would, you know, mom's trying to be a good mom or dad or whatever, the parent. So you get some juice, read the label. This isn't juice. You want to go barbecue something, look at the label. You know, there's like seven different words they can put on a label. It's all the same thing. It's all sugar. Think about that for a minute. So, you you know, you scan the label. Barbecue sauce is the worst. That That is like, honestly, 40, 45% sugar. Because we're so hardwired for sugar. It's that's what we want. It's in everything. Bread. It doesn't matter. If you if you can't sell it, you put salt or sugar in it. That's all you gotta do. Or both. Yeah. I went to Costco today and uh a neighbor who uh asked Patty if she could pick up uh some cereal, some brand of cereal. It was, uh, I don't know, it doesn't matter. And look at the label, you know, it's 30% sugar. If you did that to an animal, you have the ASPCA after you. You can't feed your dog, you know, bowl of this crap in the morning. 
But yeah, this is for the whole family. Oh yeah, we're gonna have uh, bread with jam on it. <laughs> no sugar there, right? Oh, did you? The thing is, at least the jam is supposed to have a little bit of fruit in it. You know, that Um, was the idea. You know, fruit preserves and stuff was a good way of preserving fruit, and they were traditionally less sugar and stuff and more boiled and everything else. But now they go the opposite. They're like, well, sugar is cheap as fuck, but fruits are expensive, so they load up your jam with tons and tons and tons of syrupy goddamn garbage. And there's basically one strawberry in the entire jar. I'm exaggerating Mm -hmm. for a comedic effect. No, no, yeah, smashed to oblivion so that the seeds float around. (laughs) <laughs> um uh yeah i'm actually gonna, i'm actually gonna get out of here i'm tired cheers much. how can people find you man and by the uh, way you're you're always cooking some exotic shit after after you leave the show what are you cooking tonight cheers man i haven't really looked have a good night man i haven't really looked in the fridge i don't know um i think i'm just gonna eat the rest of my birthday cake Hey, that's not bad. Sugar. That's not bad. I mean, but it's a birthday cake. What can you do with a birthday cake? There's that's an right. exception for that. There isn't really, but we're going to pretend. Get you craving sugar. Yeah. Right. I might as well get rid of it before it goes hard or something. Like, then, like, yeah. Birthday cake's a once a year deal, too. 100%. Right. Smash Cannabis 2.0 on Instagram. Um, yeah. I uh, they already hit me up, dirty, uh, dirty Inica and Grace Ungrown already hit me up on Instagram. So yeah, I'll get those out soon. Um, and I'm actually waiting for. And I ordered what are they called? The uh, padded envelopes from USPS. So I'm waiting for those to come in, and it should be in within the next couple of days. So as soon as they get in, I'll send them out. But all right, guys. Cheers, masters, dude. I'm in. Whatever you identify as, have a great night. (laughs) Meat popsicle. Love for the planet. Here's a here's a good book for you to read. It's called Fat Chance, and I can't remember the author, but he is a doctor. He's the one who's a professor of uh, endocrinology at UC San Francisco Medical Center, which is world is like big time. Um, and there's a YouTube video of him doing, I think it's three, would you tell me, three million hits? Him? Three million, yeah, three or four million. Yeah, three million yeah. hits. So, uh, you know, this is science. Not, and man, the sugar industry pulled a really good scam to get in the 70s. They knew that sugar was causing all this weight gain. And all of a sudden, it was fat, anti-fat, anti-fat, anti-fat. And I mean, I remember in the age, if you ate an egg, oh my God, you know, it's cholesterol. Oh my goodness, you know, your your penis is going to fall off, or you know, uh, your inverted nipples or something. Um, and just ran the scam, and so the sugar in our food just increased every year, every year, every year. And I've watched it myself. Just like you go to the mall and I'm thinking, my God, these young people are you're fat. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, I mean, it's not healthy. You know, it's supposed to be an old person's disease. You're seeing teenagers getting it's diagnosed. It's not just the U.S. either. Uh, now, famous that no, I guess in China and other countries, they have a, a lot of yes. these kids. Yeah, straight up. Yeah. Anybody, any place that uh, adopts the so-called American uh, diet. 
it's just amazing how much sugar is in our food. The four main ingredients in our food system is corn, soy, salt, and sugar. Not in that order. Think about that for a minute. The corn's got plenty of sugar itself. Exactly. I I would if I, I promise you if a person were to watch just the first half hour of Fat Chance the video, and assuming you didn't want to read the book, whatever. Um, Let's <laughs> Hell yeah. But if you took if you took that advice, you just did two weeks sugar free, no no uh, refined sugar, no added sugar to your coffee, go hardcore, you know, or tea or whatever your thing is, you know, it's amazing. Like the effects after just a few days, it's like wow, that stuff's really addictive. Yeah. And so once you complete and go thirty days, then it's like a natural. And I promise you, you won't return. <laughs> in proof of Philly, you get the whole pretzel thing. The people don't understand that in Philadelphia, they sell pretzels like at the corner at a red light, like some random deal. Yeah, yeah. Box of fucking pretzels. You know, we were joking about this shit uh, today when I was driving. We had to go pick up some parts for the lab that we're working on. And um, but we were talking about how in Zimbabwe, like, so in Africa, like, say you get into a car accident or, like, there's a big car accident, multiple cars, and they're all smashed up. The municipal company comes with, like, a bulldozer or just, like, a truck with, like, a wooden wall in the front, and they just push that shit off the road. And then over the next like one to two weeks, people show up with blow torches and just torch them apart and take it as scrap metal. It is the it's like it's like watching insects eat a tree, but it's like, it's like Puerto Rico. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, somebody's car will break down, and it just sits there. And then over the next several weeks or months, depending on how desirable it is, it is. Uh, yeah, it gets removed or taken apart. He's pretty, I need some tires. Okay, so won't have any tires in this car. Anyway, pretty funny. Well, that Probably is pretty it. much the result of our blockade. Oh, I know. I, yeah. 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 They can't get a car newer than 68 or whatever. 65. That's probably where all the Corvairs went. <laughs> <laughs> or there sure was a Chevy Vega. They came out with five years later. Yeah, that was a winner. I mean, you know, General Motors going out of business, which is not going to happen. But I mean, getting out of the car business, I don't think there'd be many tears. Okay, they got the bet. All right, I'll give them that one. What else they got? What's that one they got out now? 600 horsepower vet? The rear engine one? Yeah. I don't know what the price is, but it's got to be. Huh? Mid-engine, it's over the back axle. Yeah. Yeah. 600 horse. That's like, yeah, wow. Was it Lamborghini? I think. Or Maserati. Anyway, the founder didn't install uh, rear view mirrors <laughs> in his cars. 
you like this one. You don't need to know where you've been in this car, just where you're going. <laughs> yeah, maybe the Miura, the first one, the Miura, and then basically, like they told him, "No, man, you gotta, you gotta put him back on there." It was yeah, Frank yeah. Sinatra's car, right? Like Frank Sinatra bought the first one or whatever and had it imported yeah. himself. Yeah, I remember reading about that. And like they didn't have mirrors because it would fuck up the lines. They're like, it doesn't matter where you were. It doesn't really matter. I guess I'm talking like a vampire. Only matters where you're going. That's fucking hilarious. I mean, it's, I don't know. There's a certain kind of, you almost respect it, you know? Oh, Lamborghini, sure. the only car company founded out of spite. Yeah. Because <laughs> like Ferrari basically talked to him, like talked down to him. Like he, uh, 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 Ferruccio Lamborghini, whatever the guy's name was, he was a super rich man from tractors, basically. He built tractors. And so he actually knew what he was doing. I think he was an engineer and shit. So he wasn't some kind of, you know, yokel buffoon, but he kind of dressed modestly, I guess, because he had a farm. And so he often had dirty clothes. I mean, people have heard about like, you know, these, some rich guy that shows up in dirty clothes, right? Before, uh, in fact, I think Charlie's farm was telling us a story like that one time about like the, one of the richest dudes he knew and always dressed in dirty clothes. But anyway, so he showed up at the Ferrari factory complaining about something about his Ferrari. And I was like, oh, I don't even remember what it was, but it was something to do with like something that would make a positive change. And the guys at the Ferrari factory were like, what the fuck is this? Uh, this is a customer, blah, blah, blah. And the guy was like, well, fuck you. I'm just going to make my own cars. And so he did. He basically started his own car company. Yeah. Anyway. Right. Out of spite. And now the only people that can afford him is Kanye West and basketball players. But still. Maybe that's what did you ever uh, read much about Bricklin, Bricklin GT? Uh, it was in the early 70s, and we, it was goal, uh, goal, a goal, goal wing, uh, the doors, you know, that's how you got in. Uh, this is long before the, the DeLorean thing, okay? So he used all like ex, uh, extra parts or you know, uh, stuff he could buy. Like, for example, for the Gullwing doors, he used the, uh, for the late 50s, um, convertible, uh, like Lincoln or Cadillac. Yeah, yeah there you go. Frankenstein, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he didn't have an ashtray in it because he didn't like smoking, you know, <laughs> and bothered him. Said, There's no ashtray right. in it. And... Uh, well, wow, what a disaster! What a disaster! They finally had this warranty that was really good. Of course, warranty is only good if you can get it done, you know, work and repair. And so uh, this was during the Carter. No, no, it wasn't Carter. Who nailed him? I guess it was. Yeah, it was either Nixon or Ford. Anyway, so that was the end of Brooklyn. <laughs> But he had he had some really good, uh, uh, as you can see from the design, his uh, concept was pretty innovative for 50 years ago. Not, not you know, whatever. It's like getting a Peugeot. It sounds really good to you have it for about six months. Right. I was just thinking... Uh... I can't remember exactly what the fine was for, but it was something to do with like uh, something in Russia recently. Like basically if you, uh, oh, it was the the colorful picture. Putin might know what I'm talking about. There's a, there was a very famous portrait of Putin and actually the, the art, the, the photographer's name is uh, Platon. And the, the, the picture is actually really famous. And the, Putin likes the picture, 
But for some reason, people decided to make it into a meme and overlaid like the LGBT <laughs> colors, like the rainbow on it. And evidently, he fucking hates that color. It's a band. It's apparently. the shirtless Russia. picture. Is that what the one it is? No, yeah, the horse. It's, it's the one where they show the. Maybe it's the, honestly both of them, but the one that basically shows the like the the rainbow colors. Evidently, there's a fine of like a couple hundred bucks in Russia, which is already a lot because it's in Russia. You know, a couple hundred bucks is a ton of money, and it's obviously in rubles. But the worst part is that you can only pay the fine in one, uh, like one police office or whatever in like the entire. That's the one in the east of Russia. So oh you basically God, like it's like basically a fuck you thing. So you basically have to travel across the entire nation of Russia and pay it in person. That's the only way to pay that fine. It's the most fuck you fine in the world, probably. Because it takes like two, I mean, not a two weeks, but it takes like a week to cross Russia by train, right? You know, or you, you could fly, but I mean, it's about a few hundred dollars. And what happens to you after that? I mean, yeah. after that, I guess you can get to go home or whatever. But I mean, if you don't mm -hmm. do that, they'll probably throw you in the gulag. You know the I mean? that, that's the gate, that cop house you have to travel to. That's the gatehouse to the gulag. <laughs> right. Never take your free speech freaking provisions for granted, man. It could be that. It could be like for posting a picture, you have to pay a fine and you have to cross the entire name. Mind you that nobody lives on the east of Russia, right? Like 99% of Russia basically lives around Moscow and St. Petersburg and shit like that, right? So like there are a few right on the coast. Yeah, a few, but it's those those cities are not very big. You know, a couple hundred thousand people, that's it. Oh, damn. Isn't it crazy? I mean, here, at least, like, no matter what you think about any of the presidents, you can walk right up to the White House and say whatever you want. You can hold mm -hmm. up a flag. You can you can hold up fake pictures. You can do whatever you want, and no one's going to throw you in a fucking gulag. And a lot of people did during Nixon's administration. Right? Oh, yeah, the, the Nixon hello <laughs> with the middle finger, right? Mm -hmm. Trump shotgunning Putin the black. Oh fuck yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Nixon uh, ran in '72. One of the chants was, "Don't change dicks in the middle of a screw." Reelect Nixon in '72. So, <laughs> Jesus, what a bastard! Roger Stone was his buddy too. He has Nixon. Dude, Roger Stone has. <laughs> Can you imagine having Richard Nixon's face tattooed on you? I just feel that that shows. As a tramp that, stamp. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what he says. He, that's that's so he has a dick on the front and the back. <laughs> he literally says that. <laughs> Whoa! Yeah, right. Dude is special. The more you read about him, the better it gets. Um. Ooh. Yeah, there, there it is. Yeah, that's real. <laughs> yeah, he he likes to tell his exploits of orgies in the seventies and the eighties. Mm. That was his big thing, yeah. you know. Yeah. yeah, God, those people are so fucking bizarre. Everyone's got to have some. He and Roger Ailes. He and yeah, Roger but, Ailes. Yeah, exactly. Like that's no problem. But at the same time, those are the guys that are kind of screw the rest of us. It's so bizarre. That's right. So jammed. Convince you to go against your own best interests and mm. smile while you're doing it. Oh my Steve God. Steve has a tattoo of Steve O. Steve O has a tattoo of Steve O. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> He's actually apparently pretty funny and, and well adjusted now. But 
Yeah. I think he's the only person that from that home cat him and maybe Johnny Knoxville a little bit. He's like the only person that became like a better person through all that. He's like a motivational speaker and shit now. <laughs> on getting clean. I think he is, yeah, yeah. I guess he has a pretty good like He sort of become one by speaking at AA stuff. Bizarre how people can change over time. Well, you know what? Actually, now I think I have a little bit of work. To I gotta do, take right? off, guys. Coo, you have the right have idea. A good one, Coo. Uh, right, cheers, bye-bye. Coo. Thanks for hanging, uh, ladies and gentlemen. We'll do uh, yeah, last call. I don't know. I was thinking. I was thinking about cutting it a little bit earlier, and like, I guess we just got to talking. Um, I don't know. Maybe we'll just uh, hang for a few more minutes, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, so, speaking of a few for a few more minutes, if you guys did want to show off your garden for a second, or tell us some, some strains you're, you're working on or I don't know, just say hello or whatever. You're welcome to hop on and shoot the shit for a second. Uh, we're not going to be here too much longer. Thanks for hopping on earlier though. Charlie's farm. It was a pleasure to see him, man. I was like, Holy cow. Like normally he comes on at like two o'clock in the morning. Then we stay until like five o'clock in the morning and whatever. <laughs> yeah. It was a good conversation too. Right. Dude, yeah, you and Cooper were killing it. That was a very interesting conversation. Yeah. He got a lot of respect. He's been through a lot, you know, He's, he knows a lot, man. He's going to listen to him. He's got a lot of uh, subliminal that obviously that we all know. Just above his sarcasm, but <laughs> same with Stephen. I always, it was uh, potent. I always learned something potent too. Always something new. You know, just <clears throat> do you ever, uh, Charlie's? Do you ever uh, learn, even if someone does something differently? I for some reason I'm not talking in the microphone today. Uh, even when someone does something differently, do you end up learning how to do something in your system differently as a result of it? Like basically something that they do, either you look at it and you're like, oh, that's not quite right. Or maybe you look at it in a different way and it crystallizes something you do, or it helps just kind of visualize something you're doing. Does it ever like, I don't know, maybe that's what it is. Is it like other people's shit? Does it ever help crystallize your own kind of system? Sometimes just, just more of my environment, just, you know, it's more the environment side of things more than anything else. You know, I'll see how they're doing, you know, either cooling or. You know, or heating, because that's one of in this place here. I, I it's all done manually. You know, as the seasons change, I adjust the air conditioning. I had a three ton that shipped the bed last year, so I, I just got a fourteen five in a, in a five thousand water in the other room. But but they, just dialing in, you know, just uh, with a little nuances, you know, uh, what they're doing for a VPD or what they're doing for an IPM or. or just stuff like that. I mean, you know, whether whether I learned something or say like, yeah, took I have a picture with it so fresh. Mm. It yeah, was still bleeding. Even worse, right? Poor Brittany too. It turns out she got <laughs> kind of messed on that whole deal. But whatever. It might have been a good tat, but it, they took the picture while it was still bleeding. She looked like she had a five o'clock shadow. Only judge. Only Judy can oh, judge Jesus me. Christ, <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, oh my god! Well, shit, we're fading because nobody else is going to come on. So Maybe I've been, have. I've been stuck in trim jail for the last three days. Have you? Yeah. Dude, I, I have a bunch of trimming that I'm not <laughs> looking forward to that I got to do. I still have. Oh, my God. Ron Burgundy. <laughs> um, Ron Burgundy? <laughs> Stay classic for San Diego. Yeah, I still have, I still have my two uh, uh, 
uh, indicas out in the yard really? out there, but they're they're ready. They're ready. I just need to get this shit cut cut up so I have room to hang the others. Bugsy, what part of the country are you in? I'm in Arizona. <laughs> oh. <coughs> what do you have for ladies? The flavor is coming down, Bug. Well, the the what I took down is my my sativa. It's sour dream, <laughs> and I got well this plus. This was, I'm still feeling this one. And there's still more of it hanging back here behind the drain stream. So that's nice to have more than enough weed. Like, honestly, when you think back and you're like, oh my God, I gotta go to the store. Oh I gotta go to call the dealer, whatever it is, right? Like, I gotta go call my friend. Like, now you're just like, oh, just get it in the drawer. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Me wishing he's going to be on time. I need some time. more jars. I need a yeah, bunch of nice. That was really nice. Nice work, folks. That was like Thank a nice haul there. No doubt. Enjoy. Your hard labor, man. Enjoy. Shit, that's what it's all about. That's why I don't like to hear people who talk about like messing around with silly experiments and everything else. That's honestly like I don't I don't begrudge people like goofing off and playing in the garden like it's nice to have a sense of play right but the the thing is with weed like at the end of it it's kind of like cooking you know like if i were if you were if i were to see you messing around with cooking i'd be like dude at the end of that you want to eat that right and most of the time people don't want to eat like wet hot garbage right so it's like don't experiment with something that you need or want to smoke you know and so like when you see somebody actually pull it off i guess i'm babbling a little bit but when you see someone pull it off and there's actually good smoke I'm like, oh, that's, that's the opposite of that screwing around thing you know like you actually did it um, that's a little bad, yeah. And it's the most one time. That's a pretty good tattoo. My first indoor grow this winter will be my first ever. Indoor that's fun, Bugsy. I'm curious. Uh, I'm curious that's what you're gonna like better outdoor or indoor. That tattoo of Snooky with the black eye has got to be one of the funniest things I've ever seen. I know it. Well, I have a 650 watt. Light and two hundred watt grow lights, LEDs. So I've got plenty of light to grow a plant or two indoor for sure. You know. Yeah, you're gonna notice a big difference too. Most likely, just in, you know, production of foliage and everything else should have less foliage. Wait, one one characteristic anyway to enjoy out there. Right. Smoke since it's in uh, recent harvest is cooking grade. Nothing, man. What are you can do better that than nothing. So that true. too, you know. Like honestly, like cooking grade that is a lot of cannabis. Somebody in the chat earlier, I think it was Lars, was saying he's taking a smoking break. And honestly, you get way higher when you ingest it. Like your liver processes it into the what is it? Uh, can't even think of it right now. That's a good one, Salvador, Salvador Dolly. Uh, I can't think of what it is right now. Putin would know. But anyway, it's much, much more powerful, uh, like almost an order of magnitude more powerful than basically smoking it or any other, you know, vaping it. There we go. And uh, 
So in other words, you can basically take like a gram of THC or, you know, like a gram of weed and it becomes like, okay, maybe not an entire gram, but it becomes like 600 milligrams of THC, which is honestly a lot. You know, I was just talking to somebody yesterday that got like ripped off of five milligrams. You know, for some people, that's nothing. You know, for many of us, that's not a lot. But for some people, five milligrams is actually more than enough to get lit, which is hilarious to me. It's honestly hilarious. Like for me, I can't even feel it unless it's like 25 milligrams, but some people get absolutely oh my God. lit off of five milligrams. So you can, you can imagine how cheap it can be basically when you do have that like medical green cat. So if you, if you basically messed up a grow or something, you're like, Oh my God, I got spider mites. I got whatever. Well, but you also have a ton of oil for brownies or something. You know what I mean? Like at least that maybe it's not going to be good flour, but at least it's something. And you know, the other beautiful thing about it is, it's still, you know, you grew it, so you know it's clean. You know what, you know, you know what you put into it. So, you know, that's what I've always viewed. Even with mediocre harvest, you still have a premium product to much of the commercial product out there when you look view it through the lens of clean. It is definitely superior to what I get at the the damn dispensary. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. <laughs> puckering butthole that's well, basically that is right there that's redundant though it's redu- it's like a puckering puckering asshole yes <laughs> it's an asshole it's puckering twice i, I won't clarify for the podcast i'll just assume they can just assume that we're looking at like a fractal butthole because that's pretty much what we're looking at it's like a the navel of some big fat guy <laughs> oh my god <laughs> That's great. Yeah, I like that. I like that description for him. Fractal butthole. Uh, I just realized I was showing these boxes and ain't nobody fucking hearing them on the podcast. Uh, you were showing the boxes and nobody what? I didn't be cut out. Hearing them on the podcast. (laughs) Now I am confused. You were showing. I feel like the sentence makes sense, but I can't understand it. Okay, I've reached that point where I don't understand English anymore. Oh, there we go. All right. But we couldn't hear them? They didn't no. know what I was showing on the podcast. Oh, I got it. I got you. Dude, I've done that before, honestly. I've tried to show something. Thankfully, I think for not for a while. But I was like, so for example, here's a pipe. I'm showing this pipe, for example. Mm-hmm. But I was showing it like right here. Like literally right below the threshold again. I was like, oh, it's so interesting. It's so wonderful. And then someone in the chat was like, Phew, we can't fucking see what you're talking about. And I was talking about it for like 10 minutes, whatever it was, you know, like a lighter or something. And it was literally like right here. <laughs> if I just moved it up, like right here. It is what it is. Uh, well, shit, nobody else is coming on. So, you know, ladies and gentlemen, maybe we'll do uh, our, uh, we'll, we'll say our good evenings and good nights and goodbyes. What do you figure? You can have scum. Smoke another bowl. Let's do it. What do you figure, Charlie's Farm? Let's smoke another one. Well, I got a, I got a few more hours, but let's care. Cheers, everybody. Charlie's Farm. The problem is that I have to leave because I need to do a little bit of work in the garden, which is behind me, and I can't do it. I need to. One of these days, I need to find. Honestly, I should do what Smash does and basically just like hook up the phone and you know call in or whatever. But even still, <laughs> yeah, show doesn't have to go forever, you know. It is fun to talk though. Like honestly, I fell asleep the other night. Dude, I fell asleep the other night here. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna put you guys on. I'll jump on, take a nap, jump on in about an hour. 
And I, I didn't wake up till about five o'clock. So you guys were already off. My phone's dead. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, oh shit. It happens, man. Yeah, I've been telling you, like everybody uh, these days, I think needs more rest. You know, they say there's this epidemic, basically, of fatigue <laughs> and everything else. It's been going on since way before the pandemic, right? Like, dude, everybody's working themselves to the fucking bone. Easier said than done, of course, but man, alive. You know, yeah, they say don't apologize for for a rest. You know, you you almost yeah. certainly needed it. Definitely. And you never you never catch up on sleep. There's no such thing as catching up on sleep. Once you mm-hmm. lose that sleep, you can't catch up. There was a study that came out two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Uh, a, new, a new one and it the was corona saying, oh, has the toilet paper if you don't get seven hours of sleep an average of seven hours of sleep your brain will produce <laughs> the proteins that are associated with the alzheimer's so as the years go on they say that the more plaque can from, from lack of sleep can start uh being produced in your brain I was going to say something smart there. I don't know. I think so. Uh, one of these days, Smoke Sense, it'd be nice to do so. Um, hopefully in the future. It's been bothering me. I actually used to do like little garden videos and stuff, but. <laughs> That's great. That is fucking great. That's pretty fucking funny. Um, even grosser, too, because you could see it was like a dude's because it was shaved. So I mean, it doesn't have my to cousin has a bull. My cousin has a bull tattooed on his chest, <laughs> and then nipple is its nose, and it has a bull ring. Same Bernard is saying he hasn't had a seven hours of sleep in a single night in thirty years. Well, at the same time, different people have different amounts of sleep that they need. I don't, I don't honestly sleep seven hours, but uh, uh, plenty. Dude, I used to know somebody that slept twelve hours. I could not believe I mean, that. I you haven't slept, slept much life. at night either, but uh-huh. that's because I'm a night owl. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's the thing. I, I don't sleep too many hours, but you know, you do have to honestly sleep some. You know, like there's, there's just fuck. There's no. I, I'm not. We should change the subject because some people can't fucking avoid it. But the only thing is, like, don't apologize for being, you know, just taking a rest. It's one of those things. Uh, and by the way, folks, don't feel like you have to catch every freaking episode of this show. And oh my god, if you fell asleep or whatever and you didn't catch the show holy crap you probably needed it when betty white speaks people listen and die so many red at that say hello to my little friend get betty white on this show man what the fuck i do it all that much these days you get her on some podcasts I would do that. Like, she's like 100 years old, and I would do it. Oh, wouldn't it be great? I still think they need, like, Netflix needs to do like a million dollars an episode or five million dollars an episode and get Betty White and Bill Murray and be like fun with Betty and Bill. And they just oh, the fucking joke right now because nah, nah, he's all like groping and shit. But like, like pranking bad. people, like them and like their celebrity friends, get like Mel Brooks. Like all, all the all those like super old celebrity co- comedian celebrities to just fuck with people. Make it be an old people pranking old celebrity prank show. Yeah, but like but geared towards adults, not like the fucking some of that CBS shit or whatever, the prankster shows or whatever. Make this like, like trigger happy TV or like some of the other shit that was a little bit better. Buzzkill TV, I think is another one. Full contact pranking with Betty White. You're going to be so good. Who wouldn't watch that? Come on. 
<laughs> Eddie White would watch that. Yeah, yeah like I'd James, watch that. Uh, James Earl sure. Jones and fucking like get a couple of other people like really fucking like just everybody over like seventy five is is welcome really. Did Rob Reiner pass away or is he still around? Because he would be fucking hilarious. Except for Woody Allen, he's not allowed. No, he's not he's allowed. He's not allowed. Uh, Kyle Reiner just died. Uh, say it again, Charlie. Say that Kyle Reiner just died, but uh, oh, right. Rob Reiner is still around. His son, gotcha. he's still around. Speaking of Mel Brooks, tab, one of my favorite you know, movies. Uh, History of the World Part Two. See, my brain no, really is misfiring this evening. I'm like, I know these words, but they're not connecting. They intentionally called it part one, but there's never, no, it was never meant to be a part two. Oh, speaking of part twos, uh, Dune just got green lit, green lit for a part two. So there's going to be like a second Dune in 2023, and probably a third Dune or fourth Dune, Dune or fifth Dune. Dune. Dude, you should go watch the Dune, man. I've seen it twice, actually. Producers is one of my favorite movies of they all time. Are doing it, huh? They did. I just heard today uh, that they're it's like officially greenlit for 2023, and they're going to be filming it this summer and blah blah blah. So besides, they, who got, better to... they got a lot to stuff in for just the last little bit of time. Well, it sounds like I mean the, this movie is doing quite well, so it sounds like if they don't mess up the second one, that will presumably do pretty well too. Uh, and then most likely, you know, there will be a few more because there's, no, there's quite a bit more. You know, it's like, of the world like Star Wars kind of thing. Oh, sorry, sorry. Who better to follow up Dave Chappelle as far as like canceling out cancel culture than Mel Brooks? What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? You're gonna cancel fucking Mel Brooks? He's 95 right. years old. Go for that. See, see Wait, how much Mel he Brooks? Gets. Didn't Mel Brooks pass away already? No, no Mel Brooks is directing uh, History of the World Part Two. He just announced. Oh, I see him. Yeah. way behind the scenes he has a he has like a thing where like him and other old celebrities watch movies together and make fun of them uh, i forget what it's called it's, it's like, like a subscription thing through his, his old web. guy in mystery science theater yeah i think it'd be funny because like you're talking about the dude who did like blazing saddles and stuff like did yeah, he piss people Frank off so not. bad i look forward to it. it'd be great man Half of California's head's gonna explode. Working at Frankenstein, Blazing Saddles. The producers, still the producers. You guys seen the producers? The original one that Mel Brooks did with Gene Wilder. It is so. in uh, who was the other guy? Um, uh, the big guy there, uh, the famous actor. Oh God, um, must. Uh, oh, he had a real unusual first name. Um, Richard Pryor. Mastrano. No, I can't. I always, I always screwed up. I can picture him. He's the one who played the, the the guy who owned the production company that was trying to make the flop, and he was the one that was wooing the old ladies into investing into his 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 uh, endeavors on Broadway. You know, like he was just like a gold digger for these old old widows, rich widows. <laughs> oh, um, uh, Mas, Mas, oh, yeah. Mastrello, Mastriani. I, oh God, it's gonna kill me. I can't look it up right now either. But anyway, it is one of the funniest movies. You know, it really is. It's one of the funniest movies I've ever seen. I saw it when I was a kid. Came out in like '68. It's one of Gene Wilder's like very first movies he ever did, or something, you know. And that's when he started out with uh, doing Mel all Brooks's oh, movies from Blazing Saddles to. Because you, do you guys remember the two thousand year old man that Brooks did originally the record with uh, Kyle Reiner in the '50s? That was you know the huge smash, you know, because he was a comic. Man? 
No, no, that's the one with Polly Shore and uh, what's his name? Wrong caveman movie. Brendan Fraser, yeah. Brendan Fraser and Polly Shore. It's Zeno Man. That's it. <coughs> Polly Shore is a pretty funny YouTube channel where he just fucking yells about other celebrities. Weezing the juice, man. They're wheezing the juice. No, he was uh, going on about how like he was at some orgy or some shit, some fucking chihuahua and some pump like pumpion came and were like like totally fucking up his vibe. It was really fucking funny. He's so fucking weird and random, but like him and Tom Green, I think it's funny to like I watch them these days because both of them are like past their their public stuff and now they're just like talking to the camera like just like off their best it, life like, yeah yeah like they, they've made enough money to where they don't have to give a shit about like supporting themselves anymore they can kind of just run around and do silly shit it's kind of funny although tom green kind of always did that with the humping of the moose and all mm. <laughs> yeah, he was always pretty yeah weird. i think he must have come from money because i don't know how tom he got green. roles mm. honestly yeah, I don't, a lot of people find him gut bustingly funny, and I I don't think I've ever laughed. Like Tom, I don't think Tom Green has ever made me laugh ever. I've it's thought about it. I like I just I don't find it anyway. Yeah, I just like I, oh my god, it's not. I just, literally I can't like I can find so many things funny. And I'm just like, oh man. <laughs> but a lot of people love it. Shit, I don't know. I'd love to see David Tell do like Insomniac in the post COVID world. Yeah, Tell is funny, but Tom Green. No, 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 no. Uh, yeah, well, I was moving past Tom Green and gotcha. something else. Someone who's funnier. That we agree on. But David Tell, man, that was a great show. I missed that show. And there's never been, like, another good... It was, like... It'd be great if you could have, like, David Tell going around with, like, fucking Anthony Bourdain. Like, covering, oh, like, the food and the drinks of a city would be great. And <laughs> the like, two of them would basically train smoke. Remember yeah, how David Tell basically changed smoke the whole show? See, Netflix needs to make me a fucking executive for like a season. See how shit goes. I got ideas. So, um, Bourdain's another one that just died. Oh, a yeah. few years ago, honestly. Yeah, that was a sad one. On that, on that horrible note, um, check out the <laughs> <laughs> Perfect timing. Great segue. November 13th and 14th, um, 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. We have a super awesome lineup of speakers uh, and uh, look forward to uh, seeing you guys there. Uh, Coot will be there and uh, a bunch of other awesome people that have been on the show. And it's free. and You don't have to sign up or do anything or put in your credit card. You can just turn it, turn on YouTube and watch it. 
That's the thing. Yeah. You kind of undersold that. Maybe, you know, like some people probably realize what they're looking at. It's literally some free stuff on your, your channel, channel, but they forget. Yeah. It's a free fucking conference on your channel. And look at the goddamn names here, man. Like, look at the names, Wendy Kornberg, Chris Trump, uh, the dragonfly earth medicine, uh, freaking reader Steve for all people. Holy cow. Reader Steve, Dutch blooms, Kevin McKernan, Clackamas Coot, Dr. Robert Faust. Robert Faust never talks anymore. Never, ever, ever talks anymore. So to hear him talk is going to be really unusual. That's pretty, it's a pretty big deal. Yeah, he only does like one or two talks a year now. So super cool to have him. <laughs> yeah, definitely check it out. And you can find out me at uh, Growing With Fishes podcast. And um, you can check us out over apmjclass.com. Don't forget, you can use keyword Fumi uh, to save 50 bucks off the class. And uh, part of the class money goes to help support Fumi's show as well. We work with a bunch of other people like that as far as trying to help support the community and give some money back to the people that support us. So, um, you know, if you want to save some money and support both of us, use keyword Fumi and you'll save 50 bucks off the class. Appreciate it. In fact, I'll post it in the chat here. Uh, Fumi is the code for apmjclass.com right there. Yeah, it's going to be a sick, sick virtual conference. A lot of legwork, I bet. Bolton, we're hoping you know, to do part of it. Uh, appreciate you doing it, man. Thank you. We were hoping to put part of it in person this year, but with the virus and everything, especially about two or three months ago, when we kind of had to make a decision about, you know, whether or not we were going to try and push ahead with that. This didn't make sense and didn't look like people were. It looked like we were going about about to go into a lockdown again, but thankfully that that hasn't happened. But. Um, you know, we, we kind of made the decision to just do it online again this year. And we'll always have it online, but uh, I think we're going to try and move towards having at least one in-person event, you know, with it for people to get together that want to get together uh, next year or the year after, depending on the what the local uh, global politics are on, on health right now. Just dashed on myself again. Uh, yo mama grows dank fish for 12 person off that, that, that's pretty good like stomach secure that was pretty good yeah <coughs> although on that note uh, ladies and gentlemen go check out fumadoro.com and save uh, 14% off by using the coupon code BRAINS B-R-A-I-N-Z site wide what are you doing by the way like uh, people are probably wondering what you're doing are you mixing newts or what are you doing Yes, I have. Um, <clears throat> I have uh, an RO system up against the wall there, underneath that T T five light that I just use for lighting, and then um, so I have a uh, two fifty five gallon reservoirs, and uh, they're filled. But then I have separate buckets, five gallon buckets on the floor, in which because I have uh, three different mixes to make, I need to make a veg mix, a flour mix, or pre flour mix to be exact, and then a uh, a flush mix. But I do just for the, I, I give them three weeks flush, but I give them, you know, depending on how I feel, one or two weeks of, of sugar, just water, sugar, enzymes, and um, a little bit of the boost. And then the last week, they just get straight out of water. So, yeah, so I'm doing three different mixes, basically, is what I'm doing. I got to, and, uh, but yeah, that's what I'm doing now. Now, and then I have to take some clones. That veg garden's out of control. I got to cut everything back. I still got to wash the cloner, just a pain in the ass. But I've been putting that off for a couple of days. <laughs> How do you Not clone, me. Charlie? 
Just use an easy cloner, 64 site easy cloner. Now is what I use. I've had it for years. I have a couple of them. So and I they use work. It's set it and forget it. Yeah. But I've so used everything. Rockwell, Rapid Rooters, you name it. My own DWC homemade stuff years ago. Okay. So, you know, I use an aero cloner and we've started having the conversation just, you know, amongst friends locally here. Um, with all of the talk of viroids, you know, when you have multiple plants sharing the same water with open incisions and potent, you can probably speak to this. Um, is that not, is that not something we should be concerned about? <laughs> so, so this is something that's come up a lot. Okay. We've actually tested for this. Actually, it wasn't myself. Um, it was uh, university of Arizona University of Hawaii are the two that have tested this out, at least as far as vegetables go. I can't comment 100% on cannabis, but I can tell you what we've observed. Okay. Um, as far as stuff goes with other crops, non-cannabis crops, we've never been able to prove any viroids uh, are transferred via the water in hydroponic systems. Um, we've suspected it potentially with vectoring lettuce chlorosis virus. And that strictly has to do with we've had lettuce chlorosis confirmed at two can aquaponic cannabis facilities um, that had lettuce and cannabis in the same recirculating system with no white flies detected. Typically, white flies are the vector. Now, in theory, could an employee maybe have handled one plant and then the other and not done a good enough job washing their hands and maybe vectored it that way or used pruners or something else on both plants? I don't know. Um, but I came in, did some testing after the fact, and was able to confirm those. We suspect potentially maybe with lettuce chlorosis virus that you could have a vector uh, through the water. But again, we haven't been able to prove that. And that's strictly speculative based on those two observations only. Um, but to date, there's never been any that, that have been proven vectored that way. Everything has been to date as far as uh, I'm aware that has documentation in cannabis as a direct mechanical transfer. So dirty tools not cleaning your tools between plants, which I've seen personally with mosaic virus and a couple of different facilities where people were not dipping their, you know, not using two or three different pairs of pruners and, and rotating in between plants. Uh, that's definitely a, a vector. Uh, and then insects. If you have lots of white fly, cucumber beetles, um, uh, leaf hoppers, all of them can vector viroids. And I've seen and confirmed them vectoring viroids. Um, there's a new fungal uh infection too from cucumber beetles as well so uh, i think you're going to see more i know shit it was 2018 or 2019 was when the you know curly top virus was first observed in the u.s and um and i think you're going to uh see more and more stuff transferring from other crops you know now that we're growing um you know more cannabis near plants that traditionally have not been had fields of hemp or cannabis growing near them uh, you're getting insects that are vectoring viroids and, and pathogens that we simply haven't seen in cannabis before. Or if we did, it was someone, you know, doing a clandestine grow and not telling anybody, you know what I mean? So uh, certainly with the viruses and, and fungal infections this year in Oklahoma, it's been a, a bit of a, what the fuck is this? Uh, much more than, uh, than usual. Two things. A, that gives me more comfort in using my aerocloner. Um, the second thing, I, I, it's just still a little bizarre to me that like dirty tools can pass these things and dirty tools that have been laying there for even over a day, you know, sometimes up to 48 hours. Hey, wait until you hear about prions. Prions basically cannot be destroyed. 
by heat, by even by acid in many cases, they cannot be destroyed essentially. And so a lot of times when, when doctors will do operations on like a, I don't know, like an Alzheimer's patient, they just throw the, the tools away evidently because they can't clean them. Yeah, the, there was a, what was it? One person infected like a dozen other people with Alzheimer's. I remember reading that medical paper what? about that. Yeah, um, there's a, uh, Alzheimer's wow. can be spread via a viral uh, or no, the prion infection. Um, there, there's a, 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 a human form of it too, a, a mad cow disease that's a prion disease that my ex's uncle had. And he ended up becoming neurotic and collecting baseball memorabilia. And he ended up collapsing in the grocery store because his brain finally like gave out or whatever from deteriorating. And they didn't know how he was good. They were going to pay for his care. And they went into his home because no one had visited him. He didn't let anybody in his house for like the last 10 years. And he had something like $8 million worth of signed baseball memorabilia. They used it to pay all of his treatments and like keep him in nice care the rest of his life. So like, his neurosis paid for his treatment later. It was kind of funny how like wow. it helped him later on, you know, be comfortable through the end of his life. Uh, so it was kind of an interesting, uh, interesting thing that happened to my, my ex and back in New York. But um, yeah. Now that's a story, man. But yeah, prions are scary. Prions wow. are why I'll never eat brain. I don't care where <laughs> I'm at in the world. I will not yeah, eat brain from any animal for that reason, because that's how you get prions. Yeah. They actually, they had the, um, yeah. Um, the people in New Guinea had that weird shaking disease. Um, I can't remember the name of it. They had this prion disease in New Guinea where the people would consume when somebody died, they would eat the corpse of the dead person and they were spreading the prions that way um, uh, through the consumption of the humans. And it was primarily the women and the children that would eat the brain. Uh, and they were the ones that were the most likely to get um, this this disorder. Yeah, we were joking, uh, but they noticed when you had they had a, uh, children who grew up without many uh, eating many corpses, they seemed to not get it as often, and they were able to eventually figure out that it was a prion disease. And as soon as they stopped cannibalizing themselves, they pretty much eradicated the the thing within two generations. So sometimes just looking around in your environment, and not eating, you know, your neighbors is a, a good way to avoid those. <laughs> but the freaking the elbows are so good, mm. man. Shit. Mm. Supposedly, like some still a couple of tribes on the Amazon River that do like that ritual eating at death, but they just do like a couple little fucking plank fillets off the butt cheek or something, you know? There's never any brain eating or nothing like that. You ever see how they do the shrunken heads? It's really cool. They remove the skull and then they pack it full of hot sand. And then they slowly remove the sand to keep it the right shape. It's really yeah. interesting. Yeah. I'm really into taxidermy and, and all that stuff. I have, yeah, anyways. <laughs> you have five shrunken heads or something? Maybe. Hey, so potent. Going back, going back to the aerocloner or just hydroponics in general, um, the... There, so there's something about the water that prevents that viroid from passing from one plant to another. Well, do you, just remember you speak that to that? You have a highly oxidative environment. You have a lot of things in the water that are actively trying to eat different viruses as a food source. Um, and then you also have the fact that a lot of these viruses have very specific hosts and very specific, uh, you know, if they're outside of that host for very long, um, they don't do too well. Uh, or the sap of the host, or, you know, they, they're they not very stable very long outside of the plant. That's one of the reasons why, like, um, uh, 
you know, certain bacteria are so dangerous, things like anthrax or something like, um, uh, what's another one that can last for like a super long time? The anthrax is just the one that comes to mind because it periodically it gets, comes out in the, in the Arctic, right? Like you have like a caribou corpse that, that thaws out or a mammoth corpse that thaws out and it, it causes an outbreak. Um, uh, that's the reason why I was thinking of it because it can last thousands of years underground. Um, but this is the kind of stuff where like those can, can pop up and cause issues, but the vast, you know, 99 point, whatever percent of, of these viruses don't survive, you know, more than a day or two out, or certainly not after sun exposure with UV, you know, they're just, they're not designed to live in that environment. So, uh, and then not that they get that in water, but you have all kinds of other, you have the highly oxidative environment, lots of oxygen, which is not very friendly to viruses either. Um, so you have a lot of chemistry reasons and just other microbes that are, you know, looking at them as a potential energy source water um, floating around in that water. Cool. Appreciate it, man. Hungry water bears. <laughs> I, 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 I don't want to cool. say that it's not possible, but it's never been observed and documented sure. to the point where we can say it provably. No, that's, that's really cool that you've even looked at research around yeah, it. So they also did a bunch of tests. University of Hawaii and Arizona did a bunch of tests with pathogens. So they did like E. coli testing and stuff like that, where they were injecting it into the fish uh, and then directly releasing it into the water or even sometimes injecting it into the plants to kind of force an infection and see how did the aquaponic system react to it? You know, did, did it self-clean itself? Did it whatever? And they did, what they found was is that the plants have a very good filtration system in the root zone. And unless you're drinking or eating something that had direct contact with the water, um, as long as you're eating that leafy portion of the plant or, 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 or the fruit of it or whatever else, there's absolutely no risk of pathogen unless you're growing in like straight sewage. Like you have to be growing in like insane total colony forming units before that, you know, it overwhelms the plant's filtration. Um, but any type of sane agriculture, even, you know, uh, an overfed fish system is still well outside of that, you know, parameter. And that was, you know, University of Hawaii is the one that did, a, I think, a seven year food pathogen study specifically around aquaponics, around a whole wide range of different pathogens if you're looking to kind of get more data on that. Good. I can keep using my aeroplaner. <laughs> yeah, you would think that with the, uh, you know, on a commercial scale, when they're using trays, they have a medium that's more more of a, uh, a welcoming host. You know, yeah, when we, using rock holes and then sealing them off, you'd think, you know. Commercially, we usually use um, iHort plugs mostly uh, for most of the facilities just because if the power goes out. Um, or we have some kind of other issue with, with keeping, you know, the water going or something else. Um, those things hold water for a couple of days and, and it's not, you know, I don't lose them. Whereas the aero cloners, and if your power goes down and you have some other kind of issue, you are, you know, really in trouble. I think that's the biggest yeah. thing I don't like. They're great. They work faster. They're the best way to make clones, but at the, you know, it's like driving a, a dragster versus, a you know, uh, something with a huge gas tank. I don't know. Yeah, I've had that issue many times with the power going out or just forgetting to plug the timer back in because I have it cycle 15 on, 15 off just to keep the water cool. So, but yeah, I've had that issue, man. It's not fun because then you're sitting there panicking, hoping they're going to fix the power in the neighborhood before freaking these things die. So just keep them sprayed and hopefully they make it. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take off. It's getting late here and I finally finished all the stuff I've been doing off screen. So. Oh, 
Cheers I will to see you guys. By the way, I think we're going to try to do the board games tomorrow because the uh, the polling was seventy six percent pro board games. So uh, democracy wins, and uh, yay! So board games tomorrow. We're gonna have fun. Tabletop Simulator. I found it. It was Tabletop Simulator. Is the thing, and this allows you to play like a fuck ton of different games, and I think they have it on consoles too. Right I think it's cross-platform. Hopefully, we don't have to buy it. Yeah, yeah hopefully. Don't. <laughs> oh, is it total? Right. Is it on? Okay, maybe I don't even have the same run. Let's yeah, cross-platform as well. No, I do it. Right on. Right on. Same one. So, but this way you can download mods. Nice. The cool thing is you can download mods for it and shit, and we can play like hundreds of different games off of it. It's that one thing, you know? Right on. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you heard it here first. We're going to do uh, freaking board games and shit tomorrow. We're going to try anyway. It's going to be fun. Cheers, Bowden. Thanks for hanging, man. Cheers, Bowden. Uh, next question, ladies and gentlemen, in the, the chat is uh, good night. And the questions are, yeah, buddy, snore. Heck yeah, buddy, time for bed or even penguin sleep in hell. So far, that's winning, actually. So uh, make sure to, to vote your, your favorite, ladies and gentlemen. Bugsy's Evil Deeds, uh, what do you think, my friend? Uh, candidly, I have a little bit of work to do. So I, I'm going to you know, abscond soon. What do you think, my friend? Uh, how can people find you? What's the uh, good word? Bugsy's Evil Deeds, and also my my marijuana stuff is on that. You see that name right down there in the corner? Bugsy Actually, we don't. It's not on the. It's cut off. Yeah, um, you see it. Bugsy there it is. It, uh, under that one is my marijuana channel, and I do panels like this. And we talk about marijuana stuff and we have smoke sessions. And I, know, I do a thing called fucking shitty karaoke where I smoke too much when my voice is all cracked up and the karaoke song. That's pretty funny. <laughs> that, that's pretty funny, honestly. Right on. Cheers, Bugsy. Thanks for hanging, man. Uh, yeah, have a good one, my uh, buddy. Uh, uh, stay cool down in, I guess, even though it's wintertime, you got to, like, apparently stay cool down in Arizona. It's like <laughs> thousand yeah, degrees or something. Right? Cheers, buddy. Peace. Love for the plan, man. First time on the show. Welcome. Yeah. Cheers. Uh, how was it? Hopefully, all right. We should ask you. Be like, well, it was fine. It was fine. Uh, how can people find you, man? How can people find Love you? Love for the plan. Instagram. That's pretty much all I do. I mean, I have an account on Twitter, Twitter and youtube but i don't really do much with it so but yeah instagram i stay fairly active oh and cannabis of course don't forget nice. cannabis right on, so, yep those two that's it man awesome yeah. welcome back Thanks anytime man cheers dude cheers charlie's farm time to uh time to chat plan. my cheers, friend man yeah. everyone yeah cheers dude have a good night uh, charlie's farm what about you man how can people find you um youtube and instagram but you know i never liked facebook or instagram so I haven't been on Instagram in about a year and a half. I know I say it every show. I always but, forget. Yeah, I was on the spot there. Facebook, I didn't mean to. Go ahead. Go ahead. More of a about Facebook. I never liked him from the beginning. Right. I wasn't a fan of Zuckerberg because I knew what he did. I know, man. So, um, but anyway, you know, but I got family and friends. But anyway, yeah. So I was going to go back on Instagram. I was thinking about it just because you're on there and everybody else is. But um, by the way, what's the email that I can email you at? Ooh. Viewador at chronictable.com that goes for anybody if you guys would like to email me and uh 
Poor Charlie's look at that. He had to switch. Look at that. A hot swap of the pumps. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, baby. look at that professional. Look at that. Look at that professionality that right there. Cool. Saved by the freaking at the last oh, minute there. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, if you guys would like to, uh, 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 I don't know, uh, email, questions, comments, concerns, fumidor at chronictable.com. Uh, there was a question earlier. We, I had a poll question. You know, are we going to do uh, trivia again? Apparently, we're going to do trivia again because uh, Democracy won. And they said uh, like 60% or something, 57 or 60%. They were like, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so if you guys have trivia questions, email me at trivia at chronictable.com. It's actually the same email address, but it's just easier to remember. And it goes to the same email box, but uh, fumidor at chronictable.com. So chronic table, just like it's spelled right behind me, .com. And of course, you guys know fumidor, F-U-M-I-D-O-R. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, while he's off uh, doing uh, Charlie's Farm things, I'm gonna, I guess I'm going to save a little bit of time and tell you guys, don't forget, you have just a few days left, honestly, just three or four days left uh, to uh, post some photos. Uh, in the Fumi's photo contest for October. Uh, feel free to post like spooky photos or whatever, because you know, it is the, the Halloween season. But uh, this Saturday, we're going to be having, uh, oh, it's Wednesday already. This Saturday, we're going to be having a sesh over at Khalifa Social Club. And we're going to be announcing the, the winner there. I just realized now that I'm probably going to have to bring two phones with me because I'm going to be live streaming on one and I'm going to have to search for the votes on the other one. It's okay. I'm going to have to bring two phones. It's a little bit annoying. Thankfully, at least I have my old phone. The battery is garbage. It has to be plugged in whatever that's just me complaining but good thing that i remembered instead of like remembering at the time of the freaking event uh ladies and gentlemen uh, by the way if you guys if you guys are in the portland area you're welcome to join us over at khalifa social club it's, it's down in oregon city so not right in portland so uh, look it up before you head down because maybe you don't know how long it'll take and you'll be like oh i only have such amount of time so look it up it's uh just south of portland it's not that big of a deal honestly but it is south of portland a little bit uh um pretty easy to get to honestly but it's not right on the freeway you have to get on the freeway and then get off a little bit whatever but anyway it's it's you'll see fucking maps and whatever they'll take you right there it's not a big deal i'm, I'm overselling how difficult it is nice old city actually uh Coot has said i think it's one of the oldest city west of the mississippi's what oldest cities west of the mississippi which is kind of funny to think but anyway uh charlie's farm back to you my friend uh how can people find you uh or i, I guess i have to say uh I, I didn't mean to always it's just kind of reflexive i'm like oh how can people find you not everyone wants to be no found worries. uh do you have right here on the show hopefully more often right on. as long as everybody doesn't get sick of me i and i am honored to you allow me on i mean that there you go man cheers oh welcome anytime Very I humble. Uh, always Very interesting humble. things to say and always uh uh good stories i can have some strong opinions sometimes but just don't go oh. No, you know what? Uh, people that have strong opinions that can back up their opinions are people that basically, I think, are capable and prepared for a duel of wits. You know what I mean? When you just have strong opinions and you have, you have no backing behind it, you really just have emotions and opinions. You basically came disarmed. You know what right. I mean? And you pretty much just come as an asshole. Like, honestly, yes. you know what I mean? And this is, the, this is one of the big problems in our life right now that a lot of people have very loud opinions. But if you ask them even the first detail about it, they don't know. They don't know. Right. They don't know. Feeling. And it's feelings. feelings. That's it. It's it's just it's you know, just like emotions said, and thoughts. Yeah. We're we're not a we're not a we're not a country of feelings, you know. Quincy Adams said it. John Adams. That's it. John Adams said it. We're not a country of feelings. We're a country of laws. We want to be a country of feelings. We have a king because mm -hmm. if the king felt this way one day, that's what happened. And if the king felt another way another day, that's the way it happened. His feelings, not law. You can see that in some countries. Uh, I just heard some crazy shit about that guy in Brazil, Jair Bolsonaro. Yeah, and he's been trying to. Yeah. He's very unpopular. So 
apparently he's yeah. not doing very well, but he's been trying to judge or, or govern basically, like you say, by feelings, you know, it's kind of by dictate. Yeah. A crazy yeah. way to run a society, know. you know? Yeah. There's no way. Yeah. So anyway, how serious this. Profound Charlie's farm. Tuesday. Be good to each other. Nope. Be good to yourselves. If you're not good to yeah. yourselves, you can't be good to anybody else. Stay grateful. I want to say hi to my wife and daughter. We also always Charlie. Cheers, dude. All right, buddy. See you next time. time. See you tomorrow night, hopefully. hopefully right on. Tomorrow night. See you tomorrow night. You're welcome to play yeah, the, the board games if you, if yeah. you have time, man. Uh, yeah, I don't know so. how it's going to work, but we're going to try. Cheers, dude. Welcome. Yeah. Cheers. Peace, Charlie's. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, that goes for you guys. Uh, hopefully, maybe. I don't know. Maybe there's an option for I haven't looked into it. You know, honestly, like you guys have seen the extent of how much I know about it because people told me about it on the show. But I'm going to try because like that trivia maker, technically, there are ways that the audience could participate. And we just never got a chance because we only did it like twice uh, to integrate the audience in that. So anyway, hopefully there's maybe a, a way to integrate or I don't know if you guys want to hop on. Honestly, you're welcome to hop on and shoot the bull with us you guys saw a couple people hop on here and we didn't you know uh, uh, murder them or something you know what i mean like love for the the plant is doing perfectly well cannabis has come on here perfectly perfectly safe and happy but many times we never killed kenny so far so ladies and gentlemen you're perfectly welcome to come on here if you're uh cool if you're chill if you're not gonna do any uncivilized garbage you're absolutely welcome to come on uh cheers christoph uh big force uh la puissance ladies and gentlemen before we uh abscond for the evening before we fuck off for the evening if i could find the right tab that would be helpful please go take a look at uh, fumidoro.com i'd be honored if you went and take a look uh, i keep forgetting to say this by the way there's free domestic shipping ladies and gentlemen and uh, uh international shipping is available you have to take a look uh, there's an option for that uh, but the uh, domestic shipping anyway is included in the price. So for example, any prices you see that shipping is included already. Uh, there's a coupon code, a couple of coupon codes, ladies and gentlemen, uh, brains for 14% off bikinis for Siberia also for 14% off. Uh, let me think there's another one that I'm completely spacing on right now. Can't think of it. Anyway, take a look, ladies and gentlemen, at Black Prince Ruby, for example, an interesting uh, cross that I think you'll be hearing a lot more from in the future. Quite a bit of strawberry, strawberry candy, very, very berry-oriented, uh, quite a bit of perp in this uh, uh, strain, but in a good way. You, know, you guys have heard me bitching about how perps oftentimes aren't the strongest and the greens are. In contrast, weirdly enough, this one, these are both of these guys, the BPR and the Thousand One Nights are basically Ruby Jack uh, in crosses. This one would be more technically a BX because it was crossed back to its own mom. And the other one was more technically an F2, whatever. It was fucking roll with it. This was the mom right here. Uh, beautiful, I think, uh, plant. Really nice terp. So I'm really fond of it because I was really fond of pink lemonade at uh, In-N-Out, one of my favorite drinks to get down in and out This plant tastes like the pink In-N-Out, uh, 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 pink lemonade from In-N-Out, basically. So if you've ever had a nice refreshing pink lemonade from in and out uh perhaps you don't believe me that these uh, uh plants are as colorful as they are look at those trichome stalks right there that's basically the this was either one of the vprs or the ruby jack. you know what this one might be the, the mom this one might be the ruby jack eight i think this was the mom the pink panther i called her uh basically call her i still have her it's the same plant right there anyway uh i forgot to say that for some reason this cross is coming out more green which is very surprising to me the way that i bred it because i thought i was kind of you know in increasing the perps it's just interesting the things that you learn right anyway uh coming out much more green but coming out nice and citrus candy so that's kind of funny uh whereas this one coming out like i wanted her to so you know 
be careful what you wish for. You'll get it. You won't get it. It's just, it's hilarious to see that stuff when you start reading. Anyway, if you guys would like to uh, try some of my uh, uh, projects, I hope you would. I got a nice positive review from uh, Wes Engine earlier today. He said he, uh, with uh, uh, nice fresh eyes, puffed a little bit of Lime River Rose and got friggin' lit. So you guys would also like to get uh, friggin' lit on some nice Lime Terps. Very, very consistently Lime Terps. You're not going to have to search for them. You're not, you're not going to have to wonder. Uh, I haven't heard anyone saying, oh my God, only one out of 10. Pretty much 10 out of 10, you're going to get Lime. Uh, you're going to get a couple of sours. You're going to get a couple of sweets. You're going to get a couple of candies. Uh, and if you're lucky, you're going to get the lime popsicle phenotype. So uh, evidently, uh, I haven't heard too much more variation than that. So actually, I'm kind of pleased that there aren't too many phenotypes. but There are uh, a few, at least. That's almost like the perfect, uh, um, I don't know, the perfect ratio. You know, like you want to have maybe, I don't know, five, six uh, broad uh, reaching phenotypes. And then the, you know, a couple of them are variations of each other. And then after that, it's just like, oh, maybe a little bit bigger, a little bit smaller. That's about it. That's almost perfect. But I guess that's debatable. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, go t- take a look at those. If you'd like to take a look at uh, multi-packs, for example, I freaking gotcha. You can go take a look at uh, one pack of Morgana and a couple of packs of something else. Basically, that's what this is. I see a witch, Morgana and her two friends. Perhaps you'd like to have three full packs of Morgana. Here you go. These witches three. And if you'd like to have basically something that does not include Morgana, here you go. The West Engine Swindle. It's basically everything that does not include Morgana, the three packs of that. And I said this earlier before, one of the only chances, uh, probably for the near future, hopefully in a couple few months, uh, maybe I'm going to be working on some of the strawberry, this strawberry project again, or these strawberry projects with these two sisters. Right at the moment, I think I might actually let both of these sisters kind of lay fallow for a little bit and uh, work on other stuff. Because, uh, uh, Whatever, it's just been problematic. I don't want to. I don't want to deal with. Uh, uh, um, how do I say that the 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 bedrock boogie too? I'm, it's too late, and I'm too stoned to get into it. I'm going to talk about it tomorrow, maybe if I remember it. It's it's interesting the way that I'm. Okay, I'm, like, I'm, I'm literally having a conversation with myself. I'm at this point stoned, ladies and gentlemen. Remind me if someone could remind me. Pimenor, you were talking about the bedrock boogie stuff or later earlier last night. So I can't even talk anymore. I'm talking about that guy with the stapler from office space. Anyway. Big old freaking strawberry sour, like vinaigrette, like literally like salad, strawberry vinaigrette, like salad dressing, uh, uh, terps on this one. Big old plants. I've been hearing from everybody. Big old freaking plants. Uh, no big surprise because the mom is a big old freaking plant. Loves to get gigantic and outstretch everybody. Big old loud terps with a nice, 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 nice uh, uplifting, but uh, level headed high because it's got a lot of cushion in it. So anyways, we were talking about bog earlier, that sour strawberry from bog. That's basically the 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 biggest force in this one. So only way to get it says sold out. Sold out because I only give it out as a freebie. Only way to get it, ladies and gentlemen, is by buying at least one 10 pack of something you see here. Don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, there are also photos dropped shipped straight from fucking Brooklyn and shit. Those are the only things that I don't hand make. Basically I took the photos, but I don't print these. They're drop shipped from freaking New York City. Anyway, I'm going to be revamping those in the near future too, but ladies and gentlemen, the coupon codes apply everywhere. We guys take a look at them. Uh, once again, photo contest. Don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, uh, 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 throw your hat in the ring. It's fun. It's going to be awesome. Uh, you can win some seats, win a pat on the back. It's uh, super cool. Don't forget the the Discord, uh, Fumidoro. I'm calling it Fumidoro Ciudad de Oro. Uh, but, uh, I don't know, maybe I'll change the name every once in a while. Anyway, 
go take a look. You guys are welcome to come and hang. Uh, other than that, let's see each other tomorrow, my friends. Uh, board games, great fun. Uh, all that shit, all that jazz. Have something wonderful. Thanks very much for hanging, by the way. Uh, let me see. Let's. Uh, oh, by the way, everyone's saying, looks like everyone's in, fa- in favor of the penguins. Go figure. They're saying that even penguins sleep in hell. Ending the poll right now. Uh, thanks, Mike Atomic Skier, for coming, buddy. Uh, Christophe, La Puissance, buddy, La Puissance. Worthy buzz. Cheers, buddy. Atomic Spoon, legend, my friend. Legend. Uh, he's going to remind me. I bet you Atomic Spoon will remind me. Claude, cheers, buddy. Uh, uh, thanks for coming. Up and able. Uh, who else in here? St. Bernard's. Have a good one, man. Uh, he thinks he feels like a bong rip. Perfect timing. Perfect timing for a bong rip. He's probably already taken it, but hey. Uh, Jones and Grow. Thanks, my friends, for coming. Uh, Nico, Cannibal Canna, everybody. If I've not shouted your name out, my friends, consider yourselves shouted out because uh, we're all tired at this point. Well, some of you might be like, well, shit, I just woke up. Okay, well, screw you, man. Go have an egg sandwich or something. I don't know. Have a good day. Whatever. The rest of us are sleeping. You know what I mean? Come on. What do you want? What do you want? Jeez. Holy cow. Go have some coffee. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks very much for hanging, though. Uh, uh, I forgot. It could have been space aliens on simulcast. They don't even exist at the time, right? They don't even know what coffee is. Cheers. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for hanging. We're getting silly, or I'm getting silly here at the latest uh, part of the show. Uh, Until we meet again, be kind, be decent, be gentle. Don't be fucking pricks, man. Don't be fucking pricks. Said it before. Said it again. Don't be fucking prick. If you're a prick, don't. Don't do it. You know you. Like, you know you. You know you're being a prick. You know it. Don't do it. Ladies and gentlemen, this show, by the way, if I uh, forget, sometimes I forget, I need to remember, this show has been for educational and entertainment purposes only. Hope you realize that. Until we meet again tomorrow. Adios. Tomorrow. 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 Tomorrow.